Ethan, back at you for this podcast. I suggest you check your hate and awfulness at the door, because Eric and my dad have plenty to spare. You may think that they are jerks, but I'm here to tell you. I can't read this, Dad. Just read it, Ethan. Okay, they're actually nice guys. Is that better? Yeah, now finish it. Okay, by the way, spoilers ahead. Somebody help me. Seems Jimmy's got a long-lost grandmother in Cottesville, Georgia. She's gonna be here tomorrow afternoon. Now, Big Mama's not here, then she's just gonna leave, and we have no case. Don't worry. Big Mama be here. You fine. Oh, oh, I'm Sherry. What the hell are you doing? I've gone undercover as Big Mom. Just like cereal, we're better with milk. That's a pretty weird way to open the show off, right? Right? Right. The boys of Weird Science are back with an all-new podcast that will hopefully make you question your choices in life. I'm the king of the Star Wars trilogy arcade, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner, Eric. And this is episode 53 of Weird Out Loud. No milestone there. Nope, I'm getting right to it. We are the official, unofficial podcast of Weird Science DC Comics blog. Blogspot.com. Oh. Proud members of both the Comics Podcast Network and the Weeby Geeks Network. Boosh. You can follow us on Twitter at Weird Science DC and like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Weird Science DC Comics. And if you want to pen pal Eric, you can send us mail at Weird Science DC Comics at gmail.com. People can nice. send us mail about anything. It doesn't even have to be about the show. I'll always respond, Eric. You don't respond. <laughs> I I'll sometimes respond. respond. But I'm going to start again. I said last week that, well, first off, my throat's killing me. It's going to be a long one. I can barely talk, so this is going to be troubles. But I said last week that I'm not going to beg people to rate and review our podcast wherever they get it. I'm not going to beg this uh, tonight either. But I have a deal for people. This is a deal. Uh, you like a podcast out there. You've been wanting to push it for weeks. And I said, it's the Monster Party podcast. You yeah, it's real good. Monster Party talk. But have you rated and reviewed it yet? Absolutely not. No. So I think that if you can do that this week, I think everybody should follow suit because you do not rate or review any podcast. I hear you be laughing it up about this podcast every time I see you at work. I have a laughing good time. yourself, but yet you won't rate and review it. So I, I don't have an iTunes account. Well, again, but then that's you should get one. Eh. There you have it. So well, like I, I'm not going to talk ever about rating and reviewing the podcast. This is the last time until you rate and review that because I cannot ask people to do something that I know you would not do. I don't like any podcast. Right? I think I rate, I think I might have, no, I don't think I have either. So we're done. I'm never talking about rating <laughs> and reviewing a podcast until we do it ourselves. But if you did want to rate and review a podcast, you could pick ours since we had two this week. Two. We had our regular podcast last Sunday, and then we had the 2015 awards show that came out on Wednesday. And I'm still tired from doing all that work. <laughs> and uh, 
I picked the worst day to finish editing and releasing a podcast, which was New Comic Book Day Wednesday. And I don't care what Brandon says later in his goddamn emails. I was doing a lot of work on Wednesday. <laughs> he seems to think you had like stepped it up and were the king of reviews with your fucking two reviews on Wednesday. I, I like to think oh, so. Oh, jeez, two reviews. Gee, setting the world on fire there, <laughs> champ. Uh, I still haven't reviewed all of my four books, so I say that. But yeah, send the world on fire. Well, uh, yeah, I did the podcast. Uh, I did that on Wednesday, and still get crap about it because yeah, it sounded like shit. I apologized to everyone. That was the best we could do. We had six guys. Uh, we we recorded it locally, though we care globally, Eric. Um, <laughs> and when we got the local files, first off, here, you want to hear Brandon? You want to hear how great your fucking champ there, Eric, is? He didn't even send Reggie all the files to edit. Jesus Christ. I put them in your Dropbox. I think you deleted them. No, I did not touch them. I think you didn't put them in the Dropbox. So they would have been there. I never saw them in the Dropbox. And then somehow you you didn't even copy and paste, paste it. You I dragged them over. You dragged them over. You That's the only copy you have. You dragged them over. I don't know how they got deleted. I didn't even go into the Dropbox after that, and they were gone. Actually, maybe. No, it's not even possible. I was going to say because Reggie ended up editing and transferred them over his yeah. files, and if they had the same file name, they would have uh, gone on top, but I, I don't know what happened. It was yeah, part yeah. one through five. I drag, I just clicked and dragged them over, and it was Wednesday night when we got done uh, recording. Yeah, he never got them. He got your one. First off, I like that, too, because he wanted you to send him the email, and you put him in the Dropbox that he does not belong in. No, I know, but I talked to you about it. You said just put him in the Dropbox. Oh, I never told you that. That's no reason I would have done it otherwise. Yeah, I think you came up with that. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't go to the Dropbox. Plus, then I'd have to copy them and then send them to Reggie anyway. I wasn't editing the podcast. Reggie edited it. Oh, well, you're just, telling me how you were going to do it, too. No, Reggie, no. Reggie edited the thing. I put it together. I did the final, like, add the things in, in between. I added your uh, stuff, but yeah. Hey, Jim. Yeah. I didn't win Powerball. Didn't you? Nope. I have no way Fuck to this check because I'm busy talking, but uh, I will in a minute. Maybe I won, and if I did, you're going to hear me screaming down the freaking street, <laughs> freaking throwing money all over. I said, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to pay people to slap other people. That's all I'm going to do, though. They could get arrested and get, you know, but maybe and I'll sued just, then. Yeah, maybe I'll just pay. I'll say, hey, give you $50 to go, go tell Eric he's an asshole. Shit like that. $50. I'll do that free. They I'm saying they do that every, do every day. other day. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, uh, we'll hear about Brandon bitching and moaning about my reviews. I'm also on the site, people bitching and moaning that that uh, award show sounded like crap. That's why we had that disclaimer at the beginning, you said. Sure did. Still felt bad. If I didn't promise everyone that it was going to go out, I probably wouldn't have put it out. I would have felt bad because Ryan and uh, uh, Jody and Joel stayed up pretty late to do it. We were up real late. You could tell all Jody fell asleep. <laughs> That's how interesting we are. Uh, Jody fell asleep. And I think Ryan actually can uh, finally say he knows what we go through every week for the podcast <laughs> because, yeah, he was struggling too. But uh, anything else? you have anything to say except that you didn't win Powerball? No, I'm just kind of upset about that. I had yeah, big plans going on in my head. Big plans, huh? Big plans. I'm now. I'm going to look while we go to the news. That's it, huh? Yeah, that's it, baby. That generic fucking Twilight Zone. I love the Twilight Zone. The most generic soundbite ever. I didn't even get a chance to look at my notes. <laughs> 
Ah, the news. There's two news items tonight. The first, John Barrowman writing Arrow the Dark Archer. Hell yeah. You're a big fan. I am, dude. If I was going to go gay, there'd be two men. John Barrowman and Matt Bomer. Really? From White Collar. Oh, my God. Jessica actually, I think, is jealous of how much I freaking talk about John Barrowman and when he comes on to, the... You had to pick a guy who played a bisexual guy and a guy who was actually gay. You can't just pick a straight guy. No, they're, they're both gay him. as far as I know. I don't know. I didn't know if John Barrowman actually was. Uh, oh, yeah, John Barrowman's gay. I just thought he was in uh, the character. What's it called? Oh, uh, Captain Jack. Yeah, Captain Jack. I, no, he's I, actually gay. I don't look into those things. I, I whatever. I'd like, like to that. think that maybe so you I'd, can't pick a straight guy though that that you would you would. I just be these guys are to. these guys are really attractive. So you're not you attracted to say uh, Matt Damon. No. Peter Dinklage. Nope. Archie Bunker. Nope. Henry Winkler. No, I can't Adam say I am. Sandler. Nope. None of those. None of those sexy fellas. You're not interested in any one of those. You ever seen Bad Bomer without a shirt on? No. You ever look at that chin really hard of John Barrowman? I've probably seen Matt Bomer one time because you said that he had talked to people that he wanted to be Nightwing. Hell yeah. I looked up his picture. That's the last, first and last time I've ever seen him. And John Barrowman, he's just, he's a standard dude. I'd like to think that maybe I'd be a top with uh, Matt Bomer, but I think I'd just end up being a bottom for both. Yeah. Uh, How about Ben Affleck? No. No. How about Cam Newton? Nope. Oh, you're a racist, are you? Okay, well, John Barrowman says, fans clamoring, or this is what the news says, fans clamoring to know the secret history of Arrow's dark archer, Malcolm Merlin, will soon get their wish via a 12-chapter digital first series entitled Arrow, the Dark Archer. And Merlin himself, John Barrowman, will write the series with his sister, Carol, with art by Daniel Sampery. Arrow, the Dark Archer, began with a pitch for an entire, this is what uh, Barrowman says, Arrow, the Dark Archer, began with a pitch for an entirely different comic, Barrowman told TV Insider. My sister and I are both comic fans, and a couple of years ago we came across a description of a team of DC superheroes from the 50s that had been lost to history. We came up with a story to update them in the contemporary series. I went to Jeff Johns, chief creative officer of DC Comics, and pitched the idea to his team. While we were chatting, I mentioned Carol and I would love to write Malcolm's backstory, too. Jeff knew Carol and I had written a number of things together. What, do you know any of the things they wrote? No, I have no idea. It's like they wrote notes to each other. <laughs> after, we got to go ahead, well, after we got the go-ahead from Jeff, we researched what had already been written about Malcolm Merlin. Discovering that very little had been written about Merlin, the Barrowmans decided to fill in the gaps. The pair team with the Arrow producers, Mark Goodman and Andrew Kreisberg, to ensure that their version of Merlin's history would fit into the canon of the hit show. Arrow the Dark Archer will visit locales in the show, such as Cordo, Maltese, and Nanda Parvat. Nice. And we'll introduce another secret identity from Merlin's past into the mix. Now, that sounds pretty cool, right? You yeah. said to me that you'd probably, um, you would probably review it. The problem is, is it comes out on Wednesday. And yep. like, what Brandon told me is you're very busy that day. <laughs> you've been busy lighting the world on fire. That's right. Um, in the meantime... I'm a superstar. So I said maybe Reggie would, would do this, but I kind of... Uh, tricked you a little and said oh it comes out on a wednesday yeah guess what wednesday next wednesday yeah. this is a, a an announcement for i hate book that, that will be coming out in four days it's freaking ridiculous God damn digital dc man now, either they like i said they have now they they've added a new wrinkle to the their story usually they'll announce things seven months ahead of time and then go dark now they're just <laughs> gonna wait and, and drop it on them and i i couldn't find any any word of this before this announcement uh, but it does say Arrow the Dark. This is like three days one. ago, I think. 
yeah. Arrow the Dark Archer number one will be available digitally on the DC Comics digital app on January 13th and will be released bi-weekly after that, which, again, that throws into the mix that it seems like they will have something else, though they, I think that might tie in with the um, Batman 66... Um, Man with Uncle? Yeah, I think that might be every other. I, I don't know. I'm so confused now. You go to their page, their <laughs> digital page, and it's so generic. We used to have a pretty good idea of when shit was going to come yeah, out, and I it all to, just flip-flopped. And I used flop. to check all the time, and next yeah. thing I know, even this Injustice title seems to just jump back and forth. It always came out on a Tuesday. I assumed, oh, it's out. Every time I go, it, it came out on Monday, then it comes out Tuesday. It's coming out out of order. I, it, you're all out of order. All you're out of order. Out of order. How about Ricky Henderson? Would you do him? Absolutely not. You are racist. Titans officially dead at TNT is the next and last story. Uh, were you upset about this story? A little bit. I I, I, I really was looking sense. forward to a Teen Titans uh, show. Sounds great on paper. Sure does. And you know what? I think that's what happened with the story. TNT president Kevin Riley sitting there smoking his cigars like them fucking hundreds. Actually, I told my kids today, if I won the... Um, if I won the lottery, I'd start wiping my ass with 20s, I told them. They got a kick out of that one. TNT president Kevin Riley has confirmed that the network's planned Titan series by Akiva Goldsman has been scrapped on the oh. heap, baby. Just think of that. I'd take a freaking diary of shit, fucking wiping my ass with a 20. Still wouldn't wipe properly. That'd be the best. And then I'm so cheap, I'd actually clean the goddamn 20, put it back in my wallet, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd go out and then spend it. Uh, or just keep it. We decided it wasn't where we wanted to go, Riley, told the Television Critics Association via where'd deadline. You, where'd you want to go? <clears throat> no, that's all they say. I know. It's the weirdest it's fucking just comment. It's the worst like, freaking thing. The potential. Yeah. We decided it wasn't where we wanted to go. Huh. Thanks, <laughs> Kevin Riley. You're making your fucking money there. He might be wiping his ass with 50s, Eric. Oh, God. I got a, a hundred the other day. I had to pay what was left of my bill for oh, the... Oh, Rockefeller over here. For, for the... Um, for the heater that was right. installed. And I got it out, and it it's very odd now. I have not had 100 in <laughs> probably ever. Uh, I knew a kid in school where he would actually take 100 to school each day and use it to buy his lunch. What a dish. And then after school, he would drive to the bank and then give them and get the 100 back. He'd give them because the, that was him. He was a big shot. That was his version of being a big Don, well, I'm saying, when I was a kid, cell phones were just coming out when I was in high school. Yeah. And we'd have some douchebags walking around with phones, but, like, they wouldn't be turned on or have a battery. Even, really? Some of them would have an open back and they'd try to play, like hey, what's Zach going Morris, on? Zach no, no, it wasn't, they weren't brick phones. They were, like, early, they weren't even flip phones yet at that point, but they were just getting small and, you know, cell phone-like. I, I didn't have that. I used to have uh, two cups and a string. So I didn't have a cell phone until after what I graduated is, high school. Yeah, I, I Obviously, yeah, I did. I said I went to college and I was like right at the cusp of everybody getting computers. I knew two people that had computers. Only one guy that I really, but he would actually charge people to print uh, papers. It's great. We decided it wasn't where we wanted to go. Riley told the Television Critics <laughs> Association. I think they actually were. He got lost. And he just, I don't know. This makes no sense. We, we were going to Arby's. Then we started yeah, to go to Popeye's. I was going to What's Arby's. We to I go? went to Popeye's. I still had diarrhea. Get me my 50s. <laughs> the potential series would have been based loosely on Teen Titans. Loosely. Loosely. <laughs> what a fucking garbage. And reportedly would have featured a lineup including, get this one, Nightwing, Raven, Starfire, 
Barbara Gordon, Hawk, and Dove. And that's where they lost Riley, Hawk, Hawk and Dove. and Dove. It's not where we want to like, go. It's not where we want to go. I told you that I think what happened is, I, obviously, they do a lot of reports and everybody does their studies. They probably had it come back that this was going to cost them too much. Yeah. And if that wasn't the case, or they were, oh, well, maybe it'd be okay. I think that they would have looked at what budget the Legends of Tomorrow has over at the WB and thought, oh, holy shit, that's another, that's the only team-based right. thing. You know, maybe they could look at S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, but still. No, not even S.H.I.E.L.D., because these are super-powered people doing yeah, super-powered that's things. What I'm saying. I think that uh, the Legends of Tomorrow is a good you know, kind of a representation Honestly, of what that type of show would be. I just think looking at the ratings of Supergirl and they're like, no, nope, you know what? Well, that's I don't right. think it's that's worth the it. second part. Oh, I my think bad. They're like, hey, this is going to cost this much. And boy, that's Supergirl. And that's Supergirl. Yeah. We're talking here. I mean, the big draw here is Nightwing. I don't know that that's a draw for just everybody sitting around in there. Maybe, you know? maybe Robin because of the Teen Titans uh, cartoon, but. Yeah. Not Nightwing, you know? Man, uh, I'm telling you, you ask my wife who Hawk and Dove is, no <laughs> idea. No idea. She thinks it's a soap and a bird. That's all it is. Soap yeah. and Why's that bird got that soap? Huh? I don't know why it's got that soap. It must be a dirty bird there. Ah. Dirty bird. That's <laughs> hoping oh, you go. All right. Uh, we're so fucking lame. Yeah, I know we are. That is, that's the news. And Excellent. my voice is already gone. Actually, I'm going to predict right now it's... Uh, Almost 11.20 at night. I predict right now that we're going to be done by one. Excellent. Hour and a half. Hour and a half podcast. That is an hour and a half, right? I'm sure. really bad with time. All right. We're going to start the listener mail, which is a hefty portion of this podcast tonight. A lot of people mailing in. A lot of people want to talk, Eric. They want to yap and yap and Little yap. talk and talk. First one is Craig. What's up, Craig? Craig liked to make fun of my voice. He couldn't tonight. Now I sound—I don't know what I sound like tonight, but he says, I told you to suck on some lozenges, man. Do you listen? No. No. I have a coffee, I have a gridlock, and two five-hour ends. Some lemon tea. I'm like, get that lemon tea, baby. You know, no. What are you hanging out with freaking... Your mom. (laughs) John Barrowman. Dear (laughs) Jim, love what you, Reggie, and Ryan are doing with the show. Fucker. Fucker. <laughs> we can predict order spikes based on your reviews, and we are going to do some biz- uh, great business on the back of that weird science. If you're interested, we can do some of the heavy lifting, sort out the site hosting, to hook you guys up with all the issues you need each month, all variants you want, etc., etc. The literal elephant in the room is your co-host. That's you, Eric. Oh, I know what I am. He says, Tom Bosley's nephew is looking for a new project, and we think we can make the finances work for him to be your new co-host. Wish Tom Bosley's co-host was Charles Nelson Riley, or his nephew. Great. I mean, I'd love Charles Nelson Riley as a co-host. So would I. He's watching him classes. on an old episode of Johnny Carson. I this don't week. think that he would play well uh, without the visual, though. Yeah, you need them glasses coming He's got out. The glasses, the scarf, and if people don't know who Charles Nelson Riley is. You're jerks. Honestly, I think this is going over a lot of people's heads right now. Really? Yeah. We are in your area in the next few weeks. Let's hook up and talk this out. Yours truly. Judd Staines, DCBS <laughs> Digital Media Division. See, Craig wants me to, to, to have the illusion that he he already made fun of me. Now it's telling you, it's, it's weird too because I read I read that email earlier tonight, yeah. and you jumped into that. I totally forgot. My like, son of a bitch. You were giving him like, "Hey, Craig, what's up?" Oh, yeah, I forgot it. about you, Craig. That wasn't Craig. It was Judd Staines. Fuck that, Judd Staines. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about my dog Staines? I hate you so much. Next mail, Chisanga. 
That's lovely. Hey, Jim and Eric. How many hey. issues do you think it'll be before Batman Beyond is canceled? Because after this week's issue, I've lost all hope for the book. Awkwardly mixing the DCAU continuity with the commodity timeline just confused me. Apart from Matt's journey to Metropolis with Jon Stewart's hand and Ring, it looks like it doesn't really have a story at all, and they're making it up as they go. I'm going to agree and disagree. I agree with everything you said about the uh, trip to Metropolis. That was bullshit too, Eric. I could care less. Really? Uh, Basically, it's, hey... Oh, no, here comes some people. I'm going to hide. Oh, hey, that didn't little work. boy, come on out. It's okay. I'm going to Metropolis. Oh, really? You should go back to Gotham. Fuck you. On they go. The end. And then I hear the fucking Incredible Hulk theme going, the end theme, and him hitchhiking. And they're, they're very, it's very true. I think the way things were going down that way, a little boy like that is in a lot of trouble. <laughs> a lot of trouble. I, I don't know what would be worse, him walking to Metropolis or him going by a Nambla meeting, Eric. A you think it was just a bunch of fucking like, hobos, fucking children on the way to yeah. Metropolis? Yeah, that's what happens. It's the apocalypse. That's what happens, baby. God damn it does. They want water and little boys. <laughs> uh, the next mail is from D-Ron. What's up, D-Ron? Oh, Chisanga, I think uh, Batman Beyond will go to probably like issue 13 the way 12. it's running right now. I say just 12. All right. What was this one? Seven? Eight. Eight. Ooh, I say it's going to go to 16. All right. Yeah, I think it'll last a little bit longer. It, it, this is all going to, everything like this, these questions like this is all going to hinge on what they have up their sleeve for the summer and the fall. Uh, a lot of Big these things. Books, Big a lot things. of these books may just go down the drain anyway, even if you like them or we think like, a, say, a Martian Manhunter or a We Are Robins. Yeah. Uh, they may be just as uh, doomed as these. And they are that's not the so case, well. I'm telling you, if that's the case that things are going to change up like we think they do, it would probably just be for the better of everyone to let these continue until then and just start up right then. Why would you start up a new book now? You know, you cancel Batman yeah. Beyond to start up a new book in, in April, uh, only to cancel all the books and restart again. I, I just want to see what's going on before I make any sort of uh, mumbo-jumbo predictions. I, what do you I mean you? You don't do, do that. I, but I know. Mom. You're not I, looking at the I, man I behind do, the curtain? I think I could do mumbo-jumbo right now, even with my... my I, I don't know what you're talking about. That's all supernatural. Yes, it is. D-Ron. Continue the illusion. He says, Jim and Eric. Please excuse my lateness as I forgot to send you my picks for 2015. They are as follows. And you know what? His picks are late, so is that a Mega Man review. Eh. (laughs) Here's his picks. Best ongoing series. For consistency alone, I choose Grayson. Nice. That's what he chose. Best writer or writing team, Tom King. Would love to see him helm the Green Lantern book after Ben Diddy steps down. Be amazing. I'd like that. Um, and then have one of like uh, continue the um, Edge of Oblivion as the core with Tom Taylor. I, I don't even need to read that first issue next week. I'm saying he's going to nail it, Eric. He's oh, going to yeah? nail it like you at a John Barrowman get together. God, I wish. So you, John Barrowman, and uh, Matt Bomer at a tea party. Am, am I the meat in this sandwich? No, you're one of the you're one of the pieces of bread. But I do know I'm you have, still okay you with have this. finger I just, up. I just want to be warm. Is you all. have finger up, and that finger is inserted squarely in Matt Bomer. Best uh-huh. artist or art team? Barnaby Behenda. I'd love to see him do another space book like a relaunch Green Lantern Corps. He, that D-Ron likes what he likes. You know sure that? does. Best anchor? Norm Rapman because of the Flash. I agree. Yeah, that's Best how you colorist? Got your FCO Placencia. I what, disagree. 
Did we ever uh, solve the mystery if that's Ivan Placencia as well? Reggie says that. I think uh, Ryan picked uh, Ivan Placencia, I think it is, and Reggie picked FCO Placencia. They they couldn't figure out if that was the same guy. I don't even remember that conversation. Don't you? You were probably no. going to the bathroom. Good possibility. That was, no, actually, that was early on. That was that early was, on. It so. was. That was actually a pretty big part of that whole colorist bit. You know me. I'm. I'm forget everything yeah, after we're done with it. Probably listening to the monster party. Best <laughs> good letter, podcast. Best letter, Pat Brousseau for the Mega Man. I agree. That, that is a good one. Uh, lettered because of the changing fonts for the characters. At least I the letter has the to get off. At least they have to get off their ass and do something. I then couldn't right, tell you the last time I read thing. that book. I probably keep uh, referencing the award show, and maybe me referencing it will uh, let translate it to everybody since they fucking <laughs> keep complaining. It sounded like shit, but. Uh, I thought it was just that one guy. I I like it was. I like that uh, Reggie was going on. I I don't know. I I don't know anything, but he's like talking about typesetting. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? You know, it was early on, but maybe I did get up during that point. I don't know. You don't remember the typesetting either? No. Yeah, he was talking about typesetting. I'm like, it was a long night. In my mind, they stopped typesetting stuff in like 1921. I mean, (laughs) Gutenberg was the last one to typeset. Steve? Yes, Steve Gutenberg. He did that for the script of Police Academy 3. <laughs> was he in 3? I don't did know. Did he bail after 2? Was he even in 2? Yeah, he was in 2. How about two men and a little lady? I don't know. Was the ghost in that one? Uh, no, that was two men and a baby. Um, no, I don't think I've ever seen favorite, those movies. One of my favorite tranny movies of all time, Eric, uh, was Two Men and a Maybe. Oh. Or three men and a maybe, whatever the hell it was. I ruined my own joke. I stepped <laughs> on my own joke. <laughs> All right. Where are we at? Best single uh, issue. I could never pick my best tranny movie. Yeah, it is tough. Best single issue, Red Hood, Arsenal number seven, for the dialogue between Jason and Tim alone. I really dug that as well. That's a weird best single issue, though, for, for uh, the whole year. Oh, I agree. But I, that was a really good moment. I actually like it brought the whole thing together because everybody who writes tim and jason together they write them differently and there's no consistency but this was my favorite and it was very brief yeah yeah thanks for that little insight best biggest moment bruce wayne being found to be alive that is that's pretty big like i I, my pick was him dying but yeah him being alive actually you can throw them all together because they happen within weeks it seemed (laughs) there was no freaking we we had convergence in between Yeah, ridiculous. That's oh my god. It's the biggest news story dropping the new 52 for the shitty DCU. That's what I I agree. Best Avenger story arc, Robin War. Best new book, A Mega Man. Best digital first book, DC's Bombshells. You reviewed that, right? I did, and I was enjoying it a bit. How many do you do? Five? Best convergence tie in book, Green Lantern Corps, because it's Guy fucking Gardner going over the top with Hercules while beating dragons with a baseball bat. That was so much fun. That was. Best superhero, Red Hood. Keep an eye on this guy because he's building some serious momentum in the Batverse. What I'm saying is going to be on that painting I'm this saying, year. I was just going to say it, it doesn't mean anything until that painting. And exactly. I think everybody's forgotten about it. I really painting. hope so. everybody knows what we're talking about with that painting. We bring it up so often. I, we got mad then. We got mad the, the day that issue came out. <laughs> it's just gotten us more and more angry every time that when Damien finishes it. Best team up, Sinestro Black Adam. That's what I had, I think. Best villain, Relic. Best canceled title, Red Hood and the Outlaws. And that's I did weird. love that's, it. That is one that I don't even think of because of the Red Hood arsenal. 
Um, Best non-DC book, Rebels, written by Brian Wood, published by Dark Horse Comics. I think that Brian Wood is a, a not a good guy, right? <laughs> I have no idea. I thought he was the one who got in a little bit of trouble this year. Oh, is he the Star Wars guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He got in some trouble. Yeah, yeah he got in some trouble. Something about rape. Or, not that he raped anybody. I'm not Jesus saying that. Christ. He, no, he has an opinion on rape that was really out there. I got an opinion, too. It's bad. It's Don't bad. Feel. That's well, right there. Is, that's all the opinion you need. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, you know you can't rape the willing, I heard. Yeah, but you think everybody's willing. You're a monster. See, now I'm Brian Wood. Well, that's it. Enjoying the makeover on the site, and I'm liking what you guys are doing, even if you forgot to review Omega Men number seven last week on the podcast. Oh, we didn't forget. <laughs> we, we did not forget. I, it was on the list, and I said to Eric right before, we're not going to be doing that. We put that off. All right. And he ends that. Thanks a lot. Thank you, D-Ron. D-Ron. Uh, yes, D-Ron. D-Ron is uh, a big Green Lantern fan, Eric. Sure is. I didn't know if you knew that. All right, the next email, I lost my place. <laughs> Matty D. Yeah, Matty D. Dear Jim and Eric, thanks for another great podcast. I like the name you came up with. I, I came up with that, right? Three no, no, you did not. Oh, I'm still getting things together to start it, hoping to get something off the ground in the next month once things calm down at work. And I'll, I'll tell you, Matty. Eric won't listen to it. He'll only listen to this monster party thing. He, I do he not doesn't only even listen, listen to our to podcast. He's like, they are laughing it up. I get so angry. I look over at him because that is, he's a traitor. I laugh that it up when we do tra- it. That's a traitor. Oh, yeah, because you don't listen to any other podcast. Nope. I only listen to him to, to justify how good we are. You forced me to listen <laughs> to him. I know. I love podcasts, but not So really. do I. That nonsense you listen to. Love listening to your year-end review show as well as the regular weekly. Awesome. See? Eric, after listening to the stories of your family, I can't help but feel a kinship to you as I, too, have crazy relatives and mother that acts less than human. (laughs) Had you grown up in the Chicagoland area, I would have thought we were twins separated at birth. Okay. Don't want to go all stalker on you. Anyway, I just thought of a lot of stuff. A lot of your stuff hits close to home to me. Well, don't have much more to say as I haven't caught up in the comics this week with the overwhelming amount of work I have. It's freaking damn. Work sucks, too. Still catching up on Grace, an awesome book. Really liked the first few issues and thought the Future's End special was clever with the backwards timeline. Don't read my review then. Cause I I'm was telling not, you, I, I don't remember at all. Yeah, I do. I was not a huge fan of it. I thought it was it was okay, if I remember right. I have really been. Uh, and then he finishes with See You in Seven. Maddie D, nice. president of the Society of Victims of Moments of Bad Motherhood, SVMBM. <laughs> And then he says, P.S., I'll get you guys badges as new members of the society. Wait, badges, Eric? We don't need no stinking badges. No stinking badges. Don't be so stupid, stupid. <laughs> Puppy. But, yeah, uh, my mom, your mom said, like, I don't really know Maddie D, but if he's saying he's like your mom, boy, that has to be awful. And uh, my, mom, <laughs> my mom was just kind of, I don't know, an idiot. She, she most of the times <laughs> meant well. But she's kind of retarded, I would like to say. She's, she's a, I thought that only came from your father's side. No, no. Oh, it's both sides. How, how do you think I got this mess that I am? <laughs> it's from both areas. I get bombarded from England and America. All right, we're going to go That's next. why we don't have any England listeners. Thanks. Yeah, we're going to go to Brandon. <laughs> if anybody is, go to Bournemouth and punch my aunt in the face. And I like my aunt, but just punch her in the face. All right. Yeah. 
I, I, the best is I won't tell your name. Just punch any random, uh, anybody, not even my aunt, my uncle too, all those motherfuckers over there. I hate them. They ripped my, they ripped my family off at one point, but that's a story for another time. Or, or you don't even gonna, care. We're going to go to Brandon. I know it made me laugh because uh, my grandmother had died. My grandmother in England, who I met twice. So who you hated, I, I hated her guts. I laughed when I, I found out you are and um, they had the, the house they had. And there's my mom, her sister and her brother. And they said they were going to sell the house. Well, my mom only gets over there a couple, like twice a year. Yeah. And I think she had just been there. So she's, I think she, you know, her mom was getting sick. So she went over and they kept telling my mom, oh, the house isn't, it's not working out. It's not selling. I don't know what we're going to do. We might have the, my one cousin, David, and he didn't have a partner named Horatio, Eric, um, was going to like, oh, he's going to move in. Well, in the meantime, my mom finally gets over there again and wants to go see the house. And like, oh, I want to. And they kept like, ah, oh, but I'll give them credit. They went full bore. They actually go, okay, let's go. My mom went <laughs> and she tried to get it. It was locked. Holy shit. The door that was, was locked. That is not letting go of now, a con. So the, the door was, it's a, it's a long con, this one. Seriously. And, uh, the door was locked. So my mom's trying to open it and she's going around. Well, then this lady comes out and like, well, what is, what's going on? What, can I help you? What are you doing in my house? Who are you? And like, whatever. And then it, like, my aunt's just there, like, oh my. And (laughs) what my mom said was, my aunt was like, I don't know who this is. What is going on here? And she knew all along. They had sold the house. Oh, that's so good. They had sold the house, split the money, and both of them had already spent the money. So, yeah, then my mom ended up, I think she came home early because she was pissed. She wouldn't talk to her sister. Her brother, they, she always would stay with her she sister. She had to give blowjobs at the airport in order to get fair no, back no, home? No, she had a, a fare already. She had already blown somebody. She blown the guys at the Philadelphia, Philadelphia airport. airport. Yeah. She did that to get there and back. And uh, then she got back, and they didn't talk for a while. She was so angry. And again, just imagine <laughs> you're hearing this story, and just imagine me laughing so loud. I had a belly <laughs> laugh going, and I just was laughing at her. And that, like I said to my mom, is that money that you're like, it's not money that you had. Now you're getting mad. Your mom died, whatever. And she was so angry. Oh, it was so funny. So funny. And in fact, my dad was still alive then. And me and my dad sat in the other room and laughed. And afterwards, just laughing. And I think my, my dad was like, ah, your mother's a fucking idiot. Ah, we were laughing. <laughs> you're and a I, worthless family. Yeah, and I was just laughing because finally it wasn't me. <laughs> like that. All right. Brandon says, uh, before oh, I go, but I'm going to thank Brandon for uh, the Marvel codes he sent us. He sent us Marvel codes, uh, and I kept them all for myself. I know. I didn't send you any. Brandon says, hello, Jim and Eric, and whoever else might be chiming in via Skype's God phone feature. It's a new feature on, on the God phone. Actually, it was like a, it was a mistake that they turned into a feature, I think, uh, the White Lantern God phone. I'll start by asking Jim, what the hell did you do to Eric this week? Is it possible you snuck into your Adderall? He snuck into your Adderall stash in a New Year's resolution type attempt to banish laziness? Because holy shit, he was pounding out reviews like the Sears catalog was perpetually open to the bra and panties section. Great job this week, Eric. You have four reviews, Brandon. Yeah, it's Jesus good times. I'm Christ. a superstar. Is this one of the things now you're the shortest fucking midget in the circus? You freaking have let them go with your laziness so long? Tallest, that, tallest. That, no. Uh, yeah, t- I, actually, I'll go shortest anyway because, really, you had two reviews on Wednesday and two on Thursday. Uh-huh. Whoop-dee-doo. Freaking four reviews. God, did you take a rest then? What have you done since on the site? 
don't have anything else to do. Oh, you could adjust that template a little, maybe work on the HTML code. I could, but then you'd get mad at me. Because huh, you wouldn't. So I have to ask as well, Jim, are you wearing the eye patch and headband this week since you didn't start reviewing comics until Thursday? I was up till probably 11.30 fucking editing that goddamn, or whenever it went up, it was right when I was done, that damn podcast. I really think without the midweek Twitter team Jim's up sensitive. between Eric and I, we might not have seen a review from you until Friday. Also, I, I just I would love to one day we'll just spell out we'll we'll make a little menu type thing of everything that you have to do when you get home from work and right. what I have to do. Mm-hmm. Yours involves first a nap, then yelling at Jess to get you food, yeah. then maybe another nap, smoking, yeah. and maybe having some more snacks. Hey, I didn't tell you to have a family. Well, I know. I'm just talking. I'm more yelling at Brandon. I, you know, Brandon doesn't know the behind the scenes. You're getting mad at me because Brandon's damn not it. worshiping you. Oh, damn <laughs> it. I guess even Poland's sweetheart needs a break now and then. This seems deserved after all the get fresh crew fulfilled my request See? for an emergency podcast. So I guess the weird science community will forgive you for now. <laughs> forgive me. How many reviews do you have till? Uh, like 800. Uh, that's, that's quaint. I had a late week. Uh, actually, add those thirteen or whatever that you always get mad at. Yeah, you, you can you add stole those. Stole from in. me. Yeah, I stole from you. I still am freaking five hundred and fifty ahead. I had a late week only getting Eternal Detective and Swamp Thing, but I might have to get the digital for action to see if I like it after your glowing review. You also didn't let me down with the Lois and Clark comic, which I find just awesome. So apparently these two Supermen will run into each other in issue fifty. Any ideas here from you guys as to what you think will happen? Uh, I think, number one, they're going to use that as a way to trick people into thinking that Clark Kent definitely was not Superman, that the Superman that they were talking is the uh, the pre-Flashpoint Superman. I think that's a way to get his uh, identity back. I don't know what you think. I, I really don't have any real thoughts. I don't think that far ahead on it, but no. I will just go out on a limb right here. They'll team up, they'll fight this big threat, and the Superman from this Earth will die, and then the Superman from the pre-Flashpoint will have to take over. Yeah, that's that's not happening. I know, but I'm just saying. Uh, like I said, what's going to happen is you'll have Clark Kent, and then they'll all be yelling, oh, yeah, Superman, uh, and then Superman will fly in. He'll dye his hair. He'll fly in, <laughs> land, and they'll go, holy shit, Clark Kent wasn't Superman. It happens in every fucking... It'll be like anytime in... Anytime uh, there's twins or anything like that. They, I said it'll be like in the 90s when uh, Spider-Man was losing his powers and his clone Ben Riley took yeah. over. And he like when the, Ben Riley like wanted his own life. He dyed his hair blonde yeah. and like changed his name from Peter Parker to Ben Riley. Yep. So, like I said, what's going to happen is they're going to have a thing and people are going to see a Superman flying. And obviously it's a, and not that in this world they couldn't have somebody else. That, it's going to be nonsense. But I think that's how he's going to get his... Uh, thing back and i would believe that this pre-flashpoint superman uh will be integral into superman our superman getting his powers back and maybe teaching him a thing or two about being a superhero along the way and then patrick duffy will come out the shower yep he'll come out of the shower there'll be an autistic kid looking at a snow globe (laughs) the snow globe Um, from the superboy convergence and then uh Zack Attack will come out and and have a timeout timeout (laughs) (laughs) and i don't know what else will happen uh, I think it honestly is just going to be like a one-two issue team up to wrap up the savage stuff. I have a quick heart to heart, and that's about it. But I hope it's so much more. Speaking of Superman, I saw you get after that unknown dude pulling a "get off my lawn" to us debating the book <laughs> in the comments section of action. Yeah, I actually got angry. I usually don't get angry in the comments. Did you see that when I got I angry at the guy? I'm sick of people like that. Well, the thing is, I was I got angry 
and then I clicked on his tail to go look at him. Yeah, he's, I saw. He likes it, what is that? Uh, fucking. Uh, I don't role know. playing or something. It, no, it is a role play where he considers himself a dark lord or something, and that's the character he that's, puts out. I, that actually, I was gonna put that in. I'm like, okay, dark lord. Has, I don't even know what. I don't said. remember anymore. It, it made me it. laugh so much, but also what made me laugh is if you're you getting. Kept, how much did you read of his stuff? I looked at it a lot. Uh, did you read when he starts complaining to people in channels that they're not doing it properly and no. they don't understand? Oh, that's the best because <laughs> no, this I, guy is in these I, channels. And uh, he starts arguing with people because, like I said, they're not up to his uh, they're not up to snuff, not up to his role playing no, standards. No. Uh, no, the, the thing I actually uh, I just put a cherry on the top of everything with the, like it was one of his latest posts. Cause I went through a bunch, but the latest post was where a girl actually sent him a thing saying, hey, what like what do you like or something like that? And he just kept responding in his persona yes. and then she just gave up. I'm like, ah <laughs> <laughs> And if people don't know, if you go to the site at Eric Weird Sites, DC Comics blog blogspot.com and click on my action comics number forty eight review, this week's review, he is listed under anonymous. I just put No, unknown. Unknown. Or unknown, unknown. And he says basically, um, it's weird too, because like I said to him, it's very odd because this very positive review. I had a lot of fun with this issue. Yeah. So there was other people like, oh, you know what? I enjoyed it too. This is a Superman I can get behind. Finally, he's, you know, Reggie said it. Yeah, he's Superman. Sure. Everybody's like, oh, it's good. He's Superman. Ah. And then he shows up out of nowhere and goes, shows you how many true Superman fans there are. Just because he started acting differently, little boys and girls started bitching and complaining. <laughs> The man went from being the most powerful being on the planet and kicking dark side and Mongols' ass and people like that on a daily basis to losing his powers. Of course he would have psychological effect on him as it would anybody else. When any of you can write any good comics, then feel free to complain. Until then, just shut up. And I'm telling you, up until that last sentence, it's fine. Yeah. But like I said in my thing, like, okay, you shut up. What? You you never told us what you think. You're no. just yelling, and you're and the, upset at other people on a review site having an opinion about something. Honestly, after looking at his Google Plus, so I'm just happy he didn't do it in his Dark Lord persona. No, you 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 wouldn't want that. Uh, no. Well, Eric, I will tell you that um, he has um, at his page now, and here's some of his uh, good things. He he <laughs> in the uh, he is known as the Eternal King. <laughs> <laughs> The Seraphic Destroyer. Of course. And this is in the fantasy role-playing uh, thing, what he said. Lightning bolt, lightning bolt. After walking through the dimensions on my way home, I traversed <laughs> through the lands from which I came and could feel myself reminiscing about the era in which I was once human. Is and this it was dark poetry? It was then I began to sense <laughs> an, a sin an sinister aura. Whew, that is some good stuff. I, mean, I, I see, too, now I'm looking there. And... Um, not many people respond to him, and uh, this one he does. How Here's do you another respond one. to Here's that? another one he says. Smiles as a creature emerges from the depths of Hades to my home on Olympus. I stand for my throne and take a few steps down. What is your name, creature? I gather mortal men in fear, but you are. I, I gather mortal men fear you, but I am the one you should fear. The creature lets out a roar and attempts to attack me. Instantly, I unleash a torrent away, of wind enhanced by my rune that blasts the creature and shatters a portion of Olympus. Looks like I'll have to renovate. That's it. That's it. I'm on my Google+. Plus. I'm, I'm responding right now. 
I'm telling you. Oh, you know, that it, reminds you have, to, you have to join the community, you sons of bitches. You know what that reminds me of? I, I, it, it reminds me, oh, uh, you have to, I'm asking to join now. I'm going to try to join this fantasy right. role-playing community, and then I'll tell you next week if uh, my request was taken. And there's only 52 people in here, but, yeah, I want to get in on this. I, I think I could have a lot of fun here. Tony, this really reminds me of, like, wow, one of the opening scenes of Throw Mama from the Train where <laughs> Billy Crystal's listening to his students tell their stories. Yes. Oh, I'm, lo- I'm looking. And then Dan other. went to the pilot and said, Good job, pilot. Go. And then the pilot to Dan. Yes. Good job, Dan. Here's um, here's this, another one. This is from uh, January 4th. It was just a week ago, a little less than a week ago. The Eternal King in this one, Eric. He's, he's <laughs> sitting. And he also has pictures that he puts up for him. and He, he looks uh, great. He's sitting in deep meditation on the cosmic plane, becoming one with the constellation. thinking about Superman? He's becoming one with the constellation. Now, awesome Izzy. Uh, responds to him and says, uh, hi, I'm Izzy. <laughs> and then the Eternal King here greets you with a nod of the head and returns to meditation. Then awesome Izzy responds, okay. That's the last thing I saw. And then the Eternal That's what King I was says, open his eyes to look at you. To what do I owe this pleasure? Care me to join a meditation? And scene. And Izzy, Izzy is gone. Izzy is out. Izzy is out. <laughs> Oh, this page, this page, oh, it's all him. I'm it's telling you, I was having talking. such a good time earlier looking at uh, this. I was just looking for nonsense. I, now I, I could, I think I'm starting my own podcast. It is now a fan tribute podcast to the Eternal King, the Seraphic Destroyer. Ah, <laughs> oh, buddy, you uh, are, you are something special. I, I'm hoping that he actually has the Ethernet cord that goes down to his mother's basement when he's doing this. I, I would hate to say that there would be any delay over, over Wi-Fi to get oh, this fucking important God. shit up. Huh. I'm going to tell him. I'm going to know what tr- true Seraphic Destroyer fan he is. Oh, Jesus Christ. Where Meditation. What kind of warrior of the constellation? <laughs> I open my eyes and greet you with a grin. So you've come to party? I don't, I'm bad at these things. I don't know what what should I put. Actually, I'll just honestly I, just write dialogue for midnight. Yeah. No, I just want to be yeah. I want to be confused like what's going on. Like I've stumbled onto this plane. Like, hey, hey uh, do you're you doing know, that whole bit where you're from Earth and you stumble yeah, onto this I'm weird like, world. Oh, you don't my, understand. What happened? The last thing I knew, I was looking at the Sears catalog with my pants off. Now I'm in front of this awesome present. Who still who still not as you still not as like uh, uncomfortable as when Mom walked in. <laughs> Seraphic Destroyer might be upset with me then. The Seraphic Destroyer. Okay, keep talking because I lost my place going to that fucking... Oh, God, so I have no uh, idea here he that anymore. God, I hope Eternal There we go. Seriously, who shit in that dude's Cheerios? I think the fucking Olympus. I don't know. He or she don't want to piss off women in D.C. Yes, the D.C. women kicking ass. Probably likes Batgirl and Midnighter too. Which if he did, that'd be fine. Yeah. I just hate when people comment on sites like that, and uh, they don't bring anything to the table except nope, just just, bitching. just hate and fucking uh, what's it called? A tr- he's a troll. Yeah. That's all he is. That's all he ever will be. Uh, actually, wouldn't it be great if he played a troll? On, well, the worst part page? too is that I want everybody to know. I, this is something I actually have no idea how to work Google Plus properly, but there are, I guess, options. 
You can have a Google Plus account and you put your name up there. Yeah. I think there's a, a option where you can put as unknown. Or but you the can thing go is, anonymous. Exactly. But the, when you do the unknown, you can, you can still click on it and go to that person's page and see exactly who that person is. So I don't understand. That's how Jared Jones from Doom Rocket got caught yeah. out. I just added him. I just added him to my circles. Um, <laughs> he is. Um, he works as an emperor and he lives on Mount Olympus. <laughs> uh, so he's unemployed with his mother. I got you. Exactly. I'm looking. He's uh, his tagline. All things in this world are governed by governed by something greater than itself. I rule life and death. Yep. His bragging rights, Eric, are he's an expert swordsman, a hand-to-hand grandmaster, an elemental grandmaster, feared by the Titans and the Amazons, and feared by the Constellars and the Celestials. Of course. Boy, this this guy is he's classic, and he's why 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 did he even show up on our site? Really, he must have just seen something on Google Plus and just wanted to cause trouble. But again, they always think they're going to come undercover. Yeah, not undercover. Ah, uh, God, I hope Eternal keeps this up. My blind faith is finally starting to pay off a little bit. I'm just worried whoever takes over after Tynan won't, and it's Lansing, and I forget the other guy's name. It's the guys who did the um, the, the Bane friggin- and uh, Jason and Tim. The bad shark repeller. Yeah, yeah the bad shark repeller. We'll, we'll probably get some lame jokes. Uh, Tynan won't even get close to comparing. Detective was actually really good to, for the first time in a long time. Huh. Murder, huh. mystery, and police work, and not at least, it seems, giant monsters that suck eyes out of it with alien jizz. That Finally, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm very happy with my current pull list on the DC side of things right now. Besides anything Batman, I've been reading Flash, Martian Manhunter, Justice League, He-Man, and now trying Swamp Thing. And I love how different and awesome all these titles are. That sounds he's like a, a pretty cool pull list to me. He's a huge He-Man fan. So although I, I think he might go well with that, that role-playing group, I'll send it to you. I'll send you the link there. Uh, so oh, although I love to write and chime in anywhere, I kind of make fun of things with you guys. I actually am very happy with what I've been reading and buying for the most part. Just thought I'd throw uh, that out there. We said it, uh, by Thursday we were talking at work, even Friday, and um, we said that this was a pretty positive week. We're like, man, I, yeah. I think I even said it to Reggie. But then when I got around to reading all the books, I was not enjoying them so much today. Uh, but I, I did. there was nothing I really hated. This no, week. me either. Uh, but yeah, keep up the good work. My guess is Eric's on cigarette number three right now. What, Come on, we just had all that. Think? We just had all that talk. I'm yeah, thinking really. six, honestly. Uh, Brandon at Bmure three six six. Oh, thank you, Brandon. Brandon. Yeah, go to. You hell. gave us a good laugh. Go to hell, dude. Brandon. You son of a bitch. Come on, he just brought us all that laughter. How Enjoy. many emails is is uh, Eric or messages on Twitter? You guys talk a lot on Twitter. Uh, no, yeah, not really. I'm talking like private messages. Oh, none. No, that's all me. I'm the one who talks to these people, and then they give you the praise. Fucking nonsense. Jesus Christ, man. Calm down. The next one's that guy who also was pissed, Eric. George K. And if you remember, George K. had given us a glowing review on iTunes, which I read a couple weeks ago, uh, maybe a month ago or so. It was a a little bit ago. It was really nice to leave a... uh, a review and uh, a rating, which these other people like the rest of you ass and do. do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what I was getting at. But he uh, he got called out by who? Do you remember the guy? He might even say it says it. so in the email. Mr. Yeah. D. Scott. D. Scott wrote yes. to you personally, which is weird. And said, "Who's this George K? I'm not George K. It was my review. I'm more. I'm twice the man George K is <laughs> now. George K." Very and I, I think unless somebody went through the full out, this is such a long con that they, they did all this and it's all set up. 
he this is George K. And he says, hello, Jim and Eric. Please inform Mr. D. Scott that I had you both forward his letter from episode 52 to the main offices of DC <laughs> Comics with a highlight on the line. I'm not sure who this George K. fellow is, but I can tell you this. He's not me, and I'm twice the man he is. And I'm pleased to announce that Dan DeDio would like to offer him a position as the new dialogue writer for Batman <laughs> and Robin Eternal. <laughs> Passively, aggressively, George, George K. And you know what? I like George K. So do I. And I'm telling you. If it took T. Scott to do this to get George K. to write, I'm glad. And I Me as hear, well. I want to hear more from you, George K. <laughs> All right, next one is a guy I always like to hear from, Eric, and that's Pistol. Hey, Jim and Eric, great show last week, and the bonus end of your awards show was awesome, too. I particularly like the inclusion of Reggie, and I wouldn't. Now, this is weird. Did you read this one? Yes, I did. It's very odd, isn't it? It is. I particularly like the inclusion of Reggie, and I wouldn't be averse to maybe having a section of the regular show where all three of you talk about something. doesn't have to be a whole show, and I know he already provides his recklessness segment, but I think it would be cool if you had a small segment where you could discuss a different topic each week which is kind of like a just-for-the-hell-of-it podcast. Kind of is. At which we are planning on maybe doing sometime. And Pistol with, loves Reggie. Yeah, and with Reggie, too. We had actually talked about this with yeah. Reggie, that we'd like to do that. So Reggie, though, it's funny. We talked to Reggie. We're like, we want to do this just-for-the-hell-of-it podcast, and we want to, you know, we might have it come out twice a month, once a yeah, month, whatever. It's, it's just something where we don't have to talk comics. We can sit around and talk. We actually got together with Reggie. Something that doesn't take a shit ton of preparation. Yeah, when we got together with Reggie the other night, when we did that disclaimer for the end of year awards, we ended up talking to Reggie for about an hour and a half, and <laughs> it, it got me in a lot of trouble. Sure it did. Yeah, but uh, we ended up, and but I told you, my wife is no dummy. Uh, she knows what happened with Jess yelling, so she came up and actually had <laughs> typed something in on the phone and showed it to me. She was not going to let me have any sort of uh, audio clip of it. Uh, but, yeah, um, she said that we were talking about nonsense, and it was time for me to – We were uh, talking about, like, homeboys from outer space, and uh, they came yeah. from outer space. Yeah, we were talking about a lot of crazy stuff. But what I was going to say is whenever time we talked to Reggie about maybe doing this just for the hell of it, uh, you know, we have we have ideas. And I, yeah. I, one of them uh, would be just talking about breakfast cereals. Sure would. And you love breakfast cereals. We'll That's funny because I had that in the opener tonight. Yeah. Or maybe something where we would talk about sequels that we would have made to movies that we love, like a sequel to Big. Yeah, Too Big. Too Big or like a Home Alone sequel that got ruined. We talked about that forever at work, and then Macaulay kind of came out. and did Came out that next week. Son of yeah, a bitch. Fucking ruin it for us. But Stole our every thunder. time we say this, Reggie's like, yeah, and we can talk about rap. <laughs> 80s <laughs> rap. That's, he wants so desperate, and we would. Yeah. But that's, that is his subject he wants to talk about, and he desperately wants to talk about it. But, right. And anybody, I'm telling you, if anybody wants to talk about anything with Reggie, he's on uh Twitter as Reggie Reggie, talk to him. He'll talk to you. He, he loves talking, that guy. You listen to that freaking end of year awards. The guy doesn't shut his fucking mouth. <laughs> Coming from the guy who interrupts everybody. You know, he told me, he said to me, like, boy, I listen to him, and it doesn't sound as bad as he thought. And right. then he said, man, I talk a lot. Why didn't somebody shut me up? I said, you talk a lot. I just interrupt people. I just talk <laughs> over them. I interrupt them. And then he's like, well, it is kind of your podcast. I'm like, no, that was everybody. That was everybody. It was me and Reggie together are 98% of that podcast. We just won't shut up. <laughs> 
Uh, I know you guys read your books digitally, but I still collect physical issues. And I recently got the last of my, uh, the last one of Harley's little black book variants from last month. I ordered about 10 different books with the Harley variant. And as you probably know, they came in a sealed poly bag with the cover either penciled, inked, or fully inked and colored. And yes, Eric, color, <laughs> C-O-L-O-U-R, is in fact spelled with a U, you asshat. <laughs> the point being that it was just luck of the draw how finished the cover was when you got it in the bag. Well, as I said, I ordered about 10 titles, and wouldn't you know it, every single one I got was only penciled. It really pissed me off that I didn't even get one at least inked or as I wanted colored especially with the Alex Ross variant of Batman. I just wanted to ask any of the other listeners who bought these variants if they actually managed to get a colored cover out of the shit show. And listen, I don't want to get racist here. I don't like that term, colored. Especially you with the watch U. yourself. And now this month, you don't even have the chance of getting a colored variant of your favorite book because DC must be trying to save some cash, not paying colorists, so we're putting out about. color it yourself variant covers. Did you guys know they actually put out a pack of coloring pencils to go with the books? I did not. Those are just called colored pencils here. <laughs> not coloring pencils. I've never been a big fan of sketch covers, and I always like to buy each month's variants. This one, however, I will be avoiding. Tony, and, talking about that Harley variant, though, I really love the JLA one because I hadn't seen Joe Maduria work on anything besides yeah, his like battle chasers in a long yeah, time. You and love I love seeing it. I actually, while, while we're going, uh, man, uh, Pistol actually sent me a note that I wanted to see. He ended up, he sent me a note today, and I hadn't read the note yet or his email yet. And he said, hey, I just found out that February's variant covers by Neil Adams are going to be t- penciled and inked. What the hell? Does DC <laughs> not have any colorist on the payroll anymore? What happened to Hi-Fi? Jeez. I remember he, he sent me that. That's He's funny. so angry. Uh, he continues, anyway, I'm almost caught up on Batman and Robin Eternal, and I have a few points to bring up. First, you guys mentioned Orphan having two hands again. We won't even mention the confusion with the foot. <laughs> I don't know that that's another thing. We say that, and I'm not sure that everybody even knows what we meant there. Uh, do you think everybody remembers that? Where uh, I would hope so. Genevieve it was Valentine a big deal. mentioned that he didn't get there. They outran freaking Orphan to get to Prague because uh, Orphan was missing a foot. <laughs> when I read issue 13, I was thrown by him having two hands again uh, until I noticed that one of his hands was drawn as if it was gleaming or sparkling, like it was maybe a bionic metal hand or something. Did you guys see that? Yes, we did. Uh, and we talked about it as man, well. It actually made me laugh that he had a well. shiny hand. I'm I just sorry. like it's a throwaway thing. He's like, all right, I have his hand there, but make it fucking metal. Yeah. And I'm sorry if you already spoke about it on the show. That's okay. And secondly, in regards to Eternal, did you notice that in flashbacks with Mother in issue 12 and 13, she looks really old, but in the present, which has to be a good amount of time judging by how much Orphan has grown up in this time, she looks pretty much the same. She didn't seem to have gotten any older. Any thoughts on her eternal oldness? Actually, I'll tell you, I think that it's just inconsistent. Honestly. Orphan's grown that much. Freaking Cassandra doesn't, then she does. She does. It's it's nonsense. I'm just saying, once old people hit a certain age, they don't really get that much older true. looking. They just look old. That's like when you see until a they hit 90, then they just look decrepit. And then they're dead. Yeah. They, you tell them to act their age, and they die. Keep doing what you're doing, and I'll keep listening. Thanks, guys. Love Pistol, Obsidian, Blackbird, McKnight. Thanks, Thanks Pistol. Pistol. The next one is from Mark. Hey, Jim and Eric. I've always thought the story over continuity is fine as long as the stories are good. 
that's my opinion. That's what I say. Not yeah. that they really have been, but still. The point is that, Eric, I owe you an apology. All right. Sorry. With Batman Beyond number eight, I'm officially in your continuity camp because when the time travel and reality rewriting aspect of a story are the part that makes the most sense, you have done <laughs> something wrong. Even a destroyed police box Doctor Who reference can't make it fit with continuity. Sure can. Uh, I find it hard to believe that Commissioner Barbara Gordon of the last free city on the planet has, was never informed that Warhawk and Barda were killed in the opening of the Brother Eye conflict. She sure seemed to think they had avoided Brother Eye a couple of issues ago. Uh, yeah, any comment on that? Honestly, that's something I didn't even put together for what yeah. he's talking about. Actually, she, she just said something about how she believed the Justice League might still be out there, yeah. but I, I actually have to think, and he's right though. It is true. She kind of says it like they all survived. On top of that, why do they feel like they need to kill off all the cool Batman Beyond <laughs> characters? Warhawk, Barda, and they mentioned the kid Green Lantern, Cairo, being taken down as well. I like Cairo. So do I. I thought he was always, always cool. And Luke Fox being alive is not an awesome, as awesome enough thing to make up for it. Still pretty awesome, though. Actually, <laughs> in my notes, I have Luke Fox and like eight exclamation points. On top of all that. That's some I good hate, notes you got. <laughs> I hate the cover so much. It's such a generic cover. This See, is a, your one I, chance to include Warhawk and Barter in the cover, and you go with this. Honestly, I think this is an amazing cover to this issue. Yeah. I, I think it's dynamic, and fucking I like the white background to the black freaking Batman suit. Come back, uh, Kyle Higgins. That we, color just pops off you. the page. We misses Kyle Higgins, Eric. We all miss Kyle you Higgins. You know why he misses Kyle Higgins here? Because of Batman uh, version 2.1? Beyond 2.0. That was awesome. Awesome. Didn't That's he also do Batman Beyond 2.0? They, they, they went so, they went. I'm saying, though, you're saying I, it's just because of but Justice But I'm saying I think that it more was because of the, the Warhawk and Barda and stuff like that. But you're right. It's probably the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, he didn't write Justice League Beyond. That was Christos King. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wrong. I love, I'm telling you, that was my book of the year. Oh, yeah, you love that shit. I loved it so much. When Barbara was freaking pregnant with Bruce's baby. I'll say it every time. Somebody so messed up. up. And then they went in the alley, and those guys gave her an abortion. With a knife. Holy moly. It was like they ripped something out of my own life and put it in the comic, Eric. I couldn't believe it. I thought uh, that what? They, they ripped something out of my what? life. Thanks for putting up. You didn't know I should have had nine kids. Thanks for putting up with another long email. Here is a 10 out of 10 for you guys. Weird Science DC podcast, 10 out of 10. It's not, that doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mark. But, Thank you. Uh, you're designated Batman Beyond Finn, Mark. Yeah, I don't know why I was thinking he meant freaking Justice League Beyond. It didn't make any sense. You know who broke the news on that being canceled? You. Yes, that is true. Take that freaking Brandon. P.S. Not sure if you guys have ever seen this video, but before all the Hank Henshaw talk last podcast with Lois and Clark book made me think of this video. And it's a YouTube video that I will put in the show notes. I Did kinda, you look at I it? I kind of promised. No, I didn't because I, I didn't look through this until I actually was getting it ready for you and then I was way behind. I looked at it. I'm telling you, I saw it. I'm like, well, I'll did get back to this. No, the thing is, I, I'm like, I'm going to get back to this because I wanted to read the rest of the emails. Never got back yeah, to it. It's uh, Max Landis. It's a Max Landis video. I did see that. I'm gonna okay. Watch, I'm gonna watch it. We'll, maybe we'll watch it before uh, one of, or during the one of the breaks. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Next one, but I will watch it. The next one is Alex M. Hey, Jim and Eric. Anything inspire you this week? The hell does that mean? I don't know. Playing the Powerball. <laughs> yeah. That. Uh, Started uh, thinking about all the stuff I'd do if I won. Running around with no pants on. Go to go to full moon features and just start loading stacks of cash on the table until they let me stay and just hang out. I had a couple baked potatoes this week <laughs> and some oatmeal. 
He says, wanted to give you thanks for a year's worth of weekly entertainment from the hashtag hardest working guys in podcast. Who might as well as well be hashtag hardest working guys in comic reviews, Eric. And I I did some calculations, and I think that between the two of us, we have about 2,000 reviews. Then I looked it up, and at the point when I looked it up, we had been we had been a site for 909 days, which doesn't seem that long, actually. No, it does not. Some weird things, but 909 days, we did 2,000 reviews, and through my calculations there, that meant that we did 22 reviews a day. 22? Yep, 22 reviews a day. Actually, I'll redo that in my mind. 32 reviews a day. Doesn't that add up? No. I was not very good at math. I finally <laughs> moved out of my blood. Didn't you tell me it was like 2.9? That was a joke, Eric. I was c- trying to pretend that I didn't know a math. I'm saying that, but you didn't tell what the actual number was. No, I, did, I, did, I don't think anybody cares. Oh, okay. Well, you, brought like, the, you did the whole thing and you yeah, told, told no, me it about a, it. It was a joke to, I don't like to it. make up a number that made no sense. I thought you were actually going to talk about no. it. My bad. My no, bad. It was a joke. I even told you I was going to do that joke. I told you this week. I even made the joke to you and you laughed at it. And then I did. I, and then I said, well, actually, I think it's like 2.12. Yeah, Something and I thought like you were going to continue. No. Because we talked about it. Yep. I told you I was just going to do the joke. Jesus Christ. Get your earphones. Start listening to Monster Party. All right. you're, you're more concerned with that than what I'm telling you all during the week of what I'm going to do. I finally moved out of my parents' home after a year of living with them. Wait a minute. Is this that guy who does that fucking role playing? <laughs> Tell you what. Unemployed and bored made it very easy to get in your podcast. <laughs> Was that in a in a uh, animal house? Dumb, dumb and lazy ain't no way to get through life. Dumb son. and stupid, dumb, uh, and stupid. dumb, drunk and stupid is no way. Or fat, dumb and uh, stupid is no. Way. Fat, Jesus drunk and stupid. Christ, never mind. We're moving on. Tell you what, unemployed. Fat, drunk and stupid made it very easy to get in your podcast. I can't tell you how many miles I walked around listening to you two guys bitching about whatever book got you riled up that week. I imagine them that that walking's just pacing in in the room. <laughs> like you do. Yes. Now, at first, I wasn't the biggest fan. Jim reminds me too much of an angry Stan Lee. That's so weird. <laughs> and Eric was Excelsior, huh, Jim? And Eric wasn't sure what he was doing there. All right, still not. But I was sold that day. You guys told us about your impactful TV experience. <laughs> you want to tell people what you sent me? <laughs> I read this earlier. I sent you a message. What's our impactful TV experience? Is that when we had Dan on the show? We talked about our very special episodes. No, he's talking about Evine Live. <laughs> Telling your life's problems really has made this podcast special and often entertaining. Often entertaining. Obviously, it has made you more comfortable behind the mic, almost to a catastrophic point. Dildo 9-11, he put. <laughs> we'll <laughs> never forget. That was our 9-11. We'll never forget. Uh, these colors don't run. My only wish is you guys had started when Jim Starling's epic Storm Run watch was going. As Storm watch. As Storm watch. Didn't I say that? You said like Storm Run. Oh, I was. I said Stormwatch Run. I thought was going as bad as it got. You could never tell where each issue was going to was going to go. The fact that you and the DCR podcast were the only ones reviewing it was how I discovered you guys. Perhaps one day I can tell you all my theory on the Stormwatch Run and how it ties in the Anti Monitor. Yeah, I, I actually just jumped on doing that just because nobody else is doing <laughs> it. And I that was one of the books I told you I wanted to be like the one guy who got it. Like, right. I'd be like reading it really like, no, this is what's going on. And like, <laughs> I explained it to such a way that it became a hit. And that did not happen. It was a wreck. By Daddy, the way, I didn't read it. I just had you telling me oh, about it, it every time wreck. you read it. It was such a wreck. 
when Lobo showed up, yeah. they, they obviously didn't want Lobo on the book. They were forced to. So Lobo sat there and I'm not even supposed to be here. He became, I thought he was in Clerks. Or then one of the it became an alternate timeline character showing up. Like I'm telling you, like the team switched because something got changed in reality. Yeah, yeah. and then the I'm telling you, the last issue was done by Sterling Gates, and they actually switched back, and they had like Danny the Street and all the right, awesome, so good. I miss Sterling Gates. Where'd he go? Yeah, Uh, he's coming out. We had uh, news with him is gonna he's gonna be in uh, one of the maybe that Supergirl book possibly. Oh, nice. That's right. We could talk about that. By the way, I know I am a little late, but I got to stand up for Supergirl Matrix. Somebody has to. It was one of the more fun comics coming out of the Convergence times. Yeah. You and Joel could get together. He can tell you about the fucking Adam being good. (laughs) Fucking big hand fucking comic. The storyline was goofy, yes, but it was in the spirit of what can make a great comic. Bad dialogue? The constant bickering between the prince and princess was funny as hell, says you. The inclusion of a long-haired Luther gave us a nice nod to the 90s. I like that. And the return of Ambush Bug oh, I love was that perfect Luther. with Keith Giffen writing it. It was not. Uh, it, Ambush Bug was only there so they could jump quickly through these other realities yeah. and fucking do nothing. I do wish there had been more Supergirl Matrix since her character is a pretty cool concept. Uh, I'm trying desperately to remember everything that I hated about it. and I, 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 I just I get just, an overlap I, of everything. It was just not good. It wasn't good. It it was supposed to be funny, and it wasn't. And that was one of the other problems I think I remember yelling about was that you had this uh, big event going, and some of the books tried to stay within what was going on. I think Keith Giffen, I think we even said it on the podcast, was like, huh, so you you want me to do this? Fuck you. And then (laughs) made his own goddamn book that made no sense in anything that was going on in Convergence. And again, I, can't, I don't even remember how it ended. I, I, I don't either. I remember Ambush Bug showing up at the end of the first issue. He had his suitcase with all the stickers on. Yeah. It fucking looked like he took a wrong turn in Albuquerque. I think I, and that, like that might have been a lie. I think I said that. I think I was yelling about that. And then <laughs> he ended up, they ended up jumping. I think they might have seen Sugar and Spike for a second. And it was all these things like almost like a, hey, look how crazy this is, but nothing happened. Nope. It was nonsense. Uh, if I remember, though, one of the things, either a cover or maybe the full art, like Howard Porter might have been on. I, for some reason, I remember that. I think I, Howard Porter was on I art, might though. I wrong, though. But hopefully one day the duo of Supergirl Matrix and long-haired Lex Luthor can find their way in Earth Prime, and then I'll kill myself. Anyways, you boys take care and keep laying down your life's problems. Written a letter by Alex M. And he's also, he sent me a Howling Commandos code, Eric. I love, oh, nice. love free stuff. And I love Alex M. I just, I'm telling you, I hated that Supergirl Matrix. And maybe it was that I never read it before. I did. I wasn't around then. And uh, so I didn't have that reference. You did. You hated it. I just thought it was just, and again, we we get tagged as hating a lot of convergence manship says that a lot and i really did like some of it but eventually it started really wearing on me and when especially the, the second month bad like a super i really like i'm thinking now like i even like harley i liked remember with a uh, captain carrot oh yeah i didn't show that i one, really man. liked that memory she killed him she poisoned him yeah that was such I, a we fucked fought up ending. That and i didn't know what was going on but yeah but no like i love the justice society of america and the question, the question. i like swamp thing i like swamp thing was good 
I enjoyed. I even enjoyed a bit of Superboy, except for the snow globes. Yeah, I love Superboy. I like Nightwing, Oracle. Like, there's a lot. There was a lot that I liked, and a lot that I liked the first issue of the Suicide Squad. I love Frank Thierry's Suicide Squad issue. I just love the apart. first issue, and then the second issue fell apart. I loved uh, Mark and Draco's Batman and the Outsiders. Second issue kind of fell apart. They yeah. all seemed like they could have used another issue like oh yeah if that was a three issue event i think it would have been a lot better yeah it seemed like the first issue set everything up and then the second issue was earthquake all ru- rushing to an ending and it, it just seemed all it bad. was all rushing to the earthquake yeah it was j-man's the next one j-man hey guys this is just a short one thanks for posting the weirdies award show it was fun and i laughed my ass off since i trimmed all the fat off my pull list the only dc title i read was green red was green lantern which is still playing up this terrorist concept. I don't know how I feel about this, and I get the feeling that Sonar is just going to be a minor stepping stone for Parallax. Is it me, or do many of Venditti's big conflicts seem a little lackluster once you get in the actual conflict? I have similar thoughts on Venditti's flash run. It kind of was. Overall, I like the stories and the characterization, but when we get to the big fights at the end of the arcs, the, resolu- uh, the resolution seems a little lackluster, and the build-up overhyped said lackluster finales. And yeah, I agree. Kind of seems like what we're saying about convergence as well. Agreed. That's all for now. Keep up the good work, and I'll see you in seven. J-Man from Santa Barbara. He must Thanks, be busy. Jay's he's busy with that short one. <laughs> all right, we'll end up the mail. Uh, the long mail segment with Manship. Manship says, recommended the highly addictive weird science website and podcast to a high school buddy. And here is his reply. When I first read this, I thought the reply was like, I no longer have a friend. He says, yeah, these two guys are funny. They are not loud and obnoxious, but quiet and witty. All right. <laughs> not sure what episode he was listening to, but it got me thinking. Are Werner and Shay quiet and witty? A better description would be negative and opinionated, but in a very entertaining way. Are we that negative, really? Yeah, we're, we're pretty negative. I'm saying no. When we dislike something, we talk at length about it. Yeah. yeah I, again. But we, when a book does its like job, there's not a lot to talk we, about. We like to pick things apart. Yeah. Yeah, we like to have fun, though. I even said in my uh, Midnighter opening that I would love to love every book and have everybody love me. All the Hell creators. Yeah. I, I go to Burbank, and they have me on their shoulders carrying me around. Like Ralphie? <laughs> like Ralphie. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of opinionated, Jim, you're wrong. And Superman Wonder Woman number 24, Clark is super jumping, not flying. Sure is. I don't think so. I This uh, Action Comics, he's definitely jumping because we see him land in the bay. That that freaking, I'll see you, Wonder Woman, I'll take care of this. And there he goes. There's no, I have to see at least one of two things, him landing. You can't suspend your disbelief that no, much? Well, no, because I need to see some sort of running to, to jump or a landing. These, that appears to be like a Christopher Reeve just freaking levitating off the ground. There's nothing ands, its, or buts about it. He looks like he's flying. We have seen this happen with many different comic characters. He said the most well-known jumping hero, of course, is the Hulk. Yep. He jumps miles at a time. I don't ever see him with two guys on the shoulder, but I'm sure that's I have, yeah. a time. Uh, some of the other comic jumpers can be found in the Superman movie Man of Steel. They are and her freakishly tall Kryptonian boyfriend. Nod, wasn't it? Or did uh, they change that? I don't recall anymore. Yeah, I, th- I think they actually changed the, that big guy. To somebody. I love loves to jump out random Kryptonian planes and blow shit up. Isn't flying really just long jumps with a soft landing? I always heard that when I was growing up that Superman didn't really fly, that he was just jumping. No, the original one. The gravity. I'm saying the original one uh, could only jump. Like I'm saying, when Superman first came out, he couldn't fly. Which makes fly. no sense because he would change altitudes. You can't do that jumping. It never made sense. That jumping was a bunch no, of No, no, I'm sorry about the original ones, though. That was just jumping, but eventually they gave him the fly. No, but I'm saying, even when he was supposed to be jumping, 
he would change altitudes. I can't he would say get, that. Sir. He would get higher and lower and stuff like that, and it makes no sense. <laughs> Warner seems to be convinced that some listeners do not read the books and listen to the podcast instead of reading. Why does the Quakertown comic keep saying this? I think it's true. Yes. I think that people love spoilers and things like that because they don't want to read the books. And again, I'm not saying that it's every book, but I think that somebody might listen. And you, I know Manship loves DCR podcast as well, and that's what their thing is based on, you know, to keep up with books that you don't read. Yeah. It's just common. I just think that people, if we actually started doing a podcast that was like, yeah, and uh, Batman and Robin Eternal, hey, Eric, what'd you think? It was yeah. okay. Oh, yeah, I liked it. But I liked the art. But, yeah, I'd probably give it a six. Next, people would be pissed. They'd be pissed because now they'd have to go out and buy the goddamn book. <laughs> <laughs> they just this, sit there and contemplate. Like, a six. That's okay. Yeah. It's an okay oh, book. A six. I'm glad I didn't buy it. <laughs> but they're gonna, we're going to move on to Reggie's recklessness. And his uh, thing this week is when you should or shouldn't make a comic book. Hmm. All right. You shouldn't when you don't have a story, I would say. I agree. But we're going to hear that, and then after that, we're going to come back with the book. enthusiasts and welcome to Reggie's Recklessness. I'm your host, Reggie Grant. We fans of sequential art and the comic book format are experiencing a fascinating boom time for the industry. Independent four-color comics sell respectable numbers next to their superhero counterparts, and many of these are optioned for cartoons, television shows, and major motion pictures, offering independent creators a potential revenue source that did not recently exist. In a print publishing market that has been largely stagnant for five years, only trade collections, graphic novels, and manga have seen exponential growth in almost every quarter. And the most pleasant change to comics fandom has been increased representation, particularly among girls who are said to comprise a full 51% of the market. Yes, it is nice to see people cozying up to the format, but I might humbly suggest that perhaps not every fucking story should be a comic book. To be sure, any story can be expressed in the sequential comic format. You could make an 80-page comic of someone's morning shit, shave, and shower routine if you were so inclined, and even if every panel was lovingly rendered by a fine artist and the pacing and plotting of the entire work was perfect, you still would have wasted everyone's fucking time by using comics to tell a story that probably could have been written as a paragraph. And it's not just about economy, either. Making comics is a labor-intensive, often collaborative job that takes an inordinately long time compared to simply writing. And the fact is that while an artist labors over the comic strip detailing a dog pooping over 60 or so panels, they could be drawing a comic that uses the medium to its best potential. And no, that doesn't mean only superheroes, though they are a good gimmick to force some action into the story. Before sitting down to make a comic, the creator should consider a few things. One, is there anything in my story that might be ruined by its literal depiction? When consuming a novel, 
The reader will plug in things familiar to them to flesh out the details of the world contained therein. When these things are shown, that amount of imagination drops out and the reader must take things as seen, not entirely imagined. This is a good thing, for instance, when telling a historical tale that might involve a setting that no longer exists or that is very remote. It is not so sensible, however, when the nameless horror in a story can be plainly seen by the reader, and more than likely, it looks ridiculous. 2. Is this story a film, a comic book, or a work of prose? Many factors go into this determination. For example, is there a lot of internal monologue or narration? Then it will probably work best as a novel. Does this story contain lots of action and explosions that happen in space? Then it should likely be a movie. Is there enough money available to make said movie? If not, then you might want to look at making a comic book. The third consideration is one I'd like the prospective creator to think upon at my request, and it is, will my work add anything to the genre or medium? It doesn't need to be a lot, it doesn't need to revolutionize the art world, but if you've read Watchmen, and then were inspired to make a comic almost exactly like Watchmen, then you are not actually inspired to do anything but plagiarize. On the other hand, the series before Watchmen, which I think was, by and large, a dud, was a worthwhile endeavor because at least it attempted to add something to the mythos. I suppose that the most important consideration is when to stop considering and start creating. If you've got a comic book story bubbling within yourself, bursting to get out into the world, then you should definitely go for it. There's nev never been a better time to do so, never been an audience so receptive to independent and oddball work, and I do believe that there is a rabid audience for every comic available today and for comics yet to be available in the future. I may deride your comic book if I happen not to like it, but ultimately, the opinions of a middle-aged cynic who has never created anything of substance are precisely as ubiquitous and odiferous as buttholes. For Weird Science DC Comics blog.blogspot.com podcast, I'm Reggie Grant, and this has been Reggie's Recklessness. You can contact me on Twitter at Reggie Reggie, or in care of this podcast. Good night. And have a pleasant tomorrow. I'm not waiting and seeing anything. I'm not busting in any place tickling buttholes. No, no, no. I'm going to tickle your butthole. You're going to tickle my butthole. Yeah. And we're back, Eric. Oh, God. I got you again. Got That's... you again. You're telling me a story about some guy in Texas who broke into people's houses and tickled buttholes. Tickling buttholes. I don't understand how you tickle a butthole. Like, I understand. I was going to say, what are you talking about? I'll show you. To me, it would not tickle. So it's, is it tickling if it doesn't tickle? I'm, I'm sure it would tickle. You just haven't had it done right. Is, if, a, if a fat girl falls in the forest, is it still funny? Of course it is. Because <laughs> you know somebody's filming that. That's not appropriate, Eric. Speaking of not appropriate, I was on the Eternal King, the Seraphic Destroyers page again, and I found what I had told you about where he quit this community. He quit the Shadowfall Academy. Not the Shadowfall Academy. Uh, and you know when you're doing this sort of thing, you got to take it seriously, Eric. And the Shadowfall community or the, the Shadowfall Academy is a DC and Marvel Universe role-playing. And uh, they have some rules that don't steal other people's profiles, be descriptive, Please have a picture of how your character looks. No spams will be tolerated. So nothing crazy. You know what I mean? You just start going, putting our reviews in there. That, that, yes, I'm going to start spamming them. The, the thing about these 
role-playing things is what I see. And of course, I'm only looking at them through the eyes of the eternal <laughs> king himself. But it doesn't seem like a lot of fun to me. No, like, I would especially this, you, you put something out there, say like, I walked out of the out of the house. I closed the door behind me. I stared upon the forest, and I knew there was danger. Now I got to wait four hours for someone to respond. It's like uh, back in the day, I I used to see this is way back. Uh, I used to see where they would have these uh, sports games through the right. mail. You could play baseball and football through the mail, and what you would do, or even war games. War games, I think, were very popular this right. way. Basically, you'd send a fucking guy a letter. Yeah, I'll move this guy here. And I'm sure people through the ages had played uh, oh, okay, chess, chess that way. Yeah, chess yeah, yeah. this way. And you're like, I move this. And God damn it, that game's going to take a long time. But like you said, what I think that's a, that's a shame is the Eternal King here just does not seem to be having fun, Eric. And I would think that I, – I guess that what he is He's not doing, getting his butthole tickled. What he's doing is – I, do you think he wants people to enjoy his writing and that's why he's doing it? Or does he actually care about this character and likes to get in character? Because I think you could still have fun and not be. Well, this Shadowfall Academy, uh, they, they seem to ignite the, uh, the fury in the Eternal King, also Jesus known as the Seraphic Christ. Destroyer. Of course. He, he gave them this note. Now, this was recent. This was uh, Christmas Eve. All right. So, you know, you, Merry again, Christmas, everyone. A lot of people feel happy on Christmas, but again, it, that is a holiday that has most suicides because people yeah. are upset. Actually, I heard that was an uh, urban legend recently. Was it? I don't uh, know. I, I think was, it was on Grey's Anatomy, actually. I would, like, <laughs> I would think, on in my mind, it would be like Boxing Day would be the problem because then you realize that you have nobody. Like the, the holiday's already come and gone and nobody calls. Now you're worrying about New Year's spending with no one? Yeah. Well, no, no. Actually, what I'm saying is I, I didn't talk to my mom on Christmas. I'm hoping that, that came true. Oh, my God. God damn it. Then I could sell her house and not give the money to my brother. No, that's Billy's. That's on the tradition. Yeah, it probably is. But he uh, he told the Shadowfall Academy. I don't know if he's still in there, but what he said, it seems to me like he's done because he wrote Eric. I <laughs> quote, I think I might leave this community. I think it's ridiculous to having to limit yourself to make others happy. I mean, seriously? Take, for example, an character that in their comics never miss has to limit their accuracy to please little boys and girls that want to bitch and complain about auto-heading. Now, I want to mention, on our site, he did mention that little boys and girls yeah. complain about Superman. That seems to be his go-to. He gets angry and thinks of little boys and girls, Eric. I or don't like children either. A character like mine, for example, that is overwhelmingly powerful in the <laughs> comics, has to place limits on abilities because, God forbid, I unleash an attack that levels a city. God forbid. I'm, I'm accused, right there with you, Dark Lord. I'm accused of God modding. I'll probably be banned after saying this, but I've been observing the bullshit that's happening, and at this point, I don't care. I'll leave with my pride intact, and Mary, fuck you. Thank you. I, I imagine he walks into this game, and people are getting pissed off because he's so powerful. He walks in and kills everybody. Yeah, it's I almost did. like you're playing cops. I shot you. No, you didn't. Well, remind me. I did play D&D as a kid. I, actually, I played less D&D, read a lot of D&D. I played Star Wars role-playing games. Jerked off a lot to the uh, Fiend Folio. <laughs> I even saw, sent Reggie a picture of the succubus that was Jesus my go-to. Yeah, I was desperate and horny as hell. I was a habitual masturbator. Um, where was I? <laughs> 
Come over and tickle my butthole. No, what All I'm right. saying is I can see, and this would happen a lot. You'd spend, in D&D, you'd spend fucking three hours making a goddamn character. Oh, yeah. And then you'd start the game and die in ten minutes, and you'd get so angry. Well, so I it imagine, happened to me when I first started playing Star Wars. these guys in the Shadowfall Academy. They've been working on these characters, and they've been role-playing for a week. And in comes the Eternal King, dead. They're, no. And then I could see him just arguing. They're like, you can't do that. You're not. Oh, no. I can do it. My character is all powerful. Well, it was and, like uh, when I used to hang out with Bruno and Felman. We used to play the DC and Marvel versus card game, right? Yeah. And Felman would always play the Green Lantern deck after that came out. Because once you got a certain like uh, amount of cards out, if you pull the Spectre card or the Parallax card, you automatically win. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so overpowered, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so that's, and I'm looking. And I stopped playing with it because this, of it. This guy is an he's too, every he's too much like there's boys and girls, Jim. Oh, here, here's a good one, too. I'm looking. I'm just going through here. He was he was in the demons and uh, angels role-playing. Of course. And he put his thing was the, the ultimate demon has arrived. They, they kicked him out. I see that. <laughs> they, they knocked him out of there. That's pretty good. He, this guy is, oh, God. Oh, here, uh, earlier in the Shadowfall Academy, which must have led to his problems, he had a post that he's, I'm here contemplating if there are any more strong warriors left worth my time. Oh, Jesus Christ. Aye, aye, aye. I don't want to waste the whole podcast on this guy, but boy, he is something special. I like this guy. But Eric, <laughs> it's time for the meat and cheese of the podcast. All right. Let's get delicious. Here's the books. Malicious and delicious. Boosh. And if you want to see the full-out reviews of these books, you can go to our site, which, again, I will say is weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com. Or just type in Weird Science DC Comics. You'll find us. You can look at our reviews, all those pretty pictures. That's what I tell everybody because I don't want them to know we're a blog. Yeah, I know. I got we're blog shame. We're, we're, yes, we do. We have blog shame. Uh, but also I want to mention, we mentioned at the beginning, but there will be spoilers ahead. So unless, Many a spoiler. Unless you're cheap and are just listening because you don't want to buy the books, you might want to go and read them before you listen here. But we're going to start with what we always start with uh, since it's been going, and that's Batman and Robin Eternal. And this one is issue number 14. Written by James Tyne and art by Fernando Blanco, Roger Robinson, John Rauch, Rausch, and Marilyn sure. Patrizio. Patrizio. James Tyne. Ah, Patrizio. Patrizio. Hey, did you see my brother? He went over to see a Bruno Mannheim and hasn't come back. They said he might go swimming. He's a classy swimmer, so he wore a suit. <laughs> he went there. Though I said, why are you going to swim at Bruno Mannheim's house? He, you, you're wearing a suit. He said, hey, I'm a classy man. I said, oh, don't don't let your friend with the cast go into the pool. You're not supposed to get those wet. He said, hey, don't mind me and don't run my life, you stupid bastard. Didn't I tell you? This is my swimsuit. <laughs> hey, I got a three-piece of swimsuit. I'm Make a me a pizza man. pie. Hey, I'll make you some rigatoni. <laughs> James Tynan continues his little eternal arc, and shockingly, nobody gets blown up. We do get the beginnings of the Batman Scarecrow team-up, though it is more of a working relationship. You get Dick Grayson finally making it seem like he actually likes Batman, and some good interaction between Harper and Cassandra that makes me really want these two to be in a book together when all this is over. We also get the explosion promised in last week's cliffhanger, but everyone's okay and heading off to England to, sp- to pay Spiral a little visit. 
And I am going to break this down into two sections. I don't want to go jump back and forth like fucking He's do Superman. Flashback and... Superman with his fucking jumping around. Yeah, yeah, there's two stories. It's basically Batman and Scarecrow. And then Dick Harper, Cassandra, and Orphan in the nursery. Uh, we'll just start with Batman and Scarecrow, which I really enjoyed. I don't know about you. I really liked it as well because we finally get to see Batman acting like Batman. Yeah, he acts like Batman. And I'm um, saying so another another thing I really liked though. I I paged through this right before we got started again, just because I love this Robin suit. I know we've talked about it before, the Dick Grayson Robin suit, but yeah. it, it is pretty much the Tim Drake suit from the '90s, and that was my favorite Robin yeah. suit. I thought that's why I thought Robin was so goddamn that's cool not because of that suit. No, no, it's not. It's a new reality, so it doesn't matter. Uh, the one thing, though, the weird thing, I love the art and the flashbacks, mm-hmm. except that beginning. I There's the part where you see uh, Dick when he's little and he's getting a gun pointed at him. Yeah, yeah, I don't care comes, for that either. It looks really odd. Everything that, else it, looks great. I even like the way it's like old print style. And, but it, exact, it looks exactly like Tim Drake in the 90s. It, it's weird, though, when it first starts, when he, they get there and he says, here, maybe I can help you look. When he says it, yeah. it looks like Nightwing. He actually, if you look at that, it looks like Nightwing, even yeah. with because of how the the, uh, mask the is. cape and the mask and everything, it looks just like Nightwing. But I uh, that that art threw me off. But uh, basically, in this, I'm finding my notes. Um, it's all based that Scarecrow wants to talk to Batman. He wants to get a hold of Batman. I like it because we haven't seen much of Scarecrow, and it still annoys me that we haven't right. like searched him out. I in thought the that the entire time I was reading this, yeah. I was like, why aren't they just going to Scarecrow over in Arkham now? Yeah, why don't they go get him? But get the lowdown. They don't seem to do it. But yeah, he wants Batman's help. Uh, and he sets up a diversion so that they can talk without Dick, without Robin. And it's funny because when they do that, Dick immediately knows something's up. Like Dick, <laughs> this whole time, Dick's pretty good with figuring things out, but yet he still just doesn't do anything about it, really. Well, he's still the sidekick, though. I know. It's That's still, what he's though, told. But he keeps saying the same things like, I don't think you're telling me everything to the Batman. <laughs> so that was talks, sad. Hey, listen to Batman. I know you're talking something crazy. So I don't I like Dick Grayson that's, anymore. That's Dick Grayson. That's just when he was younger. He was retarded. Hey, the Batman, what are you doing? I don't understand. Oh, that hurt my throat. But yeah, I like that Scarecrow <laughs> set up the, the diversion. He set up a bomb. Uh, that, what's also weird, though, is that it's almost like, um, I don't know, I guess it makes sense. If, if Batman doesn't go along, then this bomb is going to blow up. But it seems like he's going a little over the top just to cause a diversion. Well, we talked about this earlier in the week, um, how it's also weird how Scarecrow has the ability to hack into his comm link, into his cow. Yeah, because he's a, he's a biochemist. He's yes. not a fucking you know, a hacker not like only, that. Not only just to that, but also to make it so it doesn't go to Robbins. Exactly. He's isolating the shit somehow. Yeah. So like, he's pointing like a microphone right at him type of shit. And again, we nitpick. I know that this is just how this yeah, yeah. It goes, a, but it, it, it was odd. And I said to you right away when I read it, I'm like, I don't know. That seems a crazy egg. <laughs> Dick Grayson? Yeah, there, there's, a, uh, there's a bomb on the roof. And like I said... Does he really need a bomb? He could say, hey, listen, we need a diversion. Batman could have just said, hey, Robin, I thought I saw something out there. You know, He actually sends, he, <laughs> he trusts him, but he really puts him in harm's way. Honestly, this is way better because honest, the way you're just talking there, it goes back to that one um, action comics, kind of like Clark going to freaking Lee. Like, hey, look over there. He's like, hey, Robin. Your, your shoes are untied. Woo, 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 he runs up. But it, <laughs> See, I like this a bit better than that, though. Well, he ends up, it, they, it works. Robin goes yeah. to do this bomb. And again, it's funny because Scarecrow is also, 
if you want to say that he's using a psychological background type thing, this it really does set up Robin. To, he knows Robin's going to want to do this because he wants to show Batman he's worthy. Yeah. So they set it up easy. It's easy peasy. It's something that Robin has done. Batman gives him like, I trust you. I know you've went over it a hundred times. I know you can do it. Go get it. Robin, hey, I, I don't know. I think a Batman, you're up to something, but I'll go anyway. And he goes up to the top, and then he, and Batman goes <laughs> off. Batman goes off to uh, to talk to Scarecrow. And I, I, really, his ass. I really I, liked it. I'm done. I love the fact that this entire time Scarecrow thinks he's like the one in charge. He oh, set yeah. this whole thing and up. It, it, yeah, it's all. And the and payoff. Yeah, like he can he can tell Batman whatever. Yeah. Because Batman has to listen to him and go on. I, I got all the cards, Batman. Yeah. What you gonna do? You know what? I took care of everything already. I'm the bad. That's the best part about this is that he is the Batman so much. Yeah. There, there's no bomb. He already disarmed the shit that morning. And it's so funny because he doesn't even just say like, "You're my bitch. You're gonna hold like, my yeah. pocket." He's like Scarecrow. Scarecrow, uh, Scarecrow's like, "Oh, you know, we have this. If, if, oh, you're not gonna play play by my rules, you know, I'm gonna blow up the boy Wonder up there, the boy Blunder." And uh, and Batman's like, "Listen, I've been following you for weeks. It's <laughs> not even like I he figured something out. He's no. been on his tail all this time." And uh, he goes. And it, it is. It's it's Batman. It's so good. And it's almost... I don't, I and in love a time it. where we don't have any Batman, this is the Batman I love seeing. Yeah. And in the meantime, I actually also like that you finally get a peek at Mother's full plan. And what it seems that, uh, as Scarecrow's bragging about, he's going to end up being famous in 50 years. And, oh, they're doing this. But basically... He's the research he started yeah, is going to make him famous. He's developed this trauma toxin for Mother. And what that does is give you, like, the worst thing that could ever happen. You say your parents dying in an alley. Yeah. Or in freaking by Batman shooting them. Or, you know, uh, falling off a trapeze act. Yeah, yeah. This could end up being the... Uh, it, it messes with your brain the same way that would. Uh, but what he tells Batman is that what Mother wants to do is unleash this toxin on every city around the world. And whoever survives are going to be her children. And what I really liked about it is like – and, and uh, Scarecrow says to Batman, hey, it really puts a bad taste in my mouth. I don't like this. And Batman's like, oh, my God, I didn't know you had a soft side. Scarecrow, soft side, No. What happens is the people who are affected have no emotions, which no joy, no fear. fear, and without fear, there's no reason to live. And I thought that was awesome. I thought it that was, was a really I, good tie-in. I really like the way this scarecrow looks here too. Yeah. It seems like very early on, like his first costume. Yeah. I like it. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. The only problem I have is like, where is he projecting these holograms? Yeah, showing I know. Him exactly again, what's though, going this on. This is this tech stuff again. He yeah. seems to be like this tech guy all of a sudden. It did seem again. It pushes the story. But yeah, he has a. Uh, a holograph of a brain. He's kind of pointing the things. He's teaching a lesson. Now, uh, a stab in the dark here. Just talking about this whole situation, the mother's plan. Do you think there's any possibility that this will lead back to Bruce Wayne and the regular Batman book? Like he, he kind of he knows he's Batman, but he doesn't have the drive anymore because his brain's been rewired. You think he'll take this trauma stuff that he might have left over in the Batcave you know to what? give that him that? Be, that would be cool. I wonder if they would do that to cross over. I'm saying it's a uh, Scott Snyder joint, but even though he's not a part yeah, of the no, it's got, yeah, maybe they will. Maybe that's what'll happen. He'll end up like deciding to take it. That would he be needs crazy. that trauma to fucking get back um, to business. But then I would hope then that he would also somehow tie in with Sculptor so that she can sculpt that uh, into being. I think they need that as well. Then again, they're just going to drop it on City, so the Sculptor isn't going to do that. But yeah. you know, that would be the way that she would be able to make it. Like right now, Sculptor's. Us. A sculptor, a sculptor's creating the trauma in their minds. Yeah, well, 
And when oh, they, actually, Orphan is yeah, too. Huh? Yeah, I, yeah, you're right. Actually, I think what happens then is, yeah, they give them this, and she's able to go in their minds with her thing and shape what this trauma is about. Right. So they, if Batman had her, yes, he could say, like, listen, I want you to – I want to remember what it was for that my parents die. Or he could pick something I need that else. edge. Yeah, needs something. But, yeah, this trauma thing, you, you get the idea that this is going to come about where somebody's going to get this. And he, it's going to be like a Clayface thing where you're right. going to think that everybody died. And it's going to be that you didn't know that they got this child. It has to happen. It seems like it's set up for that. Uh, but in the other – part of this is that mother also in a weird deal wants a psychological profile on batman and i don't know this part seemed odd to me and, <laughs> and he's like batman changes the rules basically scarecrow says i'll help you but when you know i'm gonna tell you everything which he almost tells him everything now oh yeah but uh Building said, monologue i want like you to t- i want you to, to put me in arkham because they're gonna kill me she's gonna send orphan to kill me the minute i'm done and i'm almost done and Bat- that's when Batman, like you said, becomes Batman again. And yeah. he says, like, no, that's not what's going to happen. You're my bitch. You're going to do what I say. You hold and my then pocket. maybe I will fucking do it. You fucking wind my watch for me, bitch. And uh, he's You gonna, work for me now. He's going to send Scarecrow back to Mother with a psych report that he's going to give him. And again, I, I does this seem like anything that is this psych report something that they want him to because they want to use this this trauma toxin on him and they need that it, it just why would she i think she's a, just a curious sort it's really just weird though <laughs> well but, honestly so, you know what weird you have to this... the point where batman's like you're gonna give her this report like what what is this report gonna say that he's obsessive compulsive and he likes to fucking count the fucking turning the clock what well, i'm it? saying we, i'm saying that we have batman here he is this over-the-top figure who is like you know he the trauma that was created in him has dri- driven him to become the Batman. This awesome. So that's like, why you know, she wants to report to so she, that she can kind of mold that into these. Exactly. Things. She wants to be able to take these kids and make them yeah. into Batman What's as weird, well. weird though is like I said, she's, he said that they're going to drop bombs, these trauma toxin bombs in all the Strapping cities bombs. in the world where that seems to me like that's not part of the, it should be part of the plan because this isn't going to be children that are made in anything. They're going to end up, fucking comatose like you said pretty much they they don't have any feelings then maybe that's just like a uh army like not slate. comatose but a, but or it's just they're gonna be like kill that person they'll just go do it i don't know it just seemed weird it seems a little too uh, i'm saying there's so much. much going on because we have the we have mother with her original plan which somehow still involves fear toxin with orphan then we have orphan going off and doing his plan with cassandra how he's going to shape these children yeah, and, he's and then we have do sco- it the old school yeah and we have, but we have sculptor there sculpting these children as well. Now we have this freaking trauma thing to, for this whole new kind of way. I'm like, we have a lot of shit going on here, and I don't know exactly where it's going or yeah. what where it came from even. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm a bit confused about it, but I liked it. I like seeing that there is a plan, whether I think it's oh, yeah. or not. And I love seeing Scarecrow, and I thought this was great, and it did give Batman a chance in these last two issues. Really yeah. underused villain in the New 52 DCU yeah, type yeah. stuff. Yeah, really. But you had uh, the gentle Batman last issue with Cassandra, and now you get the you know the hard ass Batman who's gonna. I didn't know where you go though. Yeah, the gentle Batman. Gentle Batman. Yeah, oh, okay. Was I got you. Giving out hugs and stuff. Like that. <laughs> The other uh, part is the part with Harper, uh, David Kane, Cassandra, and Dick. And they are in the nursery. And if you remember last issue. Shit is about uh, to go down. Yeah, Mother has a nuclear bomb underneath where they are, underneath the nuclear. nursery. And she's going to blow it up just because she wants to 
kill them all. And yeah, she, she wants the to only take, thing eliminate she, the other game. You no, know, she's only upset that they didn't have uh, that Jason Tim and Tim. Jason weren't there. So she's going to do that. So you think going in, they're like, I thought that David Kane, Orphan, would be like, holy shit, you know, the jig is up and gone. And gone. And gone. And, uh, yeah, I'll help you, but no. He doesn't want to. He no. thinks it's a test. It's a test. Mother loves me. This I know. And it's not a test. Even Harper like asks him if he's crazy. But in the meantime, they're they're yelling at each other, and then David King just says, "Okay, uh, killer robots, uh, get everybody else." Kill. <laughs> and yeah, they attack, and they split up. Harper and Cassandra go off to disarm the bomb. Yeah, Harper's while, the tech girl. She's got to get into the system. While uh, Dick and Orphan are gonna fight. They're going to take while killer robots are around. Well, in the meantime, then he sends the robots to get Harper and Cassandra and Cassandra just spends the rest of the issue pretty much ripping robots apart. And while Harper tries to uh, hack in, she can't. She fails. And that's the worst part. I've thought the worst part of this book for me. We talked about this a bit, too, where she fails and immediately just starts crying and thinking, oh, my God, Colin's going to be left with Stephanie. He's going to have terrible taste in music. Yeah. I'm like, you're giving up, and this is what you're thinking of yep. in your last moments. I said in my review even, uh, I like that she finally remembers Colin. She seemed to have <laughs> forgotten about that guy. And, and Stephanie. And Stephanie hasn't been there, so they tie that in. Like, yeah. We still think that they're just sitting around playing video games. It seems like that might be the case. But, yeah, she, she fails. She's like, well, I can't get out of there. We can't get the plane. We're going to die. Oh, Cullen, you're going to have an awful taste in music. Really? Really? That's, that's what you're talking. It's just, it's such an odd line that came off really bad to and me. And even so, too, is that, like, she even talks about how she's lost, like, Cullen lost his mother. Now she's gonna, he's going to lose yeah. her. But it seems like such a weird place because we have this idea to ourselves that Cassandra's the one that killed her mother. Yeah. And it's weird to have that brought up here and have no payoff to it. Yeah. yeah it's just weird. Uh, that whole thing where she's kind of joking, but then it gets better. Cassandra comes over and he's like, oh, Cass. And then she says, we'll live. And again, what's great about this, this whole uh, series is that Cassandra doesn't say much. Obviously, when she does, when she does, it really kicks ass. Now, I want to also mention at the end of the issue last week, she didn't have that bad symbol on her face. She I know has, she has it back again, which I like. Uh, but I do have a problem where she actually looks a lot older all of a sudden. Oh, we then, talk about this every week. Every time the issue yeah, comes out, we got to wonder how old is she forth. supposed to be here? Yeah, this she looks like 20, 21, 22, I'm maybe. I'm going with 12. Um, yeah. This, Whether she looks like it or not, yeah. I want to say 12 is what Cassandra's age is because yeah. I want her to be paired up with Damien if it makes yeah. sense. And, but she looks a lot older here. They, she tries to comfort her. And then that's when, again, Harper has to tell her, listen, I know what happened to you. It wasn't your fault. I'm really glad I met you. And again, it's like, yeah, it's really good. And then Harper hugs her. And you know that means that Cassandra now will do whatever it takes. They, all she wants is hugs. She gets paid in hugs. You did you hug. think that uh, Cassandra was going to kiss Harper here? Yes, I did. Yes, I did as <laughs> yes, well. I did. Is that yeah. weird? Yeah, no. I, I think they're setting that up. That's the thing, that too. Be, I'm saying, though, because it's weird in the idea where I think she's 12, but the way she's drawn here, this could be somebody who's Harper's girlfriend. Yeah. They look yeah. like they're the same age almost. Yeah. And uh, I forget. I wish I remembered if it was uh, – Brandon or Manship or Pizza. Somebody on the site mentioned that they really like the way Harper's drawn here, and I agree. Oh, so I really I. like Harper's look here. This is the look that I would think, yes, this is what I, I want Harper to look you like. You take this and you give it to every other artist yeah. who's going to work. Make sure yeah. you draw it like it's this. It's really good. I like the hair, how it is. It just looks great. The costume looks great. But, yeah, the, they're now – it's their freaking uh, 300 
or yeah. like uh, it's Black Hawk Down. Let's not I do 300 because they lost. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Uh, so did Black Hawk Down. <laughs> it looks like so did Tony to... for buying that 300 shirt at the comic book yes, shop. Had it for loses. six years. Everybody lost with 300. <laughs> they, uh, so these robots are all attacking out of nowhere. They just they they stop. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Dick shows up and just throws Orphan on the ground. And I liked it. I would have liked to have seen what he did because Orphan's pretty badass. I know Dick's pretty badass too. Uh, but yeah, and he, I like even that they mention because this is something so generic where all of a sudden they all stop. But uh, Dick says, hey, he had the controls. I'm like, okay, I'll go with it. Yeah. And, and then I, my, one of my favorite parts of the issue, Dick threw this whole thing, in a, even before when they, they started fighting, when Harper and Cassandra went off, um, Anybody who's fought Dick in this this book, anybody who's had a problem with Dick, they keep yelling at him like, Batman didn't like you. Batman didn't trust you. Batman, went, what he did, he did because you were a failure. All this stuff, and it has affected him. It even looked like it was affecting him again. Finally, Dick has stood up and said, you know what? Fuck you. You don't know shit. And he says, this is the exact thing. Uh, they think that they understand why we fight. They think it's some kind of blind devotion to Batman, that they can shatter what he meant to us by showing us that he wasn't perfect, but he wasn't. He was human, same as the rest of us. That was his strength and his weakness. And I love it. And then he I said, loved it as well. I just bottled up frustration with bats. It was just what the doctor ordered. Got him down and used a neuro, a neuro trank dart. He <laughs> should be out for it. But I like that, that he, he got mad. He thought about all the things he was mad about Batman. But deep down, all this stuff that they're saying is yes, it might be upsetting him slightly, but it's not affect. He doesn't believe this. He no, he's grown up think, now. Yeah, and and it makes sense, and I like it. All he's this other time, he's been so upset about it, and so like, and I told you, even with when he was a kid, and they had all the fear talks, and it was like every issue in the oh, beginning yeah. was. I'm not good enough. Yes, you are. You you still have the fear toxin in you. I, that's just what I think. It just they kept they went over the top. They pushed it every time. What are you and finally? We see that no, he has learned, and whatever had happened, and, and now it's set up to me. He truly he, is the son of Bruce Wayne. And yeah, and even if he finds out that there was an heir, he no, he knows that since then, he him and Batman, he do yeah, does what he they does. have an entire history. Yeah, yeah, it's not just this little thing when he was a kid. He obviously more has happened. Like if sense. this book was taking place just in the flashback timeline, I could see that then because yeah. he doesn't he doesn't have any experience since then. But no, he's a grown man. He's moved on and helped Batman yeah. throughout the years. Yeah, he's helped, and Batman has helped him. Yeah, it's you know what I mean. It's like and Batman, he thinks of him as a son. Yeah, he might have lied that about painting. things. He might have lied, but again, you you've already set it up where even Fucking Dick starts. Yeah, I know that painting. <laughs> Dick is, uh, you know, he's learning what it's like to lead other people and not being, a, you know, he hasn't been yeah, able to. He's tell been the Batman. Truth he knows what it's like. Yeah, yeah, I really like it. This was like a huge progression for Dick Grayson in the series, and I loved it. And then they use. They use. Uh, they needed Orphan because the way they can get his eye fucking scan or some shit. Yeah, it was scan. Before we get to the end, though, I just want to say we have Orphan with this new robotic hand, which we saw first last issue. Yeah. But during the fight, if you look, he keeps dropping his sword because everybody keeps hitting that hand. That yeah. hand is fucking useless. Yeah. Well, it, it unfortunately it looks like it's made of pure metal. <laughs> it doesn't work well. It's like an action it's figure. Just it just a, has the fucking yeah, mold to it. It's the fucking grip. It's the kung fu grip <laughs> that never works. It yes. doesn't work. He, I, I'm surprised he doesn't have that G.I. Joe like fucking uh, tight fro. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see. He's trying to pick it up with that goddamn metal hand. He's like, this isn't working. Oh, God, he keeps hitting well, I was looking at this when I was reading the issue. Like, they just kept hitting that hand. He kept dropping that goddamn sword. I'm like, you are fucking useless now, aren't you? I know. I, it, nobody said that he was great at making hands. I don't no. know what he did. He went and found a, a fucking statue. You know, that's probably another one of those powers that Dark Lord has over in those fucking role-playing he, games. I making hands. He, he actually walks into the room. I walked into the room and saw a hand that I had made, and now I know it's being put to use. That's, <laughs> that's what I got. I'm not very, I wish he did do some dark poetry. I want to know how old that guy is. What, what's your guess? My guess... I have, I, I'm in my mind. I have, a, I have an idea. The thing um, is, I would say he's probably a young kid, too. Okay, what, what do you say? I I'm saying 17. Ooh, I thought 14. Shoo, he probably like lives down the street. He is us. probably 57 years old. He works with us. He's 57. Yeah, he's fucking Royer. Yeah, the best is he's making more money than us. That's, that's the, the sad truth. Ah, uh, yes. But I like this issue. On unemployment. Yes. I, yeah, really. I like both of these issues by uh, Tynan. Now, the the big issue, though, is that it's now going to go back to a... I wish I could remember his other lane, Blanzing and uh, whatever. But it, like you said, it's the guy who was... Uh, Big on the Bane stuff, the shark repellent. The stuff that didn't fit continuity from issue to issue. For all you fans out there of one fella, after their issues, you get some Steve Orlando. So it it might be trouble. Uh, Good times. As a thing, though, too, I really thought that this was, like I said before, with uh, how I, since Tyne was doing a two parter. I thought this was going to be that big action oriented one, but it wasn't that much action. Like it was like kind of. The Dick Orphan stuff was off panel for the most yeah, part. I said uh, in my review that when I I even said to you on the podcast last week, listen, he has two issues. He's not he can't blow his load in the first issue like exactly. you would. He yeah. uh, he's gonna wait immediately you know, for the second one. And no, there's really no big payoff. But, but it's been it great. Was nice. It's actually because this is the midpoint. Yeah. Right in the, these two, and it really set up the characters for me to care more about them. And to set them up going forward in a little different way. You have Cassandra now fully feels like she's accepted by everyone. Yeah. It seems. And even Harper you, remembered and her you, brother. Yep, <laughs> and yeah, Harper remembered her brother. So he's still out there. You have Dick Grayson who now like this is one. I'm telling you, the, these issues are like the halftime of a football game for you Americans out there. Where James Tynan said, okay, this nonsense of the first two fucking quarters is ending. Listen, he, he's on the blackboard. We're freaking, we're drawing up plays and screaming at these other writers. Like, listen, this is not working. We're not doing the Wildcat anymore. That's fucking nonsense. That's fucking, we're not doing that. We're going to go under center. We're going to fucking pound the ball down the middle, and we're going to play some good defense. Um, he, he set them up for the rest of the for the uh, rest of the series. Um, um, Mr. Tynan, sir, am I the X or am I the O? You shut your mouth. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> the way you're talking. And you're the water boy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I think that this sets up. I think this is one of those where he's getting things kind of. Uh, let's tighten up. The, he's putting the, his uh, house back in order. Sloppy Joe right now. Let's tighten this shit up. Let's tighten up the screws and let's go. And hopefully they will take that and go with it because I really am enjoying it all of a sudden out of these two issues. And I'm looking forward and I hope, pray that they continue because I want this series to be good. Uh, it's going to be tough to make yeah. it at the end for me to say, yeah, it was Yeah, good. pull it all together like Here's that the to make it you really pull, great. You pull it all together, and I'll still complain that the first half was nonsense. <laughs> but at least it'll end strong. But I, I hope it does. And uh, we said already, I like the art. Um, the flashback art was done by Fernando Blanco. 
and I besides that little bit with Robin, I really liked it. I, I love like Fernando the, Blanco. I like the old school look of the the uh, the font. Uh, Hell, I, I dug it even when the, like the first page when they're in the Batmobile and the coloring's different. Yeah, that was that was okay. I, I dug that. Like, are right, you gonna slow down? No. <laughs> Roger Robinson did the other art, the present art. I really liked that too, except said, for best Cassandra. Harper. Kind of changing age, but it was the best Harper I think we've gotten the whole series. So I really like. Well, I'm saying Cassandra could be anything. We have no idea. That's the problem. I know it's weird. It's so odd that she's changed that much, that much. Well, I'm we complain every other like time. She was about three foot tall and and eight, and then then she's twelve. Then she looks twenty. Hey, she's got the reverse Benjamin Button disease yeah, going on does. in acceleration. I don't know what's going on? But it jumps back and <laughs> forth. <laughs> You know, she got the reverse bed. She's aging normally, just fast. <laughs> reverse Benjamin Button. <laughs> Fucking Benjamin nonsense. Button. Uh, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. I think I'd give it a 8 to 8.5 as well. I really liked it. All right. We're going to move on to the next uh, issue. It's another Batman. We have a bit Batman section. Of this All right. Go Let's, with it. Batman Beyond Number 8, written by Dan Jurgens, starred by Bernard Chang, Marcel Mialo, and Dave Sharp. Dave Sharp. Dave Sharp, as I try to scroll. Neo-Gotham is trying to pull itself back together after Brother Eyes' assault, while the rest of the world flocks to the only city left standing before they get turned away from being filthy hobos. It's all about survival in Gotham, while Matt McGinnis goes on a nature hike to Metropolis in search of what I can only imagine is Jon Stewart's power battery, but it looks like he might not make it because as this issue ends, we see that the animal men from Commandy are somehow in this world. And that's what I got for you. Yeah, uh, what'd you think? I'm telling you, I enjoyed this issue enough. It's just because we're changing up the. It seems like the book's changing its whole style right now. Like we had the whole big brother eye. Like Tim's thrown in this world. He has to try to adapt and take off. That's just the thing. Batman by himself had to take on this thing that took over the entire world in like a day and a half. It seems like. Yeah. But now we have to switch gears a bit. And honestly, it feels more like less of a superhero story and more of an apocalyptic story, like The Walking Dead, because now it's all about. The survival of the human race and what they're gonna have to do to survive they're gonna be fucking awful people to each other just trying to get to this gotham like yeah. you're saying fucking guys on the street picking up little boys to fuck yeah that seems that way and and for water <laughs> they're trading boys for water but yeah I, trading boys for water the, the one thing that i will tell you is that i thought that it was a little too much future's end and not enough I, Batman. I want to. I want to get past this. Like you're saying, like the post the I want. I want to get done that too. I would have actually, if we would have opened this issue a year later. Said, yeah, if they said a year and a half later, and you just had freaking Tim and Barbara there. Boy, that was a lot of work. They're freaking. <laughs> just, they're doing that. They're wiping dirt off. That's their the hands. end of that like, chapter. Whew, boy. But there's a lot of stories to be told about that year. And honestly, that probably would have been the best thing. But I think they're just trying to do this whole world building thing again because now this is a different timeline than we're used to for a Batman Beyond. Yeah. I think it's like the, the possibilities are endless and they want to try to play with something. But right now with this, like, only the only city left in the world is too much like Earth 2 Society. Yeah, they, well, I was going to say we already have Earth 2 Society. Exactly. Exactly this. And that is not working. And why – I, it's not fun. You're saying they're going to play around. When I think of play, I think of fun. Me as well. This I want Batman punching the, fools in the mouth. The fun of this book would be fine seeing the crazy characters that show up, like a Luke Fox. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. It's weird that he's been there the whole time. And we I haven't, haven't seen him, him yet. He's, he's been again, hiding. Again, though, if you jumped ahead... And they had the things like, yeah, he might have been, oh, it's Luke. Luke's, Luke Fox survived. Now he's mayor because of all his technological know-how and put the city back together again almost single-handedly. Okay, I'm all for Luke Fox. Yeah, I, I really wish that they would have done that. I don't need – it's it's like 
I'm trying to explain. Like, so I how long has he been the mayor now? Do you think they had like an election process for some saying. other I, invasion? I don't know. It, it, he doesn't like foreigners, though. He's he's closing the border. Filthy hobos. He doesn't like. He's like the guy from Texas or the lady no. from Texas and Arizona he, and all those. He's like people. he's like the sheriff from Rambo. Yeah, he is. You don't want them people, those crazy people walking in. But yeah, it, hey, what's the way to get a place to eat? Back the way you came. This reminds me of like um, you you pay somebody to build a house and. I, I really, I don't know. Maybe some people are different than me. I don't need to go see that people. fucking house being built every day. I want to know when it's done. Yeah, tell me I'll show up at the house. That's This book is the building of the house now. And now I'm actually depressed because that's one thing I wanted to do with my Powerball weddings is have a house where I had a fucking bookcase so where you pull I. a book and it opens up to yeah, a stairwell. So I. I actually told my kids that if we won, I... Uh, I would run away screaming and they'd never see me again. Now, I told them that we'd build a house. Pack and have, smokes. We would have a uh, AstroTurf football field in the back. And they'd be awesome. Excited. Yeah. Then I told them I'd wipe my ass with 20s. <laughs> and, they, and that's the one they just fucking gravitated towards? They, they laughed so hard at that. They ran in and told my wife. Again, I, I would and like to say that I didn't you. use that bad language. No, I didn't. I said I'd wipe my butt with 20s. <laughs> And I, I told him, everybody, the, it's always lighting cigars with book. hundreds. I don't smoke. So the next best thing is wiping your ass with 20s. You're not going to be like Jimmy at work to start smoking at 35. Yeah, start smoking. Fucking nonsense. Yeah, we, we've talked about this Jimmy guy from work. The other day he comes up to me and Eric. Oh, my he God. Goes, I almost forgot about that. Hey, uh, hey guys. Uh, what do you have to do to be a private investigator? And then Eric's <laughs> like, well, it, it costs a lot. Of, and plus, Jimmy, you have to see. Yeah. This guy cannot see. I make fun of Eric's vision. This guy, and, and also, he actually legitimately falls asleep while standing up. <laughs> and he claims he doesn't have narcolepsy. He claims it's a No, his a chromosomes mini, are breaking down because he has too mini, many. The doctor told him it's a mini seizure, but legitimately, his body gets in this rigid, contorted way, and he just stops and looks like he's in a coma for, like, say, a minute. And, then all, and everybody leaves him alone. Nobody gets near him. And no, he's he, going to fucking blow up if you And do. then he just kicks out of it and, and then claims he doesn't remember. The one Private guy I told you, he walked by and you didn't see him. Now, there's your blindness. You didn't have the glasses. He walked by looking like Igor times 10. He had a hunchback. <laughs> his one arm was like crooked under him. He had his other arm up almost on his head. And he was shuffling with one leg not moving. And that was him leaving work. I'm telling you, though, we're, we're we're, he's putting on this goddamn show. He's got to be pulling something. Yeah, I, I think. He needs people to see that he's all fucked up yeah, so he I can think, stop working. I think he's up to something. The worst, though, is it seems like a lot of times, like, the bosses want to check in and see what we're up to. Yeah. This Jimmy falls asleep at his desk, even, for 15 minutes. They walk by and laugh at him. It's like a big joke. Always checking in on it's me, like, though. Oh, there's Jimmy. I've fallen asleep, but let's go check Jim and Eric because I heard they might have been laughing. Yeah, they have a good time. God damn it. They're actually enjoying work. We Fuck those a, fools. We got to put an end to this. But no, uh, honestly, I'm not beyond. No, no, not even before we even get back to about after I finished building that house with the fucking book, the sliding bookcase. Yeah, yeah. I am taking the rest of my money and funding Jimmy Private Eye's TV show because I need to see this shit. I want Jimmy to be a private eye, and I want a podcast because he was the guy who said he wanted that Eagles football podcast. No, he wanted the TV show. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. How good would that be? He looks to me like a Neanderthal version of Adam Sandler. Doesn't he a little? (laughs) A little bit. Doesn't he look like like early Adam Sandler? fucked up version of Adam Sandler. And he, he just, oh my God, he, I, I wish I could 
get him on the podcast because he would be solid gold. He'd make no sense. Nobody would oh, know what he's God. talking about. He laughs like this. <laughs> he sounds like freaking, <laughs> freaking uh, what's his name from uh, the fucking monsters. Oh, fucking Herman. Yeah, he, he sounds like Herman. <laughs> oh, my God. He's so... Anyway. All right. You're right. Let's get back to Batman. Yeah, Batman Beyond. I, I'm, I'm telling Jimmy you, I have, more, I have more fun talking about Jimmy P.I. than this book because this <laughs> book is a lot of I'm uh, telling you, I enjoyed it enough. things to me. It's just a lot of setup to what Dan Jurgens is trying to do with this world building he's doing. But you're not that much interested. I'm telling you, the thing, Matt going to Metropolis is the high point of this book and nothing happens with yeah, it. Yeah, nothing happens. And, and the, the other – uh, Just quick. The thing that gets me with Tim – is that I'm just I'm really sick of him like uh, people saying he's not the real but you know what I mean I'm I'm sick yeah. we're done with this we're, let's move on let's let him he just saved the something. goddamn world yeah let's move on of I don't recognize you oh you don't recognize me oh you know even Rewire does it yeah when Rewire's there and he's like oh you who and you would know who I am if you were really Batman okay we're done with that please well that's a good segue there because I want to talk about Rewire for a minute because. Matt's been Matt gone is gone missing, and Batman's flying around trying to find where he could be. He's like linking up with security cameras that somehow still work. I guess he would because the city was actually safeguarded a bit. But yeah. he finds that he went to this tailor shop that was actually a fucking black market tech dealer, and he goes to check it out. As you know, he's Batman. He would. Yeah. This is we we're told in the book. This is a day later. Yep. Rewire is still there. Uh, he. He doesn't have. He's been outdoors. Yeah, he's been outdoors. You know, he doesn't have a house. He's now <laughs> moving in. I, Everybody, it's funny. Somewhere. It's almost like a, you think that he left, and then he's like, I don't know. He keeps no. thinking of things. Maybe I need that. And he runs. Well, he back. went there because he wanted a battery, and this battery yeah. that he got didn't work before. He killed the guy for it. So I think he would have rummaged through, got what he wanted, and taken off. But I think he's hanging out. But it seems like he set up explosives already all over the place because. Fucking Batman needs to figure out how the scanalyzer works. Scanalyzer that I Matt that. used. The and he scanalyzer. The, the buildings that blow up. He's like, I gotta figure out how to use this fast. And then Quick flies out before the building blows up. He lets Rewire go. Only punch him in the face once. That's all I want is Batman to fight villains. Only yep. got one punch. Yep. And Rewire was like, go. No more talk of Rewire. Didn't hunt him down because he's got stuff to do in the city. I guess they're rebuilding, cleaning up. I don't know. And that's when we find out that people are being turned away at the gates. Now, am I am I to believe that? The uh, the scanalyzer. Why exactly did Matt use it? Did he did is he needed like the? Is this he, a 3D printer that made the? You know what I mean? It seems no, weird. The, the scanalyzer is the way he found out where this thing came from. Okay. And that's how he got the Metropolis from finding out. Because I, I don't exactly know how it works. Tim even the, calls the it out and says, trying to figure out a glorified printer. And I thought, what is this? Like a 3D printer that he had a scan of the hand and the ring and he plugged in like the data and it made it i was very confused Honestly, about i don't even know how you get back to metropolis i was very confused about the scanalyzer i wanted to know more about the scanalyzer and figure out how this thing that's works. how bad the book is the gym because he wants to know more about oh, the yeah. scanalyzer I, I did not I, once i saw the term scanalyzer <laughs> I, you had me at scanalyzer dan jurgens because it, it really that actually is like huh scanalyzer but i really don't know what this thing did like you say, it did scan it. It what scanned it, the th and it found out like its maker and model, I guess, yeah, and where its did, why does origin need, is. Why does he need that? So why he knew where to go Matt look for the, the the. So he knows where to go look for the power yeah, battery. As far as I'm he concerned, was still gonna go to Metropolis anyway. No, he got inspired. that idea after that. It just seemed weird that the scanalyzer. 
What a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> but yeah, so you got that. But again, you, then everything happens in this that it really is back to the future Zen business again. Agreed. And even back to when this book first started, it doesn't seem to be moving forward enough. Well, I'm saying we're done with the freaking uh, Brother Eye, but, you know, Micron and Batman are cleaning up or rebuilding shit. I don't even know what the hell they're doing. And Micron's just telling the tale. Yeah. Like, yeah, when, when Brother Eye first came and, and fucking Warhawk fell and Barda fell and then, you know, Cairo and Superman fell, I shrunk down and I got away. And I came too. Everybody was dead. I even, I even got confused because they're going on and uh, are they – is he is, – are they telling Batman this? Yeah, Mike Ron was telling Batman. Because what's weird? When did they start telling him? I think like they're just uh, they're like you know just working because, together, and well, Mike Ron just started saying, telling a tale but, out of nowhere. But they the last thing you see is Batman jumping out or flying out of the place. Out of the blowing up building, and yeah. blowing it up. That's the last you see of Batman. And then all of a sudden, this tale's being told because yeah. then you have a little bit of Matt walking, a little and bit. then it goes not getting in, fucked by hobos, and then it goes into the tale. And I was like, what, what, what happened? Who, who is he? Is this just a flashback we're supposed to know? And yeah, I Mike Ross is telling the story about it now. But when did he start telling, where, when was he with Batman? They, after he found out from the scanalyzer where Matt went, I guess he just went to go clean up Gotham yeah, with freaking eyes. they never really showed that. Well, that, afterwards they did. Yeah, but it's so weird how they jumped into it. Because like I said, I was like, really? When, when did they do it? And then, yeah, you go later and they're like, okay, I guess. But it just was an odd transition. There was no transition. No transition. He just started doing it. And I'm saying, even though we want to get away from Future's End a bit, this was a cool flashback it to was see. Okay, but I and, would have liked to have seen it before when the story was going on. But like the one man was talking about, he loves Warhawk. I forget who it was. So I apologize. But um, Warhawk to me does not Mark, make sense. It was the Mark. He was the. Oh, he was yeah. the Batman Beyond fan. Mark was talking about. You know, he wanted to see more Warhawk. Wanted to have him in the cover. Warhawk and this continuity does not make sense to me. It's fine for the DC animated universe. They had their own continuity going on where Jon Stewart and Hawkgirl became a couple and they ha- they were the parents of Warhawk. Yeah. In this continuity, it doesn't make sense at all. Jon Stewart's there and the only thing we've seen of Shaira was back when Hawkman had his own series and she was a crazy queen of fucking Thanagar. Yeah. There was no like stuff on Earth and she, you know, she was fucking insane. So Warhawk being here does not make any sense to me at all. Yeah. And I'm looking now. I'm looking at when they and yeah, I remember when they were talking. Then Batman and, and I would have, I would have like seen a like a Earth Zero like a Justice League Beyond roster that oh, makes yeah. sense, I like something so. new. And they could have easily done that. They oh could've. yeah. And uh, even with Matt, like we thought he'd become the Green Lantern, which maybe he still he will. still can. Yeah. It makes me laugh where Batman and Micron are working, and I imagine their boss is going to come out and wonder why they're having fun talking eric oh, fucking <laughs> bastards that's luke fox when he comes in he's all downer he's yeah. downer about it. He sorry is a batman Debbie downer too and again he's a cold son of this a bitch is what i'm talking about in this book is that you throw luke fox out and they're like holy shit that's awesome and yet he's a downer and, and saying there's nothing comes from it because what would you have me do like tim uh, nothing batwing i'm like i don't know batwing and they're like okay let's move on yep that's I, it and uh, i i it would have been neat if I thought I read a comment on the site, I believe, or maybe got an email. I don't think it was an email, but read a comment about that they were cool with Luke Fox being there since he dated Barbara. Yeah. And I thought that that was going to be more addressed than the way they said it. And actually, I would have really liked that to tie shit in. But uh, just he's the downer. Yeah. And I'm just saying nothing really comes. To this. I'm telling you, it is starting that new status quo for what the book will be. This whole apocalyptic thing and people need to survive. But there's not much to it. I'm saying the most interesting part is Matt's walk to uh, Metropolis because I know I'm going to get something out of that eventually. Not here, 
Because we end with um, Matt going to Metropolis, and he's being watched by the animal men from Kimondi. Yeah. And I was yelling at you this week at work about it. I'm like, it doesn't make any goddamn sense with the continuity. Uh, I'll tell you. If I could, if, if it made some little sense, if it made a little teeny bit of sense, <laughs> I would love it. Uh, I, know you I would. would love that if, again, if you jumped so far, you can't jump that far ahead. No. But if you had done something, or maybe they'll explain it, maybe there was something that happened where it accelerated this, they can't, whatever. Yeah, but if it does it make away. sense, I will love it. Yeah, I know. Because I think it is awesome. That is something unique and awesome that I want to see. I don't want to see flashbacks to future end again and, and this book. I don't want to see that. I've already seen it. I've already <laughs> hated it. I want to see something new and throwing in the com- world of Commandi and this, I think is awesome if, the, if you can make it make sense. The only problem is, I'm telling you, if people start calling this invasion of Brother Eye, the takeover of Brother Eye, whatever, they start calling it the Great Disaster. Yeah, I'm the, fine with they, that. Yeah. But the Great Disaster leads to the Cortexan that the animals drink and eventually become these, you know, like bipedal animals that are smart, talking, and wearing clothes. Yeah. This is only 30 years from future yeah, Zen. Only 30 years. But if they talked about it in a way, oh, again, you could have time travel, which you've already had. Oh, yeah. If it's that, I'm okay. Uh, but they can make it that they you know, rip hunter came and picked up some animal men brought back that it actually was an accelerated version. It did this, it did that. They, they can well, kind of explain it. They, away. they set it up in futures end a bit because you had King Faraday lock himself in command day the last time yeah. we saw him. And that's where it all comes from. Commandy, commandy and shit like that. But for only 30 years, it doesn't really play with me. I know. And like you said, though, it, it if it's a doctor, says. if it's a doctor Monroe, like uh, I own a doctor Monroe, I can't yeah. say the word Monroe situation. Yeah. Explain it to me. I'm fine with oh, it. Oh, I'm telling. Cannot I, be the same ones from the freaking Commandy comic. I'm begging Dan Jurgens to explain it because I think that it's awesome. I I love. Yeah, I know you idea, love that shit, and I love that it would be something new we haven't seen. It, it sounds like so much fun, uh, but yeah, as it stands, I don't have much uh, hope that it will be something that'll make sense. I think it'll be something nonsense, or they won't even explain it, and they will call the brother eye the 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 uh, great disaster. Great disaster, yeah. Which, uh, Again, if, if it was years later or they explained something, that makes sense to me. It was a fucking disaster. The whole world is, is destroyed but one city. So, yes, that makes sense. It doesn't make sense that this evolution has happened already. And this, I'm saying, this could be the new commodity timeline type of thing since we are in a new universe from where that was uh, was before. Yeah. But it's just too soon for me. Too soon. But I dug like the, people talking about that dildo incident, Eric. That's too, too soon, soon. Too soon. We'll never forget. Never, never forget. forget. Never. never stop talking about never it. Make forget. sure it never happens again. Never forget, Eric. Never forget. <laughs> I dug the art in this book, but the, it was a little bit slow, but I enjoyed it for what it was just because I want to see where Dan Jurgens will take it for better or worse at this point. But it's not really moving as fast as I'd like. Yeah. It probably will get canceled at like 12, 16, something like that. Yeah. I but love I get, the art. I thought that uh, yeah. was awesome. I always liked the art. That's basically my contribution to the podcast for this story. Hey, I like the art. I really do. But yeah, I... I uh, 6.8 out of 10. I, give, I would give it a 5. Only, okay. uh, like you said, uh, same reasons. It's not moving forward enough for me. Uh, we're, we're still getting flashbacks to, you know, nothing is going forward. You know what the crazy Except part about this is? the commodity thing, I think, might be moving forward. Yeah, the commodity thing's moving forward. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I'm really interested to see Matt, do, what he's going to do with the Green Lantern ring yeah. and power battery. But again, last last issue, he was heading off to Metropolis. This issue, he gets there. 
Yeah. And not much happens. He meets these people so that we can tell. Uh, I guess that was set up by Dan Jurgens so we can see that, in fact, not all these people that are trying to get to Gotham are bad people. Filthy hobos are trying to get to fucking Gotham. They may look like filthy hobos. They might smell like filthy hobos. But, Eric, I know filthy hobos. They're not. Oh, yeah. They didn't fuck the little boy, so they're okay. No, no, they're okay. They're good guys. But, yeah, I think that's all. Uh, The other crazy part is I am the second lowest score. Really? For this issue on the comic book roundup. How many people reviewed it? Did Four. A lot of people, yeah. a lot of, uh, not a lot of reviews this week for except the uh, Midnighter and Swamp Thing. Hi, But yeah. Uh, yeah, I told you I would give it a, a five, but we're going to yes. move on. I was going to load up the roundup. You would have been the lowest score. Do that. Yeah, I would have. Um, only I just, I'm not enjoying it. It's, it's not fun, and Batman Beyond should be fun to me. Yeah, it always uh, was fun. That's why I wanted to get this book when it was coming out. Yeah. The review um, again, on it. What, what is fun about it? It's fun, but it's also that it's in the future, and it's always, like you said, when you find out that Barbara Gordon's the man. Oh, my God, Barbara Gordon, and, you know, stuff like yeah. that. It's always fun to see that stuff. And it's Mayor just, Goldie Wilson. Just the, <laughs> I like the sound of that. Uh, <laughs> it just didn't seem like fun. But Mayor. I'm going to move on. <laughs> Mayor. Uh, Detective Comics number 48. <sighs> Written by Peter J. Tomasi, <laughs> art by Fernando Passerin, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Is that Matty Ice? Isn't he the quarterback for the freaking Falcons? No, Matt Ryan is no. freaking uh, Constantine. Nope, Matt Ryan is the quarterback from the Falcons, and then he, he also does inking. Chris Sotomayor and Wes Abbott. There's a crazy new threat in Gotham, and he hates George Washington, Eric. While that might seem to mean that uh, Jim Gordon's safe, he's not. Trying to drink you. Almost loses his head. The issue then becomes CSI Gotham. And while I usually enjoy some Bullock-Gordon interaction, this went on a bit too long. I am intrigued by this villain, who we think we know who it is, Eric. But I can't really tell you I know anything about him yet. And I feel the same about this arc. It seems intriguing enough, but I'm not really sure. (laughs) That's what I put. Tell me what you really think. I have not reviewed this issue yet. And... Before the podcast, I had, to, I had to read it. Usually what I do, usually I have it reviewed, and then I will read it again and write my notes. I read this issue, had some uh, review guy thinking time, yeah. read it again, didn't know what to think about it, went and took a shower, <laughs> sat in the shower, or stood in the shower and thought about it, and then I had to read it again, and I still don't know. because. Well, I just I, read it once, and I'm still with you. I'm very intrigued. I, I'll tell you that. I like... The style that this is being told, I love to see Gordon just allowed to be almost by himself. He's with both, but it's not, you know, it's not a lot of He's like, by himself for the majority of it. And it's not a, uh, you know, punch this guy, do that. He is doing some detective work. This is a detective comic story. He's starting a detective work. Seems to do a little more detective work or less detective work and a lot of CSI stuff. I a lot of forensics that, yeah, and fucking Barry, medical examining. Barry Allen's going to get jealous because he's doing a lot of stuff. And, and well, that's why the Justice League came and got him before. Yeah, and seems to do... What Bullock says, a better job than they would have actually done. If the, the medical exam, get the, the fuck out of here, Bullock. It seems so bizarre. Um, but yeah, I had a weird, uh, I, just, I couldn't get a grip on if I did like it. I, you know what I'm talking about. I do. And the thing is, I read the book and I said to you right away, I don't know what's going on in Detective Comics. I read it. It's a cool mystery opening, but I can't tell you exactly how I feel about it. Yeah. 
Well, and it starts, and it, it starts as a single issue. It's not great, but knowing that it's going to be a continued storyline, it's okay, mm-hmm. I guess, because this is just you know have a little taste here, Jim. Do you like it? You'll get some more later on. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it starts. It has the really odd cold open with the the gun, the ink the flintlock gun. Flintlock gun. And I'm not even going to talk about that, right? But then you get you get Gordon. Who it's I actually like because Gordon, Tom Gordon, Gordon is peeping Tom, but he's also he. He's starting to get. He's you got to get him out of the suit, Eric. Yeah. He's starting to talk to himself on building <laughs> tops like Batman. And you made fun of I Batman like a couple weeks ago. I do too because that's Batman to me. But it's a twist in. He goes out a different way. He's seeing families. They're all getting along, and he sees them. And the last thing he sees is a, a dad. Doppelgangers is what he fucking yeah, sees. Yeah. So and I love it. I like the the look, and he calls Barbara because he sees a dad, reading a ginger a, dad, reading to a ginger little girl, to a ginger little girl, and he smiles. And yes, he he might be arrested for this. He should not be doing <laughs> this, but he likes it. He calls I am up, the law. Yep. He calls up Barbara, uh, and he gives her a talk. She's in the middle of beating the shit out of some. Uh, Purse snatchers. Seems a little lowbrow for her. No, everything with me. fucking Batgirl since Cameron Stewart and Fred Fletcher took over is lowbrow like this. Yeah. She doesn't take on big villains. This is level, perfect. Baby. This street is perfect level. for what she's doing lately. She might even be taking it to the streets. Taking it I, to I, the streets. You know what? I really like the look of Batgirl here. So do and I. I I like the idea. It's it's the it's the typical generic thing where it happens with uh, anybody with a secret identity. Where, especially like a spy thing or this, where uh, they're bu- busy beating the shit out of somebody while they're talking on the phone, pretending that their day is the normal day. And the whole time, though, I'm thinking of me and you talking at work. If we're walking down a hallway, you have to keep stopping to huff and puff just talking to me to walking. Jesus Christ. I, I actually, Daddy. there's, it's more of, <laughs> at one point she's talking to him. She's smiling with a foot in the one guy's face and the other foot down on the guy. These guys would be making noise. He's actually knocking over a trash can. Uh, what movie? Again, I'm waiting for a movie, Dad. And that's the thing. In a normal way, way they would have done this, and what they should have done. She shouldn't be waiting for the movie. That should be the movie. Oh yeah. Like, he's like, oh man, that sounds really action packed. And then yell yeah. at her for having her phone turned on during yeah, the movie. Yeah, it's the new action thriller by this. Yeah. Hey, honey, you're a you're a bitch who has her phone on in the movie. <laughs> you stupid ass. But yeah, so they have that. There's a special I, place in hell for you. I told you, boy, the only thing that I thought was weird is they're talking, and uh, Jim says, hey, I'm going to get pizza from Nick's. I'm going to take it home and watch the game. And that's when she is handing the purse over to the old people that the purse got stolen from. And she actually says in the same bubble, don't go crazy with the pepperoni. You know what upsets your stomach. Here you go, folks. And I think they're like, okay, there's this lady that just beat the shit out of two guys in a cut. She is fucking insane. Get fucking don't make eye contact. She's dressed as a fucking get, bat. Get, of course she's insane. Get in that insane. fucking cab and get the fuck out of here. I don't know. We never mentioned pepperoni, and I don't know how she knows it upsets your stomach, <laughs> Irv. But let's get the fuck out of here. We're moving out of Gotham. You promised me before we, we were going to move out of this crazy-ass city. Let's get the fuck out of here. Because it is so odd that they have that in the same bubble as they're saying that. But yeah, it ends up then Gordon's running, and this is another one of those where you said that you didn't like, it's, where he slips. And again, do we really have to be reminded that he isn't quote-unquote Batman? That's the worst part to me, because we have dealt with this for so long. He's been Batman since June now, yeah. and we dealt we, with this whole thing this. where he's not, like he, he's not up to par with Batman yet. He's still a rookie. 
at this point in time, I think we would have gotten a little bit past that. Yeah. Just a little bit. But here he almost slips and falls off a goddamn and it, roof. It's funny, too, because he jumps, he slips, he almost falls. If he would have made that jump, I, I wouldn't have called anything. I would no. have said, oh, that's bullshit. He's, what is he's Batman. Batman now? Yeah, he's he is training. Batman. I'm, go, is. I'm good with it. That's what I'm saying. Let, let him let, be Batman. Yeah, let him be Batman. For I mean, just that. He can make a fucking leap. That, that's yes, the it's problem. Is, the thing is, like, that's, we have the, the normal Batman is Bruce Wayne and Batman. When we talk about Batman, we talk about Batman. This, we always just talk about Jim Gordon. He's yeah, never does. Batman. He's no. always just Jim Gordon because in a goddamn suit. The way they've set it up, that's how they've set it up, where you, you think of Gordon. And uh, this issue, like we said, it started with him on the rooftop, doing the monologue. Very Batman-esque. Very. Let's, let's go with it. Not let's, wearing the robot suit, let's just get, wearing let's, a streamlined yeah. suit. It's cool. And let's get to the point where when Bruce Wayne does come back, that uh, everybody doesn't have a fucking parade down the, the road, which they will. <laughs> I, I want to yeah, say, totally. I want to, I want to have a part where I'm like, oh, you know what? Gordon did a great job. You know, he should be commended. And yes, I want Bruce back as Batman. But boy, he really showed that he could do it. Yeah. Most of the time, that's not the case. It's always a trick that gets him out. He's always doing this. And yes, this book, Detective, I commended during Bucciolato's run that this was the one where you saw the learning curve of him becoming Batman. Yeah. The learning curve's over, baby. Exactly, He's we Batman. did that. He's Batman. Let's get with it. But he goes down and he sees the guy who's been killed. He George seen, Washington. He had heard a, a gunshot. Yeah, George Washington. It's George Washington. <laughs> and it's funny because they made it seem to me like when they, they did it, they had it. They're like, uh, Oh, George Washington, I thought it was funny because I'm like, oh, they just think an old guy. Like, no, he no. looks like he's supposed to be George Washington. And he says, like, Era wonder... accurate clothes. Now, we're talking about a detective. And he's like, I wonder if he's still with us. Is he, he's, does George Washington still have a pulse? And then he realizes, oh, I guess he doesn't because of that bullet hole over his heart. You see it in that first panel. He has a freaking huge wound and blood everywhere. I don't know where all that blood on his leg came from. Yeah, uh, I do. Took his thigh bone, baby. Oh, you're right. God damn it. Which uh, is weird later. That's funny because you I know, thought it's... about, we talked about it like before and I thought about it at the time. I'm like, where did that blood come from? And I'm like, huh, that's weird that there was, yeah, you know I'm what's an idiot. I, you know what's funny to me? He's looking there and he's like, huh, there's bleeding there. I'm going to keep that in the back. Oh, that's a feather <laughs> in my fucking cap. He's waiting so he can, he's like, it's he's like, going to impress Bullock with oh, yeah, this one. He's going to impress Bullock because he's like, huh, something must be wrong with that thigh. Oh, they took the thigh bone. Holy shit, Jim. You are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that medical examiner would have looked right over that. A fucking cheater. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, in the meantime, he's, he's looking over George Washington. He gets shot uh, in the head. And it's I didn't see it. I went back. I didn't see that the bullet had bounced off his head, as they say. I thought right. maybe it grazed. Actually, I didn't even see the bat, uh, the bullet. No, I uh, thought it hit him in the head and bounced off, though. I yeah, mean, like, I, honestly, like, he has an armored cow or something that could take a bullet. Legitimately, if I'm looking at it, because he's almost doing, like, the he doesn't know where the person is. He sees things. He has his gun out. The guy has the gun pointed at him. You don't see who the guy is at this point. No. I thought he got shot in the back. I, the way the the gun. Oh yeah, I only came in. with that because he said the head later on. Yeah, later at this point, I thought he got shot in the back, and it just hurt him. And then he like he's passing out. He's talking, he's shooting. He uh, calls Julia and Daryl. Says, "Oh, you gotta get me. I got going." And I thought, "Huh? It, it doesn't seem." And they even say, "Check his vitals. Oh, he's okay." Yeah. I thought that. 
huh, this must be like he got shot with a tranquilizer or, or some something. neurotoxin. Yeah, I thought that it was like, like, yeah, I thought it was like going to be something along the lines where he got shot with a neurotoxin that they couldn't trace. And yeah, it was going to happen. And uh, somehow it tied into the George Washington. It was I very know. odd because this, to try to find that little like, you know, that uh, what the hell they call it? The uh, ball. I guess it's just a ball. Fucking yeah, flintlock yeah, ball. ball. And, well, it ended and up bounce being off a rubber his, ball. Yeah, exactly. They didn't even say it's a rubber ball later on. But to see where that is on the fucking pages, Batman yeah. goes down. It's ridiculous because yeah. you have no idea for the next couple pages what the fuck you're looking no. at. And in fact, like I said, the way the gun was pointed, I thought he got shot in the back. Right. So I wasn't really looking at that top. It's raining. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff around. Only till only when Bullock and or Gordon get and oh, it was a rubber ball. That's why. I went back, and I'm like, oh, I see it there. But, yeah, it was a little off there. And, uh, again, like you said, he must have a concussion, and yeah. he's passing out. It doesn't play out like that. It plays out like he has been poisoned somehow. And, he needs, and he's crawling yeah, and he's shit crawling. like that. He, he needs Julia and Daryl to come. And I'm thinking to myself at this point, how the fuck does this blimp? The blimp is going through this town like a bl- blimp's never done. Like this thing is navigating. I know Daryl even calls it out later. I think that they even went back and looked and had to yeah. throw something in because he kind of explains it out line. of nowhere in the line. Uh, it, it's getting a little too this blimp. I think they made they wanted to make it look cool. I love which the it blimp. Did. Honestly, it cool, yeah. But it it doesn't get around a city well. Now, <laughs> now it does. It, it's all of a sudden it's a fucking magic blimp. But they go, they gather him up, they go down, get him, and then you go into uh, seeing this more of this villain. And this is a big part of the book, this part with the villain. And, and they're really specific odd. about things. He's going into a, a Woodcrest Cemetery. Uh, people aren't allowed in uh, because it's, it's overcrowded. Overrun. It's overcrowded. You see him going, he goes in, he's cut, he's there. Got he, a batarang in his you know, back shoulder. Got a batarang in his back shoulder, which, Jesus Christ. At one point, even then, I was like, huh, what's going on? He has a weird face, which we'll get to. But as he's pulling the battering out of his back, I thought he was slicing his back open. <laughs> it's very weird because there's blood everywhere. But then you see it's a, it's a yeah. battering. He looks at it. And then he goes to a wall with a well, bunch of He's monologuing faces. the whole time. Yeah, the yeah, shit does yeah. not make sense. Now, it, it's a very odd, yeah. And it's a very odd uh, uh, talking Speech, pad, like everything. Like you said, it doesn't make much sense, this thing. But he has a bunch of faces, including Teddy Roosevelt, Eric. I love Teddy <laughs> Roosevelt. And what appears to be Morgan Freeman in, in the one panel, or the one uh, thing. He has Sitting Bull. He has, uh, I don't know, a bunch it of It's Morgan Freeman. Holy yeah, shit. Isn't it Morgan Freeman? He's like, yeah. let us show up there. And the other Freeman. guy next to him is the Bounty Man. <laughs> Dog the Bounty Hunter. Oh, I'm looking at all these guys. They got Lex Luthor guy. One looks like either Barbara Bush or freaking uh, what's her name? Nancy maybe, Reagan. Uh, maybe yeah, that's who I meant. I meant Nancy Reagan or possibly a fatter version of uh, uh, Doctor what's her name? Doctor Ruth. Oh right. Looks a little like Doctor Ruth. We got. A, I'm looking at all these now to see. I don't. And know. And you got that fat kid from We Are Robin. No. <laughs> yeah, we got him. And then on the bottom looks like the bottom left might even be uh, Sigmund Freud. You got a bunch of guys, and maybe even uh, Captain Kirk at the one point. And uh, you want to go that with is a, a Kirk right there. You want to go with also above him looks like uh, George Bush Senior. We're getting all of them here, and uh, I don't know Miss Cleo right. Is that in the Jimmy middle. Olsen above <laughs> Sitting Bull? <laughs> it might be. Uh, you got uh, Miss Cleo, 
And but what what's your theory? You tell me what your theory is. Oh, who, who I'm saying watch this, and like the guy has a whole bunch of heads on the wall. You know, they're masks. He obviously takes his one off, puts it back on the wall, and I think it's false face. Yeah, you think it's who, a, I think it's a reimagining of false face yeah, that they're doing here. Who you love? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, you're a big fan of false face, so and it makes sense to me. It makes sense. Dude has a bunch of faces, and he's doing shit with him. Yeah, he put it down, and then you see that he has that or Sam Raimi's Dark Man. Maybe he have a he has a prisoner, and he's talking to the prisoner, and it makes no goddamn. I'm telling sense you, I don't point. even want to talk about this point because he is just talking. Well, and here's it the doesn't deal. go anywhere. It goes somewhere at the end, because he says it's been a long way, but we're here. He's insane. Yeah. It's like, oh, the first one I hit pretty flush with one hand went about 200 yards. Second one I shanked and it rolled into a crater about 40 yards away. And the guy's like, oh, and he's like, we look pretty vulnerable in the darkness of space. Oh, you're right. And yeah, he's cutting you're talk- What he's talking about, it's uh, freaking Alan Shepard is who he is turning this guy into, I get, because that's what it ends. But right. yeah, I even went and looked at the video. And in fact, he does hit with one he hand, shag- too. He, he, he shags he, that golf And he ball. hits it with one hand, and I think he says, or somebody, it went about 200 yards, so it's exact. And he says, though, I must admit, maybe I am a piece of history after all. And it's a weird sentence. Again, it's odd. Uh, but then you go... You go after that, they leave that hanging. Like, when it first started with the George Washington, I'm like, are we going to have the Cavalier coming out? or What yeah, the hell? Uh, co- yeah, it's weird What how this is going to tie in of why these figures going on. He's just doing historical shit. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's having his own little reenactments because he has no friends. Yeah, and the other, well, then you go and you're in the, you're in the morgue. Uh, Bullock shouldn't be smoking that cigar in the morgue. Don't you tell Bullock what to do. And it's, he just likes it in his mouth. It's uh, not do you bad. have it open now? Or yeah. You, when it starts off, I swear to God, it looked like the Riddler. That first deal, you have that. It even Riddler, looks like, Riddler's been eating his feelings. <laughs> he's been eating and the pizzas. Uh, they go and there's Gordon. They're there. And the the other thing that gets me is they figure out that this guy is a uh, fireman, and they go. But the weird thing about it, and they say, "Yep, Gotham firefighter, bravery citizens up the wazoo." I don't know what that means. But then he's like, hey, any record? Citations. He's like, oh, it's, okay, bravery citations. I'm sorry. I thought it said citizens. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> but, yeah, so he's this guy. Now, I want to know then. Do you, I want ID. I want to see if this guy, because this guy now is on the table. He is George Washington. <laughs> now, does this false face, if it's him, can he put these masks on people? And I, I don't make think them... he is. No, that's what I'm saying. So... I, I'm telling you, I think he goes around and he finds people there and he sees the look of what he's looking for. Like I'm telling you, he found that one guy who was shaving. He needed to shave he him up and make him yep. look like the right person. It's just an odd thing that they don't check. Like, does this guy always look like George Washington? Because he certainly does. He has that hairstyle. Yeah. He has the whole thing. Well, I think the hairstyle is made up for that. Like I, He, he made the guy maybe. look like era just accurate. Weird. That's just, very, I'm telling you, this again, is a fucking villain. But now I'm talking as if I was Gordon or Bullock. They don't know this false face if it's him there. And I want to know, I said to you off the deal, I want to know, like, the first thing I want to know is, is this guy a reenactor? Is this, does this make sense that this guy is well, I think they even like say this? so. Uh, they just said, no, they just start talking about the... Uh, the weapons and stuff. Was that, was that just a conversation yeah, I had in my head? They just say <laughs> that they have him. He's there. It's like, oh, you know, there's they can't get the uh, the white noise. There's white noise from the cameras. The guy, oh, the guy really knew. And that's when Gordon impresses. Hey, looks like looks like we got some uh, 
chin bone going. Thigh bone. Thigh bone. Like, man, you're pretty good there. Pretty good, Riggs. I'm just like, how are you? And the thing is, Bullock even makes a point to say, the medical examiner would not have picked this up. Like, who did you hire? Well, yeah, because it's funny. He has a gash in his leg. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not, when I first read it, the first time through, I'll admit, I thought that Gordon cut it open to see. I can see that. It, it's not. It's it's tongues. He's just yeah. spreading open the wound to see what happened. But yeah, this medical examiner in Gotham, I guess, you know what? I'll give the medical examiner a little break because there's some crazy shit that probably comes in. They have a lot of work oh, to do. Oh, God, a lot of work and a lot of crazy shit, you know? He's like still most, catching up after Endgame. Yeah, most medical examiners, though, don't have to deal with, like, you know, people turned into things and shit going <laughs> down. I mean, they usually have... Every time he checks a body, he has to make sure it's not a clay face yeah, first. Jesus Christ, it's always clay face jumping up. Boo! <laughs> fucking Fuck, clay face. Next thing it's I got like real a, work to do. A guy, he's like, why do you keep fucking with me, clay face? I love the look on your face. Leaves. I like scaring people. I was a horror actor, you know? <laughs> you know I'm an actor. I love the reaction and scene. I'll see you tomorrow, Doc. Have a good one. Yeah, see you in seven. But yeah, it's very odd. But then again, too, why in this middle do they have to have him, uh, Gordon with the mask on? And then Bullock has to spell it out. Hey, there's no cameras in here. I want to see your face. That's because but, I'm telling you, they, they have to isolate this, make it Jim Gordon, not yes, Batman. And that's a problem. It's, it is. I don't. It's so weird. Weird. And in fact, again, if this was Bruce. A lot of times he would come into something like this immediately take it off, which I don't mind. Have it there, but you don't have to have like. You wouldn't take it off there. Oh, something I'm saying. There's times when he. Oh, like when he goes to the back cave and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, here, if he was with Bullock, he wouldn't do it. There's a possibility that he would do different places. Like if this was Batman, he might have taken this body himself and uh, ran away with it. But no, he would have done the scanner thing, going back and making a whole holographic thing like he did before. But yeah, but it's it's like. Almost like, is it that they're saying, like, when he's in this with Bullock, this is his bat cave? That this is where he can relax? Yeah, well, the GCPD, I guess yeah, you could say. I, it's I, like, it's almost home for him. But is that what they're pushing? Like, okay, he doesn't have a bat cave per se, but this is his bat cave. This I can see that, and I can go with it. This is where he's okay. Because be I'm telling you, even when we're talking about with Bruce going back to the bat cave, taking the cow off, shit like that. No matter what, he's still Batman to us. We call yeah. him Batman, like, but um, no, this is Jim Gordon. I'm telling you, when he goes back to the Batcave, and he has the, the, he takes the cow up and has the, the rest of the cow. Co- oh yeah, well, I love it. So do I. I think that's the coolest thing. You know, Imaginex is putting out a costume like that. No, oh, really. I mean, really? like a figure. You haven't talked about Imaginex. In they haven't put out any new ones re- recently. You still in that group on uh, the Google Plus or where is it on Facebook? That's Facebook, yeah. yeah. You guys still talking? They didn't kick you out yet. They didn't kick me out yet, and no one's putting up anything really good because there's no good figures coming out. Actually, any good fig- uh, any figures at all. I can't talk now. Jesus Christ. Well, it goes on, and then that's when uh, Gordon finds that musket ball. He's like, oh, I killed him with a musket ball, and then looks at his, and he's like, boy, mine's hard rubber. Why would he? Why would this guy murder somebody? And on, he says, an honored firefighter, then reload a rubber musket ball and hit in the back of the head. Even Bullock says that, actually. That's when, very weird. I when, agree. Yeah, it is very odd. I don't know. We're going to have to find out. And then Bullock's talking, and I thought the best part of this whole conversation, he turns around. Gordon's gone. He did the Batman. He disappeared. And I like it that he says, like, man, hate it pulling that on Harvey, especially since I hate it when it's done to me. Eh, who am I kidding? I loved hearing him yell <laughs> after me. And I like that. Uh, why does he bust open that door? He's a Do you jerk. See that? For and it looks like he's 
bastard. He didn't want to slow down. It's going off of the hinges. <laughs> he has wrecked that door. That is the Batman's GCPD a jerk. there. Holy crap. But I actually, I would have liked, actually, if he would have done that to Bullock and just thought, like, said to himself, you know what? That is fucking annoying, but... It, now I know. Bat- like, I would have liked that, actually. Like, man, now I know why Batman did it to me. Uh, but no. Because it's fun. Yeah. But he jumps on. He gets on the blimp. And again, there's some weird... There's such weird transitions in this. Like, the blimp's there, but they got to make him run and jump <laughs> on the thing. And then he calls him out. And where does... The- I-, I hate when there's these things that, that, that go nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, I agree. Why, why'd you have to do that? And that's the way to force it. And all oh, we, we couldn't we need, get We needed two more and- pages of the book. Yeah. And the reason they got called is because a weather balloon got stuck on uh, Wayne Tower, right? Right. And I don't know. It's weird, too, because they're saying it. They're saying it's a weather balloon, some kind of weather balloon. Doesn't look like a weather balloon to me. And they're like, and with high winds kicking in soon, whoever it is may not stay tangled up too long. What do you mean, whoever it is? You thought it was a weather balloon. That's not how weather balloons work. No, that's what I'm saying. It's so weird. That they think it's a weather balloon, and, and they're going to call Batman in to go get a weather balloon? What, again, why didn't they say, like, I don't know why, but it looks like there's a guy with a parachute. Because somebody has to have looked. They have a lot of tech on this blimp. Somebody's yeah. gotten a, a look, a close-up look of what's going on, I would think. And they're like, I don't know, something's fucked up. There's a guy up there with a parachute, and he's Dressed as an this astronaut. Makes no, this makes no sense. And then they go, and then you find out, yes, they get there, and it is an astronaut. And it's fucked up. And, yes, he has. Tony, while you were talking right there, I I had a great idea of how I wanted this to work in my head now. And it pisses me off because it won't be. But, you know, because we we have Joker's daughter in uh, Red Hood and Arsenal right now. And I really wish she wasn't because the way this would work out, uh, false face, if that's who we're saying it is. Yeah. Shot Batman in the back of the head with a rubber bullet because it wasn't time for him to reenact this yet. And if False Face wanted to save him for later and went and got Joker's face off Joker's daughter and put that face on to have the final showdown with that would, Batman, that would be pretty cool. That would be an amazing fucking arc to this goddamn Detective and Comics. And it's like, um, and then even and if that's before fifty, you have a couple issues and yeah. even have it where it was exactly the scene where Batman and, and Joker died. And almost like an Endgame thing, where it, it, I would like that. Or Hell, even anything. where he comes, anything like I would even re- put it in, like if he has the face over top of his, he does some work to it, whatever to make it look like the Joker. I have, I have better. And, I'm sorry, he comes out like Jack Napier in uh, the, the '89 Batman yeah. movie with the gun pointed yeah. out of the shadows. No, the best is that he goes, gets that fucking face, and then he goes after Barbara, and she answers the door, and he's oh, there, that'd be so fucked and up. you have that, and that would be, and this time Gordon's there to stop it, and it'd be awesome. That would be awesome, Tony. But but Joker's daughter is in like Red Hood right now doing shit. I don't think they're fucking taking her. Well, and again, how cool would it be where they've set it up? They have this wall of faces. They've set up so well that the next one time he goes and he's like, oh, and now for my final, uh, you know, my final showdown. And there you see the Joker's face on that wall. You'd be fucking blown away. I would, but it wouldn't be in continuity. I know, I know, but it would be awesome unless I'm telling you, if he makes one. Yeah, if he paints one up, maybe. Because again, but, do you think that was really George Wilde or his no, face no, that he no. had on? You know what I mean? Like, exactly. He yeah. makes something like that, and then, or you see, it'd be so cool as he's kind of because they're not showing him. You're you're seeing him walk around, and he's there, and some you can see that he has a Hawaiian shirt on at one point. <laughs> you barely see it though, so you don't think anything of it. And then he has already kidnapped Barbara Gordon, 
and which would be great for Jim. They've already and really, they're really setting up. But he's got to show. He's got the Joker just shows up at the at her house. Yeah, well, they're really show. They're really uh, stressing at the beginning that he misses Barbara and their yeah. family, and they, they're really stressing. Oh, that. that'd be so, so good. We might be on to something. Maybe. It, it, I'm telling you, you were talking. I was just going off. I'm like. God damn, I wish Scott Liddell wouldn't have taken Joker's toenail because we would have killed two birds once so it had a great detective story and gotten rid of Joker's daughter. Yep. And the one thing that, that confuses me, but not confuses me, but I'm wondering and when you try to tie something like this, because yes, this villain, whoever it is, you always want to try to figure out what, what they're up to. Yeah. You want to see, like, but, and so you have George Washington <laughs> and Alan Shepard. <laughs> what tie-in is there yet? I... Maybe, and I hope it's something that uh, freaking Peter Tomasi blows our mind later and this all ties in. But at the moment, I'm like, I can't put two and two together here yet, and it, it upsets me. And that's kind of the reason why I'm intrigued going forward. Agreed. But also a little frustrated that I read an issue, and I really had a lot of times in this issue where I was like, what the fuck happened? I, I'm I still like what's that. going on. Uh, what I told you— I didn't uh, realize he was even doing the Alan Shepard. I must have skipped right over that. What I'm, tell, what I'm telling you is that—or I told you earlier, this did, though, have kind of the tone to me— uh, like the Martian Manhunter series, and especially right. when I think about it, especially the sneak peek, where remember he went to the moon, not even just because that. Look for the astronauts, yeah, shit like the astronauts, that. Whatever. But it had that kind of that that weird, like they're gonna show you stuff, but it's so fucked. I mean, this is fucked up, and they're showing you the stuff and all that, and uh, it did make me think that like Peter Tomasi's reading the freaking Martian Manhunter. He's like, Bob <laughs> Williams, that guy's that guy's good. He's writing some good shit. I want to do something good. There. I'm going to do something here. Um, but, yeah, I liked it. I wish I liked it more. I wish we would have gotten a little more to let me like it a little more, uh, if that makes any sense. It does. It, but, again, it's the first issue. It's the setup. It's it's intrigued me. So that might be mission accomplished. But when I go to review it, I think that I'm probably going to give it between, like, a 6.5 and a 7, somewhere around there. I have to, I'm going to read it again. I'm really going to think about it. Um, I don't think this is a perfect issue by any stretch. No, I. I like the art a lot. I like the – it intrigues me. Yeah. Uh, I'll keep it at that. I would give it a 6.5 out of 10. Yeah. yeah. Uh, For just this issue, I'm telling you. The rest of the art could be great, but this start-out issue, I just didn't yeah. understand enough to really yeah, get no, invested I'm completely. You, I didn't hate it. No. It just – as a – one issue, I think I put in my notes uh, – it's a crazy beginning that has me intrigued, but as an issue being rated on its own merits, I'm a little too confused to, to give it a great score. Maybe we're dummies. Maybe. Maybe we're dummies, but I think we're on to something. It's going to be a killing joke going on. It's, it's a so false good. face. Not on our watch, Eric. <laughs> Not on our watch, which leads me to bring that back. Um, the back uh, team Batgirl. It's so funny because even saying that now seems funny because they've kind of lost a lot of their fucking oomph. A lot of steam. But they, they had gone on and on where you had Raphael Albuquerque doing that uh, the Joker variant where he reenacted the killing joke on uh, the new Batgirl. And they said, not on our watch. Uh, that was a lot of rape going on, and we don't like that. Well, Get the fuck uh, out of here. I had mentioned to you they had released last year's bestsellers, like the bestsellers for the year. Right. And I forget what number it was, but in fact – the Killing Joke graphic novel, it was a hardback re-release, I believe, or an right. anniversary because that, uh, it, it's in the top five. It might be three. So fuck you, Team Batgirl. You know yeah, it's what? one of the best People stories ever told. People love that story. 
and you are putting more into it with, you know, it's one of those, it's like when uh, there's a controversy and they always say that a star or a sports figure or a politician, whatever it is, that don't respond to it. Yeah, don't point out it. Just let it ride because you know you know what I mean. And yeah. then the people have to fucking open their mouths and they make it worse on themselves. And I'm saying even if they are innocent or whatever they're saying, they said just don't respond. Just let it go. No comment. No okay. Yeah. Nope. People have to chime in and it makes it worse. And when uh, it almost seemed like that whole uh, Brendan Fletcher and Cameron Stewart especially uh, jumped up and yelled about it. It just made a controversy out of something that people loved. And yes, some people were offended by it, but it made it more of a controversy because nobody at the time, it's just from what they said, made it more of a controversy. And it led these goddamn sheep on the (laughs) internet. Like, Oh yeah, that is a problem. Like they're, they have to be told what the fuck they care about. (sighs) Huh? Get that soapbox away from me. I was going to say, get off that soapbox, I just, baby I boy. went on about this the last time. we. Every time I talk about that, it, it just gets me mad. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that is our first section of books, Eric. This is going to be a six-hour podcast. I know it is. Jesus Christ. And I Christ. have no fucking voice. It's gone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're going to be heading off to Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark. And uh, do you ever listen to his podcast there? Uh, once, I believe, early on. I listen to it. You know he has his uh, comics with your mother. Yes. Uh, which is a very odd. When I heard that, it made me laugh. And he actually said to us the one time, or I, I called him out on I said, I think it's him trying to date. <laughs> Going after cougars? Yes, yes. Or milfs? Yes. And I said that, I actually uh, mentioned this to Reggie, that I wanted to have a parody of it that was called Comics with Your Mama. With your mama. With your mama. And uh, I asked him if he would be offended, if Ryan would be offended. And he said that uh, Ryan would not be offended, but the NAACP might be. <laughs> and then I said maybe uh, freaking Martin Lawrence might be. He thinks we're stealing uh, Big Mama's house. So was that what it was called? Yes. Big Mama's house. You like comics with your mama? Comics with your... Ooh, Thomas, what you coming in here with your comic books, with your funny books? Why don't you go get a job, Thomas? That's that's the comment. Ooh, I told you, you get a job. You don't read no comics. That's Here why I you don't got no woman. You not. You need a good woman, a church going woman. Working all week, slaving on a stove, going to church, praying for you, go broke ass every week, and you reading the funny books, Thomas. You read Thomas. Yo, Thomas. I told you, you put down that comic book and get yourself a job. There's no way no woman's going to want to live with them. no guy who lives in his mama's basement reading them comics all day. You What's that? You want to take a nap? You've been taking a nap for 14 years. You get off your goddamn broke ass. <laughs> broke ass. You get yourself to church. There's only one book you're going to read now, Thomas, and that's the, the good Bible. Book. That's the good book. There's a superhero in that book. Who's that superhero called, Thomas? He's called Jesus Christ, and he's looking down on you, and he's, he's not smiling. You know what his power is? Not putting up your ass doing this funny book business all the time. You know what my power is, Thomas? Paying the goddamn rent. That's what I got to do. That's my superpower. I don't want it to be my superpower. It's also my weakness, Thomas. God damn it. You make a mama mama work. She's 70 years old. God damn it. Mama wants this rest. God damn it. Your father left. That's why he left, Thomas. You're down there in the basement reading them goddamn comics. That's why the dad left there. He said he's going for a pack of smokes. He didn't even smoke. I knew he was up to something, Thomas. And he said, you were a disgrace. <laughs> and scene. And scene. Uh, Let's get the Ryan Brothers Day card, Clark. I, I what is he reviewing this week? I can't breathe. <laughs> I freaking do a mama. Now my throat's killing me. Listen here, Jim. You shut your mouth and get on with this podcast. This is a bunch of nonsense. Oh, shit, mama. <laughs> it's now weird science with your mama. 
weird sound to tell mom. Listen to that, Eric. I'm dealing about Thomas with the comic books. There's Eric. He's a grown man playing with the action figures. You're talking about them in match next. Listen to that goddamn horror podcast. they monster party. Laughing it up. Never listen to his own podcast, though. <laughs> Please, we're on air. That's a self-hate podcast. <laughs> What the hell is he up to in that goddamn cardboard box factory? What's he doing? They always have to have the boss coming back, looking at seeing if he's doing something right. I he's swear never I'm doing, doing my something job. Right. The other day, he had flash rebirth there. He was going to read it all goddamn day, but then he had to work. <laughs> he's all pissed off that he had to work. Oh, goddamn it. Uh, God forbid you got to bring home the money and pay the rent. Whew. What's Ryan Brothers Daycare Clark doing this gonna week? Be, he's going to be talking about Spider-Man and Deadpool. All he right. Said, you would like that. Spider-Man and Deadpool number one. Yes. I heard Brian told me it's a lot of fun, but I will leave it for him to tell you the rest. And here Ooh, is Ryan. Here's Ryan Brian taking a car. But Jim won't shut up. Tell him to shut up and get on with the segment. Shut up, Jim. Get on with the segment. Take it away, Ryan. What happened to your face? It's filthy. It is? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was cleaning the chimney. We have no chimney. What? You're late. Hello, Weird Science, and welcome back to The Other Side. I am, as always, your host, Ryan, brightest daycare clerk, here to bring you installment number 46 this week. And my pick for the week this week was Spider-Man Deadpool number 1 by Joe Kelly, Ed McGinnis, Mark Morales, Jason Keith and VCs Joe Sabino, with cover art by Ed McGinnis, Mark Morales, and Marte Gracia through Marvel Comics. Um, pretty easy to sell this book. It's Deadpool and Spider-Man. Um, I think it's it's a great, fun book. Really, not much not to enjoy. It's a really easy book to, to pick up and get into. A weird, wild ride. There are um, mindless ones, and they're in some weird James Bondy death trap moment. That's how the book opens. Um, so it starts out really on a high note. There uh, really lets anyone and everyone know um, when you start flipping through the book that this thing is going to go off the rails hard and fast and stay there. Um, a fun moment, uh, not to give too much away. Uh, Deadpool sort of utilizes a. Uh, spinning wheel of morality, uh, an app that dictates his general tone in any situation, uh, lawful good, chaotic neutral, basically it's like a Dungeons and Dragons character sheet with a randomizer app there, so that was kind of fun and interesting and neat little um, moment there. Uh, for him, uh, that app probably could work pretty well for Jim and or Eric. It's, it's definitely both. It would be something they both need. Um, I love the, the humor in this book, the, the Modoc jokes, the Oprah jokes. Um, the, the whole book is just really funny. Spider-Man, even though he kind of plays the straight man, which is weird to think that your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man is now your, your friendly neighborhood um, stick in the mud when it comes to a story where he's teamed up um, unwittingly with Deadpool. Um, few little things that bothered me here and there. So if there's um, somebody who knows who the character was who claims they were uh, an actor trained at Thebes, 
Uh, I'm not sure who that was or if we're supposed to know them or if it's just sort of a, um, another throwaway pop culture moment. Um, and uh, the regeneration uh, of Deadpool after he lost some limbs was a little off, having feet sticking right out of his hips with no legs was kind of an odd look, not a bad look, but one that kind of made me go, huh, oh, oh, that's that's gross. Um, kind of like, uh, just threw me off for a minute because it had seemed like a pretty pretty fun and upbeat book, and maybe I just kind of forgot that, oh yeah, Deadpool's in this book, and it's gross. Um, the, the end of the issue that pushes the, the rest of the miniseries forward works really well. Uh, it seems like there's going to be a lot of fun, goofy, crazy stuff to read. Um, I really enjoyed this book and think that you should definitely check it out. Uh, it's a pretty low accessibility hurdle. You just pick up and read. Uh, anybody looking to read more for Spider-Man or Deadpool um, or just to kind of get something a little a little different uh, in their comic book reading, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, along with this and all the, the other uh, monthly books I've been reading, I've just been getting caught up on um, the Fantastic Four run, the James Robinson uh, run up until the end of the book there. I'm three-fourths of the way through the run, picked up the trades uh, from my local library, uh, really enjoyed that. Uh, I read the first four issues of Image Comics' book, The Humans, which is sort of like Planet of the Apes meets Easy Rider meets Sons of Anarchy, if that's a, a mashup you can even picture in your brain, which was hard for me to kind of uh, work all that out together, but that was a really uh, interesting uh, book that I, I had a lot of fun reading. Um as always, if you have any suggestions for uh, the Other Side segment, you can send them to me directly, either via email at brightestdaycare at gmail.com or via Twitter. Uh, and just know that I do uh, go ahead and check those newly minted Weird Science message boards as well. I saw Jim was nice enough to create a, an Other Side uh, discussion uh, forum group there. So if you have anything that you uh, want to put out there, please feel free. I do uh, keep up on those and try and post uh, responses when I feel feel the urge. So if I see that there's stuff out there, people want to talk through that, uh, definitely feel free to do that as well. Um, you can also listen to my podcast, which is just a little bit shorter than these guys'. Uh, if you haven't already gotten enough of me from listening to that uh, first uh, emergency podcast from the end of your award show, uh, you can check out my podcast, which is Brightest Daycare, uh, available iTunes and Stitcher and through my website, uh, which is where you can read all of my written reviews as well, which is brightestdaycare.com. Um, and uh, until next week, I'll see you on the other side. Dad, do you like Spider-Man? Nope. Don't care for him. Never have. Don't like the mask, the costume, the get up, the webs. Uh uh. Now we're back, Eric, and I'm done with the uh, mama. <laughs> well, I, I, for some reason, I want to call her Florida. Florida? Yeah. Good times. Good times. Just like good times. There's no good times. 
I can't. It's hurting my throat. So I'll do another. <gasps> that's my trigger. Yeah, I, I actually, that's one I don't need a trigger for. Uh, Lisa, I always have. Hey! She's always got something because <laughs> she's always angry. Hey, Eric, I don't like when you lump me in with all those other ladies. I don't do anything. You seem to like Matt Bomer. And, I love Matt Bomer. And John Barrowman more than me. I've seen you. Wait a second. I'm Justin Bieber right now. I'm a pretty girl. Uh, you, yeah. How about Justin Bieber? I know you'll say, like, he's not old enough, but you, would you bet him down? Because he's old enough now. No, I would not. He had, like, a car that was reflecting. I need a nice, strong man to hold me at night. Tell me it's going to be okay when it's raining outside. How about George Clooney? How about George Clooney? Would you do him? No. No? No, he seems like a selfish lover. Really? How about The, how about the Rock? Actually, <laughs> I, think, I think George Clooney would He's do too it. big. George Clooney would fuck you and then just call you cab without you knowing. And then the, the horn would honk outside. And you, oh, who's that, George? That's your fucking ride home. Now Have get, you crying, get, running out be, with my clothes? Yep. <laughs> really, tears. Your mascara running Mascara's down. running. <laughs> That's what uh, I think of, anyway. It, no, no freaking uh, lipstick on because that's hey. on George's cock. Right <laughs> oh, so, yeah. uh, no, no more funny games because during the break, I just found out that Angus Scrim died. Yes, and he I was t- leading to that. You ruined my lead. I was, I'm sorry. That was my other impersonation. Of it. Boy. He was the tall man, one of my favorite horror series, Phantasm, and he died. He died. The I'm thing very is, sad. is, anybody who knows who he is, and his first name was Angus, huh? Mm-hmm. Love that name. Well, it was yeah. a pseudonym. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? For what? I don't know his real name off the top oh, of my head. Oh, really? So like, he didn't want to go by his real name. Which is weird, because Angus Scrim translates as meat curtains. Really? <laughs> the, the funny thing is, I read something earlier today, and it was about Ricky Henderson. And in fact, I, I was looking up a lot of Ricky Henderson stuff. <laughs> Why? Because, because I hate, in, uh, it all goes back to my Midnighter uh, throughout this whole series. I hate when Midnighter uh, talks about himself in the third person. Right. Kind of slips it in this issue. It's not, it's not bad the way he says it. But uh, it kind of got me talking with my kids and my wife. And I said, I, I always love that. I love when people, and there's actually a disease. It's like ileism or something it's called where you do that. Uh, to me, it's just that you think you're so goddamn important that you use yourself like you're right. that much better. But one of the best growing up was Ricky Henderson. So I'm reading these Ricky Hendersons, and that I mean, there's tons. There's like the one, uh, like Ricky. Ricky didn't find his limo, and Ricky needs his limo. <laughs> but I had all all these stories, and one thing that uh, cracked me up is I think it was the Boston Red Sox uh, general manager. Now Ricky Henderson, one of the best baseball players of all time. He was on 100 teams. He just stuck around forever. And uh, said that what made him laugh was that Ricky would go to a hotel and be, he, didn't want to get, he didn't want to get hounded by people. He didn't want people to show up and, and hound him. Right. So he would go under an assumed name. Unfortunately, he would usually use like the bigs, like Michael Jackson. <laughs> He'd go to a red, like the one was like Richard Pryor, I think was the one that they, they found him. So he would try to avoid attention that's not the way you, to do it but you somebody even bigger than him uh, it's freaking ridiculous I ricky henderson him. wanted detention i love him too and like one of the big things was uh he, he used the stolen base leader of all time he beat lou brock's record and when he did they, they oh did he well what they did like usually when they do something like that like the he actually stopped the game himself took the the uh 
the base off of the base and held it over and then it made a big announcement <laughs> that like it was like something like a yeah you know, Lou Brock they used to say he was the greatest but now Ricky's the greatest <laughs> he's so crazy I don't know why this what's this have to do with Angus Scrim Ricky Henry. I'm just saying the suit the suit of them made me oh, like right. why he needed that. He didn't want somebody in his hometown to know he was the fucking tall man. That or there was somebody else with his name as an actor. Yeah, he still could have won. Who, besides you, maybe D-Ron and one other person. I don't even know if D-Ron would even care. Why would anybody care? Like, say his name was George Clooney. Say right. his name was John Wayne. He's never going to be bigger than whoever this other person. You know what I mean? Usually you'll change it because of something bad. Like, maybe his name is Adolf Hitler. Fucking his name. Well, is, like uh, Michael J. Fox. Yeah, Mike Mike Fox. And so I'm saying somebody else had the friggin' name. Yeah, he had to go. Was, like I said, though, but be the toy. Oh, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. I think. Uh, he's, I think he's Jewish. He's a self-hating well, Jew. Tomorrow I'm gonna watch all the phantasms. Are I decided. You? Yes. That's crazy. Just because he died. Yes, he I love. I'm telling you, I'm looking at my phantasm mini poster right now as we're no, talking. I just. I'm I saying, love that though, series. That you love the series, but you weren't gonna watch it tomorrow. But because the fucking tall man, who was how old? 89. 89. The guy, like I said earlier, they told him to act his fucking age and he died well, 10 years ago. Phantasm 5 is going to come out this year. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Why not? Uh, have one more shot Phantasm at fucking having 5. the tall man. I remember when Dom DeLuise died. I watched Fatso and fucking Cannonball all Run 1 and 2. Fucking Cannonball Runs. You ever see Fatso? No. He's a chef. He's a fat so. I think I've seen pictures of it, though. Yeah. I, he played a chef a lot in a lot of things. Yeah, I, I, he actually looks a lot like that Cajun chef. Yeah. I <laughs> guarantee. wore a moo-moo. I guarantee. Ah, oh, we're going to get on with the books here. All right. Let's long. go. We're let's start out with Tall Man Ricky Anderson and Dom DeLuise. <laughs> uh, we're going to go on, and this is what we like to call what, Eric? The green section. It is. It's the green team. It's the green section because we're going to talk all books that are green and even make me green with envy. That you got to review them, Eric. Really? No. Not no. at all. I didn't think you know, so. According to Brandon, I can't even get my regular reviews done. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot on my plate, according to him. And, uh, you know, he had to kickstart my fucking reviewing. Ah, oh, Brandon, you son of a bitch. You ready? Yes. <laughs> Green Lantern number 48, written by Robert Venditti, with art by Martin Kokolo, Billy Tan, Mark Irwin, Tony Avina, and Dave Sharp. Dave Sharp. Hal's on the warpath in this one as he tries to find the man responsible for the attack on the Coast City Amusement Park and putting his nephew into a coma. Only problem is, Hal seems a bit rattled from these events and only becomes more rattled after finding Sonar's training camp and sees how loyal his men really are when they blow up their own heads instead of turning him over. Their own heads. On top of that, Parallax is coming to Coast City with the sole purpose of killing Hal Jordan for some reason. Yep. And I gotta scroll down so you take it from here. Okay, I got it. I'm actually uh, grabbing the book as oh, we good. speak because that was well, the one I told you earlier. I couldn't figure out what book I didn't have in my thing, and now I realize what it was. But, yeah, I'll tell I, you that I didn't like this issue uh, as know. much as you. I really didn't. Um, again, it, it's one of those things that not a lot really went on, and I thought there was a lot of nonsense. And I, I tell like you that you can go on because I'm going to convince you of things. I actually convinced you of one thing earlier, but I'll, yes. I'll say that uh, here. I'll even say it now. The one thing that gets me in this whole thing is, is Sonar and his group. What are they fucking called? 
The Midoran Separatist the Midoran, Army. The Midoran Separatist Army. They, these guys want to make a stand. They want to show the world that they mean business. They want to show... They want to be they, their own sovereign nation. Yes, they want to be able to get the world's attention to address the world and the UN. So they blew up a goddamn Ferris wheel. <laughs> That's, that was their big plan. This they is blew up a plan. Ferris wheel a in Ferris the city wheel. without fear. You said in the city without fear. You're trying to say, and I said to you, you know, I hate to use the... the uh, the thing but this is like no, bin laden what i told you because of local i said this yeah. is like bin laden blowing up dorney park and that wouldn't even be dorney park this is bin laden blowing up space mountain <laughs> you know that they had all these places to pick and things to do to get the world's attention and to cause trouble and to, and to do this and instead of picking the twin towers he decides to blow up a swing set at a local park it, it, to me, it there's too much pomp and circumstance afterwards from what had actually happened. And he's like, even in there, he's talking to the UN. I'm addressing the UN right now. You saw people die. More people are going to die if you don't do this. Well, the problem is to me is probably about 12 people may have died. Yeah. It's not – it just seemed weird. And again, you might say that it's less than – And from Hal's intervention, probably less than that. Yeah, and but you can't – and really, because of Hal even is thrown in there, I would have thought that uh, that kind of ruined the plan. If you said to me that you saw that they were pissed that Hal stepped in and caused issues and like, no, now we're going to go big. Then I'd be okay. But go big or go just, home, son. Yeah, it just seemed, and you can tell me or I'll tell you that probably the reason they can't, they can't have them blow up building like something huge. And well, make, honestly, people I think would go nuts if they did that, which I think would be really cool just for them to have the balls to do that. Yeah. The parallax section of this, when he gets back to Earth and realizes it's going on in Coast City, it would he would go insane. Yeah. And actually, I would like that. So would I. Yeah. So all of a sudden. Ferris wheel, not that big a deal. Yeah, no. He sees something going on, and he thinks the end, again, where you have this misidentity uh, type thing where he shows up. Coast City's got craziness happening, and you have Hal trying to stop it. Parallax sees that and thinks Hal's involved or thinks that he, it's because of what he's done. Like maybe he Or what he hasn't it. done. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe he can't stop it, and that's Parallax's issue. Like, look it. You couldn't even stop this. You're not. That would make more sense to me. I think that possibly at one point, Van Diddy may have had more, you know, more ideas. But they're like, whoa, whoa, buddy. Whoa. Whoa. These guys are getting upset about a fucking goddamn cover. You know, Team Becker will be on you like fucking decent women <laughs> kicking ass. We'll have a whole fucking two days of tweets dedicated to you in a bad way. You don't want to get on their bad side. It's always a bad way. You don't want to have a, a no chick pole or else there is trouble. Ah, but yeah, I thought it was a little uh, overplayed for what happened. But uh, Well, I just want to start out by saying I love the art in this book. The only thing I wish it would be is that because of the, it has a faded color style, and I always think that the color in the Green Lantern book should pop. I've always used the word pop to talk about color because I'm retarded. But uh, I always think it should be brighter than it is. Yeah. Or the brightest book there is, honestly. But this has a really washed out look to it. There's a style choice. Yeah. I just think it should be brighter, but I really like the style that fucking Martin Coco has on this. And Billy Tan does the parallax stuff at the end, yep. which I like as well. I actually, and Billy, I actually love the parallax stuff. I, I'm not a big fan of the. Uh, I know you were talking about this during the annual because Martin Coco did that, and I really liked it. But like you know, there was off points, but everything here was great. They even have a um, a similar thing when Hal's thinking back of like uh, at the ruins of the freaking Ferris wheel. Yeah. 
And it is a complete um, shout out to yeah. Hal and Coast City. Yep, I'm looking at it now. And uh, I'm telling you, I don't like um, I don't like that. Uh, I don't know how I could say it, pencil heavy, but it is very pencil yes. heavy. It's like the shadows instead of having a colored shadow, it is more of a pencil scratchy. Like a cross, scratchy yeah. shadow. I never like that. To me. That looks amateurish. Uh, I'm not an artist. I'm not an artiste, Eric. I'm yes. an asshole. And I just, I don't like that. And it's all shadows. That's all it is. It's every time there's shadow, uh, it's more done with the pencil. Right. I'm not a big fan. I, I'm saying, I love it. I just wish the colors were a little bit brighter as all. Well. But no, it's like, Sonar goes on the local, well, not the local news, but a fucking news broadcast demanding, you know, uh, we're going to keep blowing shit up if the UN doesn't get together and declare that Medora is a sovereign nation. And uh, so Hal's like, you know what? I'm going to stop these fuckers. But the problem is I might have a name and a face now. I don't really know much else about him. So I'm going to go to the one guy I know can help me out. So he goes to Gotham. It's a really cool scene to begin with. He's shining a giant green lantern symbol in the sky like it's a bad symbol. And Jim Gordon shows up. He's like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, Jim Gordon, he's back to being an asshole. He's an asshole. He This is Green Lantern. Honestly, fuck. I actually like it, though, because Green Lantern is a space cop. Yeah. Cops are all about their jurisdiction and wanting to keep shit to, you know, to themselves. That's fine. I, that he makes sense to me. Exactly, exactly like he did Superman. And well, that that bit him in the ass a bit. He realized then that Superman wasn't that bad a guy. And this is it's exact. He's like, this is my city. Honestly, you get out of here. And I just, I, I don't like it. I want to say that Jim Gordon started out okay, but how many heroes have now gone to Gotham? Well, they keep going. I, actually, keep if going. you said, if you tell me... That he's now pissed because every time they show up, they're like, hey, where's Bruce? You're not Bruce. And he's just sick of hearing where's it. Where's the real Batman? I am Batman. Yeah, but it's it's again. And then he's like, hey, he on vacation. What's with the bunny suit? I'm like, well, I know he just got back on. He got yeah. back in town. He just he got, got back, back on to Earth, town. And uh, I think he might have gotten a hold of somebody. Somebody no, would have he, left him a message. He no, he doesn't have any. He went to his fucking brother's house right away, and they went to the music no, park. No, I'm saying, and, though, but he can contact people. I think he would have contacted the Justice League. Right? I don't think he did. I think he was just going oh, on down to visit his family. Too. Why wouldn't he, though? He's been sitting. Even when he's just sitting, he's sitting in the beginning. He's sitting in the uh, the emergency yeah. room with the full freaking Green Lantern garb on, which is very odd to me. Which I would, I'm telling you, one scene it's he has a mask on, the other he doesn't. If he was sitting there, the way he looks, I think it could almost pass as okay if he didn't have that goddamn mask on, well, but it kept going back and forth. Well, I'll tell you, I'm looking at it now and uh, the mask appears to be a construct. Yeah. And it actually is fading. He's actually turning it off. You can tell. He goes to talk to the lady. But then, then it's back then, on. and Well, it's opaque. Then it's not on. He's talking to the lady. He's looking. And then all of a sudden you see his eyes glow green when he gets pissed because he sees what he has to do. And then it comes back. I and that's one that's thing I didn't like, too, is because he's, they're talking and everything like that, the old lady at him. And he starts yeah. crying. Yeah. And a big deal in the back in the day used to be how John Stewart didn't wear a mask because he didn't want it to block his tears. Yeah. And here you see the tears going over top of the mask. I thought it kind of took away from that old thing why John Stewart doesn't wear a mask, mm. which I really liked. Yeah. But so he goes off. He gets. Uh, he talks to Jim Gordon, Batman. Realizes that the Batman's not around anymore, but he still needs information. So Jim Gordon's like, you know what? This will get you out of my city. Here, here's everything you need to know about Sonar and his crew. They he got a training shows camp. Up Wikipedia. Yeah, he has a Wikipedia on his arm. He's uh he's got a training camp over there on the outskirts of Conduct. You can go check that out. All right, flies off. Yep. Yeah. And well, that's the worst part because we have this really cool cover with Green Lantern versus Batman. It's only this really short section that really doesn't do anything. I, I didn't like. Like I said, I didn't like it. I thought Gordon was a dick. I think by now he would have realized that a lot of these guys, 
especially Green Lantern. I don't know what he'd have against him. He has that big thing about Superman. It was that, you know, everywhere you go, you're causing trouble and you're this and that. But I, I don't know. But then you, you get a little backstory about how Sonar destroyed all the people that yeah, were above him, took that. over. I, I thought it was nonsense. That's I the worst part like of the book. That. Yeah, I, I didn't like it. Uh, it matches with what he's supposed to be, the Sonar. But then they go to the training camp. They go to this, uh, you know, this military training camp. And Hal basically tells him, you know, you're going to do what I say. And they, they I like rest. it. And the thing is, he's pissed off. So he's got freaking machine gun constructs pointed right at their face. And he's cocks a gun to prove that he fucking, you know, he means business. And I like it too because since we've been dealing with this, the guy, the guy in charge over there even says to him, you know, you look scared. And I love the fact that we have Hal on Earth and he's so uh, disassociated with how things are going on Earth because he's been dealing with this over the top space battles and shit yeah. like that. And he doesn't know how to react to people anymore. And the, having his freaking nephew get hurt, his biggest fear, he is rattled. And he's supposed to be the, the you know the man without fear to a degree. That's what made him a Green Lantern. The greatest Green Lantern is his ability to overcome fear. Yeah. And here it is, you know, he is having trouble dealing with it. Yeah. And you could see how rattled he is when the freaking Midoran uh, army people, they had these little bombs on the back of their neck, the noise bombs, and their heads blow up all over him. Yeah. And we get the freaking Hal Jordan Wrath of Khan moment. Sonar! Yeah, he yells it. Uh, <laughs> he yells I like know, three you times. Said, you like this. I thought it was, I thought it was generic. The, again, it's, a, it's the same. I told you. It's the same as when you had the villains who have a cyanide tooth yeah. that freaking bite on it. I, I never, and again, it's also, there are these freaking extremists. It, it didn't shock me. It didn't, I thought it was generic. I, I really thought it was stupid. I just really like the whole thing going on with Hal emotionally in this whole scene. Yeah, that's okay. I just, just the actual, that's my biggest with, takeaway. With the guys blowing their heads off. It, uh, yeah. They're, you know, they're what they are. I, I just, it didn't, do anything for me and there's how and again he's there he's all upset he's uh, about his nephew yeah and then you have parallax he's there at oa he's like oh the oh, it's destroyed it's destroyed he's talking about it you can talk about that more because you know more about the whole deal with that anyway well i'm saying oh it's destroyed he sees us and he and the last issue we saw that he was really pissed off that sinestro has followers because this parallax the last thing he remembers seeing in sinestro is he broke his neck before entering the power battery and taking all the power for himself becoming parallax so now he's on this world where he thinks things are supposed to be better He's seen that the freaking Sinestro has followers going through space. He's gone to Oa. Oa is completely destroyed. He starts pulling out that old parallax shit where he's going to remake it. Make it, like, you know, he always wants to remake things like Coast City. And he realized this is not, I destroyed the, the core of my own universe. I can't go remaking it here, which is kind of cool. It shows a little bit of growth to the character. But he's like, I can feel that Coast City is still alive or still going. I'm going there, and I'm going to kill Hal Jordan. I'm like, whoa, 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 that's a giant leap right well, there. It's a giant leap for me because he says he went, but Coast City survives. Yes. Uh, I sense it. It's not too late. I will save it. And I'm like, wait a second, but you're, get, you're jumping a couple spaces there. Like, just because it survived doesn't mean you have to save it. Well, kind of, honestly, if you go back to Lois and Clark, they're dealing with Hank Henshaw, who blew up Coast City. Yeah, but he doesn't know that, right? I know now. he doesn't know that, but, and you know, maybe... You know what I'm saying? It's I do, he's, I know. He's really jumping to, to conclusions. Well, yeah, I'll say, I have to save he, it. I he's have to kill He's doing his exercise by jumping to conclusions. <laughs> he's really, he's working on those abs. I see those abs. He's got some abs. But, yeah, just the fact that he'd be like, I sense it, Coast City still survives. I got to go check it out. Nope, it's... That Hal Jordan's got to end it. It's very odd. It's very odd to jump this conclusion. Uh, 
the more I look at it now, I was telling you that I thought it fell off in general because this he he was one of the guys who went and stopped the crisis, got all that, and then ended up here. But I do I. I don't mind it. Now that I, I was reading it a little while you were talking, right. he even says, I think it was the part where he said, I traveled to the, this universe with the power to devastate worlds. And I was like, huh. But then he says, and the power to recreate them. He's trying to bring back, oh, he can. He's very frustrated. Uh, but yeah, I, he comes off as a little bit extreme himself and heads there unless that's just well, a cliffhanger with well, that. Saying, he doesn't even we, mean that. As we saw in the Convergence Science, the Green Lantern Parallax book, He's just keeps like you know he wants to be Hal Jordan when he, when the the dome was covering the city he was Hal Jordan he didn't have the power the power overcomes him and he like it takes all his emotions to the highest point they have, are so he can't really control it at times like you know killing Hal yeah, Jordan yeah. this might be a like a rage out right there with the power I don't think that that but when he gets to Earth and he sees uh, do you think he's going to have an issue with the gauntlet No I don't think he's going to have any okay. issue with the gauntlet you, you but there's think? no there's no way in my mind. That how Jordan's going to be able to take on Parallax. Well, no. And the other thing that Gauntlet I wish would have happened here is I wish he would have addressed. Now, O is destroyed, so he can maybe assume or maybe he does. Yeah. I don't know. But I would have liked that he searches for the core. They're not there. Yep. So he thinks that somehow, even though he is a done and that's what happened before, somehow it's being recreated. But he doesn't. He does say the core is gone. And this can't be, but he doesn't even seem that angry at that point. It's just like he's, I, I don't know. And, and I'm telling you, his continuity, he destroyed the core. Yeah, I know. But that's, he's saying it's gone, the Sinestro, but it just seems like This is part of, of the course for him. I, all of a sudden, though, he gets freaking out of control and jumps to conclusions. I, I didn't like I, I, That's exactly, I'm sorry, that's exactly how it was in Green Lantern Parallax, which I didn't agree with either at the time for how he was acting. But, you know, we'll have to see what happens. But I really dig that Parallax is in this universe because it just opens up so many goddamn doors. Yeah, I don't know. For me, I would I would like to see a team-up. I would like to see them well, team up. And... Well, we'll see freaking Telos and Parallax team up in the next issue of Telos. Yeah. yeah. I but know. I gave this an 8 out of 10. I would have given it a 5.5. I just really dig seeing Hal on Earth doing Green Lantern shit. I've been missing it for so long with him being the freaking core leader out in space. Honestly, besides, we haven't really seen any... How Jordan on Earth, besides for no, the Justice League, just, because even even when know. we, I'm saying, well, it's a stepping stone. We're yeah. getting, you know, it's like one step at a time. Because even in the beginning of Green Lantern, you know, he got uh, Sinestro, him and Sinestro teamed up. They died, and then they freaking had to go fight the evil Guardians. And now here's the deal, like I'm saying about the uh, sonar and all. To me, it's generic, but it's going to end soon, probably anyway, unless it's a team up with Parallax and how. Jordan and honestly, I think Parallax them. goes destroys it right away. Yeah. I, it's almost, I think it's, there's not going to be any freaking villain That'd fight. That'd be an odd deal to have a whole issue setting up Sonar and then have him just get there and kill him. Because now you have set up the the whole thing with, they set up the uh, the, the sonic bombs. Yes. And that's just set up so that, but they've set up that these followers of him will do anything. They'll kill themselves in his name and then just to have Parallax show up and kill him would be. And then all the, wor- all the freaking army to start worshiping Parallax right there. Yeah, I don't think they would do that. I know. Yeah, I don't. It'd be odd, but yeah, I I didn't like it as much as you. But we're gonna move on to the next book, which. What would you I, give it? But I said I'd give it a five five oh, or did a you? five point five. Okay. And I actually really like Billy Tan's art, but yeah, I didn't like the uh, I didn't like Kokolo's art. I really didn't. I didn't like it in the annual. I don't like that style. It's just a style thing, I guess. I yeah. don't like. Uh, next book is a book that neither of us reviewed. It's Swamp Thing number one. It's written by Len Wein, art by Kelly Jones, Michelle Madsen, and Rob Lay. 
A reintroduction to our favorite muck-encrusted mockery of a man has Swamp Thing beating up an alligator, saving a guy from quicksand. A meaningless visit from the Phantom Strangers cut short by parents beseeching Swampy to save their zombie son. He doesn't. That is Reggie's right. But uh, that's pretty good because, like, not a lot happened. Nope. It's odd. This was something that I was looking forward to. I'm not going to tell you I was disappointed. I just thought there was going to be a little more. And you do. They catch you up right away with a pretty cool intro that was very, very classic. This very whole, nostalgic. This whole, this whole thing, this whole issue is nostalgic in even the storytelling, the art, the narration, everything was. And, and I even, can't even say nostalgic. It's a throwback because yeah, it's, yeah. it's even before my time yeah, well, yeah. for the style of the freaking more, art to the freaking like, captions. It's retro. Yes. You know it right away. And I really – like I actually really like this sort of narration. So do I. And it, it – when I read it, I, I think of it in, I don't know, even maybe Vincent Price talking, but it's like this this different voice, and it's like scary. And this is a horror comic. Definitely. Uh, through and through. Uh, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I just thought it was going to be something more. Uh, what do you think? I, I thought exactly the same thing. I really dug all the elements of this book, even though we don't get a lot going on in this first issue. Yeah. It is Swamp Thing fighting a goddamn zombie. Yeah, well, he starts off uh, just he fights an alligator first. Yes. And the weirdest thing, he's fighting the alligator, and it's it, again, yes, it's a setup to kind of show his power set, uh, and by showing by him telling you what he could do, yeah. though he doesn't, kind of sets up like okay, he's more powerful. I get, I get the idea, but the, no. fun, the funniest thing in this whole thing, he gets tied up with the vines. And then it throws him, and he says, at the muck monster's command, the vines hurl the startled reptile away to plunge unharmed in the murky water several hundred yards away. He's like five feet away. Yeah, he's not that that far at all. I saw people laughing about it. Uh, That's the first thing I saw. I'm like, huh, he didn't go that far. Now, where we pick up in this book, do you feel that this is a standalone to the old continuity? Or personally, I think this could continue where we left off with Charles Sewell Run. Uh, I think it is both. It shows you that uh, it gives you, I'm telling you, the way they start off, because they have the, uh, you know, the classic, the chemical explosion, jump yeah. into the swamp. They have that, and that, to me, that's like, okay, we're, we're getting back to the... Saying that's, that's classic. That. It yeah. didn't do, it didn't go into Scott Snyder stuff where, you know, Alec Collin died and he was a recreation. No, no. That's, it didn't yeah. do any of that, but you can also say it is there as well without it saying it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it could. I don't. And again, I, yeah, but I do think, I think that this, it, he, Glenn Wing did a really good job of tying in with, especially Charles Soule's run. Yeah. But, uh, but also going back to the beginning to make it seem like a classic story that tied into that current new 52 stuff that made that feel right. Right. You know what I mean? Because I it do. does. He mentions the part of the tree. That was always, a lot of the stuff was always around, right. but it really like, it stressed it more. And it even said, like the one thing that got me was when Phantom Stranger shows up, which is right after the alligator fight, I believe. <laughs> yes. And talks to him and says, basically, you know what? The, the, the parliament of trees is a little pissed off. You know, the green's mad at you. You, you don't want to be involved. And he's like, no, I, I don't want to be involved. I want to be a, I would take two seconds of, of a man than being a, a plant for the rest of my life. And to me, that's more classic. Yeah. He, uh, in, yes, he did. And he, in the Charles Soul run, he even used the, uh, the, what were the serene to yes. try to become a man again. But it all seemed like it was for a purpose. It was not like he wasn't always bitching and moaning. 
uh, this seems like it's back to like even the movie or so. And this actually, to me, this reminded me a lot of the movie. Oh, me as for well. Adrian Barbeau to show up. So was I. <laughs> show her tits, but unfortunately, it's now Adrian Barbeau, and nobody oh, wants to see her. No. Uh, yeah. Those it, basically, she was, you know, tight tight shirts. That's what that was. What she or no was, shirts. Uh, yeah, or no shirts, but. Yeah, but it, it that's what it seemed to me. And uh, Phantom Strangers in it, I think that is a throw-in. Um, doesn't do anything. No, Just, it doesn't do hey, anything. Hey, I'm here. The Parliament's pissed off. The Green's pissed off. And be careful what you wish for. Yeah, I'm I, out. He reminded me of like he, either he could have been uh, – you didn't need Phantom Stranger. You could have Phantom, uh, Swamp Thing at a Chinese restaurant and <laughs> opening up fortune cookies. Or you could have had the Magic 8-Ball. He said with the Magic 8-Ball, uh, is my future going to – does not look good. The future does not look good. Uh, Ask again later. Is the Parliament of Trees uh, mad at me? Yes. <laughs> you know, it, it just, he didn't give much. He was just there. I think it was just there to, like, get you excited about it. Yeah, it did. Yeah, just there. There was no other reason. I'm sure he'll just keep jumping back in, like, That's periodically. What I, thought. I thought that, he, and in fact, um, you find out later that he's the narrator. Yep. Full sense to me. Uh, and he's kind of observing him and telling his story, and he's telling us the story. The, and I'll even say what I would say at the end uh, right now. What shocks me about this is it does not seem now. We're, we're told that this is a six-issue mini now. I thought that they kind of skirted that issue before, and of course we've said that. It's, it's, very, it's a sliding scale of what you're going to do. If this makes tons of money, I don't think it will. But if it does, they, they'll add some. But if this is a six-issue... This stuff, nothing, like having Phantom Strangers show up and do nothing seems odd. Agreed. Because you don't have a lot of time. I would have liked a lot more. And and the issue as a whole, I would have liked a lot more. Because the next thing he does is just save a guy who's stuck in a fucking quicksand. Who saves him. And again, I love the narration when they I have was it. really, I was really thrown off at first because he, he gets saved. Like Swamp Thing comes out, saves this guy's wife screaming. And like, here, he'll be all right. Be careful where you stand. And I'm sitting here wondering to myself. Why aren't they screaming at yeah, this yeah, goddamn yeah. muck man? Yep. And they're like, oh, we actually came too. out looking for you. Yeah, they're not looking very well. They went right in that quicksand. They're like, no, we're, we're looking for you, our son. And, and again, now you get into a part where this is now we're talking a, a horror comic. Oh, yeah, old school. Yeah, where the kid goes to a, a fucking college or a school. The Crowley College. School, the Crowley I, College. Yeah, this the is like Crowley, a college I would have wanted to go to. Crowley College. He goes there and uh, – the guy is doing that. Professor Crisp is doing experiments on killing people and bring them back to life. And I guess, I don't know. It seems like they would then ask the hokey questions like, did you see a light? Yeah. Shit like that. But unfortunately. It's a crazy like, college. Yeah, yeah. Their son does not come back and he's dead. And they pull the he's plug on him. They pull the plug and then that's when he disappears. He goes after that crisp and they find his body parts everywhere. Everywhere. All over. And again, it's very it's very classic horror. I, the thing is, too, because they're sitting around telling Swamp Thing the story after he saves him. And uh, I love it because they're sitting around a campfire. And all I can imagine this whole time, this guy's telling the story about his son and what happened and how they need Swamp Thing's help. And I just imagine Swamp Thing hears this wood screaming at him from the fire. Yes. Yeah, I actually thought I didn't even think of that. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I, I actually thought it was gonna be like at the end, he's like, and he had a hook. <laughs> 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 I start running. 
But now they, they tell about the sun. He's like, yeah, I'll figure it out. And and goes, we know you're the protector of the swamp, but don't worry. This college is right on the edge of the swamp. Yeah. yeah. All right. So luckily. Uh, yeah, and he's like, you just killed my, my fucking brothers there in that fire. <laughs> you sons of bitches. It won't stop screaming. Yeah. So they go. And uh, they go to the college. They find the, the guy, the, the fucking zombie comes out. He's, it's basically, again, classic horror. It's going after everyone that was in on this. In the classroom, classroom, yeah. And some of them even were friends uh, or seemed to be. But they let it, you know, he's going to kill everyone. It's a pretty cool look. I like yeah, the art in this I really do. And uh, they're there. They're fighting. He rips them apart. He it's very classic horror comic. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm I love saying. it so it's, much. Just even look at its swamp thing. This is more of a horror comic to me than a swamp thing comic. It really is. Uh, I'm, you want to see the best panel? The one that I thought, holy shit, if you have the book. Uh, Zombie it, with the moon above him? That's awesome. No, it's even before. It's when they're telling Swamp Thing the story. And he, the, the fire, the campfire is from underneath. And it's just Swamp Thing's face, and he goes, "Go on!" And I was like, Holy <laughs> shit, that that is like a hard comic. But yeah, the classic. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, it's so good. But yeah, then the next one is that uh, the full moon. So good. Uh, but yeah, they fight, and he rips Swamp Thing in half. At one point, Swamp Thing's like, "Listen, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna help you. We're gonna take you back to your parents." Now he wants to kill his parents. Uh, yeah, this everybody's guy, gonna pay. This guy's he blames everyone. Jesus Christ, nothing's his fault. Fucking, what's his name? I don't even uh, know. Laszlo. Oh, La- yeah, Laszlo. There you go. I'd kill my parents just for giving <laughs> me that fucking name. But yeah, he rips Swamp Thing apart. And the best thing is, is that we've seen Swamp Thing enough that we know that this doesn't matter, really. They made a point in the beginning with the alligator. Yeah, this doesn't matter. So It's, it's kind it's of a, a cool, cool cliffhanger. It's yeah, a very I'll... cool look. And then it's uh, next issue is a Liam Neeson movie, Eric. I Walk Among the Tombstone? Yeah. Walk Among the Tombstones. This fucking Laszlo has a very specific set of skills. Thing is, I watched that movie. I have no idea what happened in it. Yeah, it I, takes you five. Told me about it. You told me something about a son being kidnapped, possibly. I forget. You told I'm me. telling you, it could have been fucking Run All Night as well. I have no idea. All the Liam Neeson movies run together for me. Yes, they do. But yeah, I liked it enough. Uh, yeah. There was, I wished, I really wanted more, but I love the art. I like the old school touch i like the uh the feel of it i really do but all in all basically he fights an alligator saves people from a goddamn uh, quicksand quicksand then they Here's say a story. their son is a zombie and he goes and fights the zombie and gets ripped in half not a lot happens not at all and phantom stranger jumps in there for a second i would i would have given it a seven out of ten i think that's what reggie actually gave it as well. i think i give it a 7.5 because okay, i just yeah. really love the feels yeah, uh, the, I do too. everything about the book i'm saying you don't get a lot with the book, but what you do if you're a fan of this, it is a fucking, yeah, and, it's tits. Uh, like I, it's tits. I haven't heard somebody say that in a long time. Uh, what I really like about it is that, is Len Wein seems that, well, again, it is a classic Swamp Thing story, but I like how it's kind of sneaking in a horror story, a horror comic into the DCU. Yeah. Uh, because that you don't get that. That's actually Yes, why, I do. That's actually like uh, why I like uh, Omega Men, because that's more of a hard sci-fi book that you don't get much. Uh, yes, but the next one is another Can horror comic. I'm going to say. Oh, what is, so what's we that? Ha- um, no, I was going to say, we have a horror comic next. Yeah, How yeah dare the you? next comic. Well, yeah, but I'm saying this looks to be a horror comic. Yes. It's not an issue or, a, you know, an, uh, this seems Story to be arc, good. I get you. But yeah, this one is a horror as well. And it, uh, up until now... We always thought it was a horror to read. Boom, boom. 
Not even uh, still still now. Yeah, anyway, Green Arrow Green Arrow number forty eight, written by Ben Percy with art by Patrick Zercher, Gabe Altieb, and Rob Lai. Getting back to that story that was introduced in October's annual, we see that Oliver is becoming a werewolf, and as ludicrous as that sounds, it doesn't start out that bad. Oliver uses his heightened skills to hunt and hike and eventually takes on a werewolf because why wouldn't there be something out there in the rainier wilderness that's exactly like Oliver is dealing with? Even though our hero knows he's turning into a monster, he decides to be a big dummy and just go with it because he's finally super. Yes. I, I'm telling you, I started this book. I never have a high opinion of this book going in because I have not liked any of Ben Percy's run. But when I started this book out, I was having a good time reading it. I was too. I, it's a, it's I, a parallel to what Superman's going through, but it, it makes is. sense. It. It, I like that fact that it is uh, a something that's horrible that's happened to him, but it's kind of what Superman has been wanting to have. Exactly. You know he mean? wants something to give it's, him powers. It's the Black Mass. It's when yes. Superman got the Black Mass, and he knew it was wrong, but he was going to take it. And, uh, yes, I, I like I even like, I like the way Ben Percy sets up the whole thing. I like that there's another... Uh, werewolf that can you can play off of the way I think that's see, fucking bullshit. No, I think that that's good because there you find you do get to see then the wrong side of things. And he the the dad even spells it out later like he liked it. He went with and I I like that you get to see the end game of what will happen to Oliver if he goes with it. That's the only reason I thought he was I, in I, there. It was so it was just too convenient for me. We have I'll say Oliver is he's left Seattle. He he's discovering what this is going to do to him this glucose virus. And he goes to this, the Rainier Wilderness to be by himself and there's a caretaker there and it just so happens that his son is a werewolf as well. Yeah. It's just it's just nuts to me. I don't know. It's not good storytelling. I'm telling you. And the only reason, like uh, Oliver's out hunting and shit like that, he gets it. He bags a deer and brings it back. He's gonna cook some up for the caretaker. Oh, I don't like you know. No, no, none of us know who this caretaker is. And Oliver's just like, no. sorry to hear about your son. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. That's, uh, I was thinking, did you did you go back and read the annual? No. Okay, I I didn't either. Um, I thought I remember, but I couldn't remember how it ended. Do you remember? It ended how? with freaking uh, the the what the hell is that dude's name? The berserker biker yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, fucking yeah. biting uh, biting Oliver. That's what I thought. And the the weird thing is, is yes, time has gone on, but it seems like we're supposed to know a lot of. What, no, that's why it's very I mean. convenient because he just needs to have this werewolf to see I a mean. parallel. That's, so he's like, hey, sorry to hear about your son. He died. And, and okay, it's we don't. I'm saying Maroc we don't. Was the guy Maroc, Yeah. yeah. Well, we've never met this character, so it means nothing to us. So I when know. he shows up as a werewolf at the end, who gives a shit? Yeah, I, I yeah, I just thought that it was okay because you get the idea. Now, I did like that you have the uh, bearded Oliver. I oh, like I love that. that. He's like kind of like you get the the you know he's doing normal stuff. Oliver stuff it seems and yeah. then you realize and he's mentioned it he's had these dreams he yelled and it's like the, it's the, it's the very hokey, bad dialogue the hokey so. like I I heard a scream but was that a scream or that's the thing he, he tells us in his, his freaking monologuing his little captions out you know he's been waking up screaming every night with the freaking thought of Maroc yeah. but then he like you know he wakes up and like he's talking to George and all of a sudden you hear a like a like a howl outside yeah. Was, was that me just reverberating, yeah, reverberating says, off the maybe, mountains? I like if he was talking to that guy then. He's like, yeah. Or maybe it was. Did you no. hear that? You know or what? Maybe, Honestly, maybe it was he... nothing. Or my own scream cycling back to me. The guy's like, you, you mean an echo? Honestly, <laughs> I'm like, that is the strangest thing anybody's ever said out loud to yeah, me. Yeah. 
I mean, like, that sounds like you're saying it's an echo. And I, I did, I kind of like that they throw Ico in, but not enough. Yeah, it's, and it's it not like, you know, she's worrying about where it's No, at. this was Cullen and uh, freaking Stephanie Harper. Brown in a turn. Yeah. You have to have Harper say it so that you remember or realize that she, it's not like she's just ditched them. She's and been the best part of Ben Percy's run, and she hasn't even been in the last yeah, two story arcs, yeah, really. It's Like I said, it's more of him saying, like, yeah, I didn't forget about her. And then they throw in the thing with the uh, the CEO-type deal. Where yeah. He, uh, very odd. Which I don't even talk about. It's, that's such a weird thing to have in the CEO odd. likes getting dominated and fucking, yeah. uh, I don't yeah. know. It's, I, I it's, it's a very either. odd bit. I didn't it even put it in my review. It was very odd. Honestly, uh, Oliver just has to get his shit together and get back because they have business meetings and the guy's getting fucking whipped with a goddamn crop. Uh, well, what the hell do they call them? A fucking horse all, crop. We all shit. have troubles, Oliver. Some of us just do a better job of managing them privately and be here. And there he is. He's getting whipped. He likes that. I don't know. But yeah. Another thing, I'm, like I'm telling you, it started out really strong for me because I like this inner, this inner turmoil between Oliver and this Lucas virus and what he's going to do about it because he likes having these heightened senses and strength and speed, yeah. but it's going to fucking turn him into a monster. I like this whole turmoil. But then the rest of the book just became nonsense to me, and I'm getting pissed off at Ben Percy because oh, yeah. he keeps doing this thing in every story arc where Oliver comes across these two lost hikers. Their GPS is battery dead. Mm-hmm. They can't find the car. He gives them batteries, and they move on right into a fucking werewolf. And then Oliver like, you know, comes at back dressed as Green Arrow and starts fighting the world. But I'm like, he keeps revealing his identity to everybody. Man. The last person they saw was a guy who looks similar to this guy in this domino mask over here who had the same wolf and said this is private property. Yeah, if I take it back to the main, like, the, like fucking civilization, put two and two together, yeah. they're going to tell everyone. I, it, yeah. Well, it's like uh, what's going to happen. It's like Gilligan's Island. Like Oliver's there, and he is on the island and promises to say something later. These people are going to die no matter what. In this book, if you find out that, you're dead. Not that he's yeah. doing but I just like that they're, they're skiing. They say they've been lost. They, it looks like there's a pretty bad storm going on, right? Oh, yeah. It says 10 more inches expected to fall before this. It's a lot of snow. Oh, yeah. These people are lost. It's a guy and a girl that look like they're younger, obviously. Why, why wouldn't he at least just help them somewhere? He just gives them batteries. And they're going to die. And uh, the other thing is, he they are being threatened. He is about to shoot them with a fucking arrow. And then later they talk about how great a time they're having. Oh, they yeah. got lost in a snowstorm. A they were accosted by a madman with a bow and arrow. Yeah, bow and arrow. And, and he gave us batteries. It's the greatest fucking... Oh, you know what? I'm glad we got lost. It's beautiful out here. Beautiful. <laughs> fucking Fuck. nature. Did you say beautiful? He's about to kill him. <laughs> so stupid. And then, yeah, then there's George. George just found where it looks like you find out later. Yeah, that. fucking werewolf boy was tied up. He got loose, and now he's stalking in the fucking wilderness, and he goes after these two hikers. And... Green Arrow has to stop him, but the real hero of this book is the werewolf's father who realizes that Fred Gwynn was right in Pet Cemetery. Sometimes dead is better, and he shoots his son. Um, You know who I think is the bravest person? And maybe you'll say she's frozen in fear, but that girl... She is frozen in fear. Holy moly. The girl's boyfriend, husband, whatever it is, he just gets slashed apart, and she's just looking. Just looking. Now, what are you going to do with that girl now? Now, she has seen full-out Oliver. She's seen a werewolf. Her fucking boyfriend's dead. How does her life go on after this? What Poorly. <laughs> and even she's that 
Oliver is kind of a well, werewolf now. Honestly, at this point, she could use the information that Oliver is Green Lantern. I'm a Green Lantern. Green, Green Arrow. Arrow. And, to, like, you know, blackmail him and get a shit ton Maybe. of money. And not only that, like, I saw you. You were a va- you were a werewolf, too. And that's the thing, too. And he Like, the werewolf gets shot, and then he's going to say he pulls a doomed on us, which is the worst, like, yeah. reference to pull I on somebody. I put in my notes. I'm like, we just got over doomed. I don't want the, you know, hey – Everything will be all right, but that's rah, not what rah, I was rah, saying. Rah, 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 rah. So we have that, and then fucking Oliver realizes, you know what? I'm a goddamn werewolf. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I kind of dig it. I'm just going to go in the woods and be a wild man. Yeah. And in the meantime, why wouldn't the dad kill Oliver right then and there? He's killed his son, his fucking own flesh and blood, because he's a werewolf. He has to know that Oliver's now a werewolf, and it's going to end up like his son. If, if it, he's already killed somebody, just kill Oliver. One, one kill at a time, baby. I think he would have. They were fighting. He was holding his own. It's not like he's like, hey, Oliver, thanks a lot. No, he's, he's distraught at killing his son, which is ridiculous. It's not his son. Your son died a long time ago. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be distraught about your son turning into a werewolf and having to shoot him in the face? I, I think, though, I would have shot Oliver then. He just lets him go, and then well, George, I'm saying, George at, would be he, next. Eric. He was at a, he was at a distance. He didn't have he maybe didn't see the fangs. No, they they walked right by each other. Then he's still all fucked up and sees. The mascara was running rah, down his eyes. You couldn't see. He called him a fucking cab. <laughs> <laughs> They're fighting, and he has a fucking scope. He sees it. He does these. He doesn't care. He never liked that kid. The kid but, would never move out. He and actually, I'm saying he likes Albert pays his goddamn bills. Yeah. Yeah, I think Oliver's the son he always wanted. <laughs> the <laughs> one who fucking took care of him. Yeah, fucking is that, what's that kid, what's his son name? Is his name Laszlo as well? I don't even know what his son is. I'm telling Laszlo I, too. They're all awful. This book is just way too convenient and the horror element is so forced and I can't have a good time with it because yeah, all I want okay. is a Green Arrow book. Again, and I can't, I get a green arrow. It's almost like that yeah. one Sonic game that came out where you want to play a new Sonic game, and then all of a sudden Sonic turned into a goddamn werewolf, and he's slow. I'm like, this is not what I want. Or even in the Zelda game, when Link turned into a werewolf. That's not what I want. I want green arrow to be green arrow, not a goddamn hey, werewolf. That was a retelling of Lady Hawk, my friend, oh, and I loved Hawk. it. I actually liked that. The Twi- was that Twilight Princess, right? Yeah. I-, I liked it until I got like halfway through and then I was done, which actually is kind of like this book because I did really like the beginning. I liked the yeah. idea that he was kind of even thinking, you know what? I, d- I didn't have uh, superpowers, but now I can. Now I can stand toe to toe with them. But they didn't go with that. Instead, they went nuts. And, and so yes. I love Patrick Zercher's art on this because uh, – He's growing out the beard a bit. He looks like classic Oliver a bit, and I really enjoy that. But the story's just nonsense to me. Yeah, uh, it's a half and half for me. But yeah, I like Patrick. It's Patrick's a it's a quarter and three quarter for me. Yeah, probably you might be right. But yeah, I at, at least the old guy got his glasses back. He can't see can't without, see his, without glasses. his glasses. <laughs> he can't see without the glasses. I <laughs> oh, can't see. Oh, Thomas J. Six out of ten. I actually would have given it a seven. Like I said, I like the art a lot. Uh, so did I. I like it. it's one of those. We're we're gonna have uh, later as well with Midnighter when you have an issue of a series that you really have not liked any of the issues for a while, and something kind of piques your interest. Half decent, yeah. yeah. I'm okay with it. Uh, though if I was that dad, I would have killed Oliver. Seven out of ten, Eric. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna take a little break, and then we will be back for the finale, Eric. The finale of this podcast. Three more books. We're okay. talking about every goddamn book this week, but we will be back in a second. The mother of all comedies has a new sheriff in town. 
is back in the house. Big Mama, you stole my man. She stole a man. My mama raised a lady. She raised a heifer. This January. This is Big Mama. She's going to be our new nanny. Oh, my goodness. Boy, you are two kinds of crazy. What you gonna do with all that junk? All that junk inside your trunk. I'ma get, 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 get you drunk. Get you love drunk off my hump. My hump, my hump. And we're back. Hooray. You know what? Tomorrow at this time, I will be at work. That Good times. Screw it up. It is 3 o'clock in the morning, Eric, and we have three more books left. Uh, <sighs> uh, what do we do this for? What is this business plan that these people are talking about? We do fucking... All this work for nothing. Here. Visit our Patreon account. At- uh, yes, and then uh, please click on our Amazon link. I wouldn't even know how to put that up. Fucking code weird. <laughs> Go to, to mattresses.com and put in weird out loud. <laughs> All right. They, I'm sure somebody's going to go and put that in, and somehow it's like a crazy thing where they get a free mattress. Very, <laughs> very happy. But we're going to start this section with three books. Uh, I like one of them. Yeah. Actually, I like two, but we'll talk. My first one is the one I like. Uh, Action Comics number 48, written by Greg Pak, art by Aaron Cooter, Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, Tomei Moray, and Steve... Wands. While Action Comics and this whole truth storyline haven't been great, I like this issue. The reason is simple. Superman is starting to act like his old self. Of course, this issue isn't hurt by the Justice League United and Ray Parmel showing up and seeing Superman flying around in the Metallo armor is one of my favorite Superman moments since June. Vandal Savage is showing what a formidable foe he can be, and Superman better step it up, or the Justice League may be done for. Oh yeah, why the hell is Frankenstein back to being bad? He's breaking bad. He's breaking bad. And this issue starts off right where the Superman annual left off. And it has Superman trying to save everyone with the Watchtower and Vandal Savage's starship fused together. Uh, I know you didn't like this as much as I did. I know. I just had certain issues. I'm going to tell you. We were going back and forth because we were comparing like Midnight or an Action Comics to one another about what makes us not like books and shit like that. It's just honestly little things. Yeah. Like, um, in this book, I like the idea that where Superman gets this metallo kryptonite field suit. Yes. But when Steel is explaining it, I have no idea why this suit would kill Superman in hours, but a normal person in a minutes. I don't, I don't, all, all I can think of is that it is charged by kryptonite. And it's got a radioactive type of uh, thing going. I'm, sa- I'm saying if it's the stress the suit does on the body, um, like the Batman's Hellbat suit that he had in Batman and Robin, I could go with that. But it's just a weird thing to say because Kryptonite is Superman's like one of two weaknesses. That's, yeah. Sh- I'm sorry, he's depowered already. This should just straight out murder his ass. Yeah, I think that it's contained enough that it's just a slow seat. But yeah, <laughs> I think that it's. I don't mind because it is basically saying there's no way out of it. It's going to kill him. Yeah. It's not, you know, I think that it's contained enough. I just like where you're, you had an issue. I just like the fact that he says, like, you give us another week to tinker around with it. Shit's going to be on point. But if you want it right now, there's some trouble. It's a death machine. Yeah. So, But before that, you have Vandal Savage, and his whole plan is in effect. He's fused into the Watchtower. And that we find out that what his whole thing that he's up to is that he was there to kidnap or capture the Justice League. 
Yes. Which he does. They were the, they were the anomaly in space they went after in, uh, in the, the carrier in the last issue of Superman Annual. Yes. So they, they're there. They have them. And even with, like, Wonder Woman showing up, like, this is one of those where I told you that it's, like, a plan where even if they weren't at the Watchtower, yeah. uh, they're going to show up. They're going to get there. And I think they pop, I think they popped out of the bleed right in, like, the middle of the Watchtower because it's fused into the carrier. And it's very weird the way they're doing it. Yeah. Like, it's not really explained why they fused into the Watchtower, but yeah, I'll go I with it. I didn't understand why it was fused either. Um, but the thing that starts it off, which I think that's what threw you a little off at the deal, but I see it now as well, is what they're being attacked by and what the, fuse, the fusion is being done is from all these superpowers, probably most of Superman's, in fact, right. are what's doing everything. It's what's capturing the Justice League. Even see, I didn't even realize, looks like uh, Lex in the first panel with Cyborg. Right. I, but yet he, you know, you don't really see him any other time, and now I see him. But yeah, it's it's that power that they're getting. There's power ring, which seemed a little off to me. It's but, very uh, off. And there's Wonder Woman, and it's funny because this seems to me to be one of the only times that Wonder Woman has used that new fucking suit with those blades when coming the blades out. Blades coming out. Yeah, you never like, see that anywhere else. Yeah, no, and it, it actually, I'm like, what? Oh yeah, that that's her new suit. That's her new thing. But yeah, they get them. Uh, Wonder Woman's talking to Superman, and all of a sudden, fucking Frankenstein comes from behind, grabs her. It's obvious he has the black mask. It's all yes. it looks like he just took a fucking nap in a fucking pool. Tar pit. Fucking tar. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, the thing that threw me off is Frankenstein, number one, as normal Frankenstein, uh, would not do this. No. And I don't know why in that issue of, I guess it was, was that Batman and Superman, right? Batman and Superman. In what? Uh, with Wrath. No, it's Action Comics. Oh, oh, yeah, you're right. It is action. Well, then, then it's really bad because in action comics, <laughs> uh, friggin' Vandal closed up. He took away the black mass. Yes. Wrath was using it. Superman sucked it out of everyone and was going to go full out and Vandal. Tw- Why would he open it up again? Why he, would he use he, this? I'll say they said something about he, like, you know, the one he's going to do the bombs all over the city. I guess he retold it and then gave it back. Well, again, the, well, so it can't he, be used against him. I don't again, know that the black mass bombs were still around. Yeah. I'm just saying this black mass in the in the thing that did Frankenstein, and also why was Frankenstein still just hanging? I don't know. Uh, he got he got kind of saved. He would have left. I thought that so. Makes we didn't. No sense. He was knocked out. I guess Superman hit him into that jet too goddamn hard. Yeah, I guess. I yeah, remember that's you know what did he say? What did they call that? When he hit him into the jet, they had a really odd. Oh, I don't like, recall. Way of terming it like you think that's a good. Idea. I forget. It was so stupid. But yeah, the whole thing with uh, even when I like action comics, the whole thing with Superman versus Frankenstein has been just odd. And he, Franken, uh, Superman yells like, "Ah, you have the supremacist and horror and wrath and Frankenstein and all <laughs> those other enemies who attack me." And it just seemed like that's what they're going with it. Anybody who's attacked Superman is now his full-out enemy. I, uh, it's, it's a bunch of nonsense. But then they're, they're why'd gathering. you have to kill Mister Ben? But well, now we get stuck with Frankenstein, yeah, which really, doesn't make any it sense. It seemed like it's the they need that that person. You need to, to fill the suit. He's Johnny Bravo over there. He <laughs> fits the suit. Um, but yeah, I actually like Vandal Savage calls out and says, listen, I'm doing this because, yes, you save people, Superman, but you don't change the world. You don't let them save themselves. And that's what I'm after. And he's, that's not all he's after. He, he does want to take over the world. Yeah, he wants to conquer the world. He so, wants to be king. In the meantime, out of a weird way, why in God's name did they have that fucking... Uh, that fighter jet 
get a guy ejects out and Superman has to leap up and I'll now, go with he, it. It's a leap. No, even that, though, it's the stupidest thing because why isn't that guy attached to his seat? It looks like he fell out. It's yeah, so saying, weird. He should have buck- he should have buckles all well, they, over him. It seems like the buckle. You even see the buckles there. There's just like a. It's like he. It's like, it's like one he, belt. I'm saying though, it's like he fucking wanted to be a badass. I'm not gonna wear my seatbelt this so time. Weird, but yes, yeah, Superman gets him. He jumps in. It does. That did not make any sense to me, especially when you know you're gonna eject, but you don't have a goddamn belt on. Yep, and then you have the black mass, and, and Vandal calls it out to Raph, like, "Yeah, you failed in Houston. We're gonna do it right this time." And that's when the uh, Justice League United show up. And I'm right. telling you, I really liked it. I, I, I don't mind. I thought it was really cool. I don't know why Stargirl is using that lasso. I'm saying that. To make it seem that, like, oh, it's Wonder Woman. I'm saying that the cosmic staff can manipulate energy. I've yeah. never seen her yet, like, manipulate it almost like a construct. Yeah, Except yeah. for a blast or a fucking force yeah, field. it seemed weird. And, it again, it was just for a little bit of a, a panel. Diana? Turn. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Diana. It's, nope. It's me, nope. Stargirl. I love it too because he does that. Uh, Diana, hey, no, it's me, Star Girl. Steal. <laughs> He's like, huh? I'll talk to you later, Star Girl. But yeah, you even have Adam Strange there, which just God ignores her completely. Adam Strange is there, and all that stuff that went in the JLU. Obviously, I never would have thought in any stretch that they're even gonna think anything of this. No. But what I would I would have liked it if they would have said like they they showed up there because of an anomaly. I'm saying Vandal's shit like now that. is now an anomaly. Yeah, I would love that. The word. I would really like that, but they don't. And and Adam Strange is he's not talking. He's mute. He doesn't <laughs> want to say anything. You got Equinox there. She ain't gonna talk either. But Nobody yeah, talking. Like you said, it's like, hey, Steel. And then they go and it's honestly I don't think anybody talks besides Steel and Stargirl. Yeah. yeah. No, they don't. And it's That's so what I'm weird. Saying. They're just there. They're there to show you it's the team. Yeah, to show you this is how big shit's going because we yeah. need another team in here. Well, yeah, it's it's kind of weird. And even like Green Arrow would be a guy who, you know, yeah. talk a lot. He does. And and besides, he's a werewolf, Eric. We know that. <sighs> Fucking now man. know that. But yeah, they're going. And, and there's the werewolf. Weird, there is the weird part where Vandal Savage is using uh, things that he basically has a plane blow up because he explains to Raph that he's doing this to find his children. She kind of explains it by yelling at him. I don't know what's going on. I really don't. This plane blows up. This guy, I didn't even, that's Manship called me out on the site. I didn't even mention the review because I was like, I don't know what's going on. Until I know what's going on, I'll, I'll freaking sweep Keep it close to the chest. Sweep I got it you. under the rug, baby. Because he, the guy comes out of the, um, the wreckage. Well, it's what I'm saying. They dropped the, blast, the black mass bombs. And I'm guessing this guy was affected because he's trying to pull out, like, you know, he, he needs to know who his children are. And somehow these are affecting his children. So the guy explodes, I believe, and that causes the plane to crash and the firefighters show up. We can't take Dr. this fire down. Phosphorus. No, I was we've looking seen, around. We've seen him around. We've yeah. Seen him before. No, I couldn't find anybody who I thought it would be. He walks out of the wreckage. They can't put him out. They're <laughs> trying to put out of the fire. And then later you see a monitor of him. Wow, he's cyborg now. He looks like cyborg. Why I have no idea. Cyborg out of nowhere. Very odd. The other thing that that gets me. Idiots. The other thing that gets me in this, yeah, idiots. That the thing that gets me with this as well is there's a plane with very innocent people going down, and yet there is no reaction from the JLU. Not at from all. Freaking what is this Doctor Fate? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They don't even react, and you could say to me, well. They wouldn't be able to do anything anyway, but no, I don't want to hear that. They would have done something. They would have tried. They would have went to the wreckage. No, they just leave. 
They don't care. Uh, but then you go and you have uh, Ray Palmer. He shows up. And again, I saw him. And yes, very odd version of Ray Palmer that looks like they a... They revamped him a bit. He looks like the regular Clark Kent. Yeah, I'm t- I was talking about the suit, but yeah, they re- they've totally revamped his personal look because he looks like Clark, Actually, which is you, bullshit. If you told me this was a little bit older uh, Superboy, I'm in. He I can go like with it too. Agreed. Yeah, he, it's very odd. Uh, but yeah, he's got the Metallo version 5.0 He's got brown armor. hair, goddammit. Yeah, he's got a 5.0 Metallo armor. Uh, the, Superman's basically saying, desperate times, come on, give it to me. Uh, he goes on. You, I like. Do you like? Do you like? Uh, you don't like the helmet you told me of the Adam suit. No, I'm say I. I'm so used. To, I was thinking about this too. It's kind of a jerk off thing to say when we were first talking about this. When I looked at the book, yeah. I didn't care for it. But this is really the first time that we've had, besides for that Batman Superman, where they shrunk down into Batman's brain. Yeah, yeah. This is the first time really that we've had Adam go and do something besides for Future's End as well. And, like, you know, this is pretty much the first suit. Well, why not have this be the suit? It's a revamp. DCU New 52 suit. I dig it. I just yeah, don't like I the like way it. he looks outside the suit, honestly. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Because um, he looks like Clark Kent. Yeah, he does. But uh, the whole thing is, is they're like, okay, he's got the Metallo armor on. It's way better than Metallo remake. He's like, let's go. And they go out, and I really like it. I like seeing Superman fly. He um, likes it. It's cool. We're all having it, a good yeah. time. And in fact, like I said to you, and I said in my review, and I even talked to Reggie, I'll tell you right now, I like it because this isn't that, and some of it's a feeling of how it's going, but this isn't the, um, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get my powers because I, wa- I don't want to be ignored. Or I do- he tried to fly in the sun. Basically, he was going to commit suicide <laughs> because he basically, in my mind, said, if I don't have powers, I'm nothing. I'm going to do this. It doesn't come off like this. He no. went to get the suit. He turned the corner in yeah. the end. Yeah, he's going to risk his life um, to do this because people need to be saved. And yeah, again, right. it is the Justice League. I need to be saved so too, Superman. That. Yeah, really. Uh, then you get to the point, Vandal Savage, uh, Wrath starts backlipping him. And well, he, fuck, he fucking punches her right in the face. I want <laughs> to see where, I, I want to know where the controversy is. Where's DC women kicking ass? Because Wrath just got backhanded. No, that's but, okay because he's her father. Oh yeah, well yeah, yeah. That makes it fine. And then afterwards, I think in the next panel, makes it fine in your house, a, Jim. It's a hidden <laughs> panel where he tells her that if anybody asks, she walked into the door now. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, "Okay, Dad." But yeah, then they get an alert. There's. Uh, there's fucking uh, intruders. I really like that Ray Palmer gets to use as a bit. The he shrinking. Sh- yeah, he shrunk everybody down. It's really good. I like that. It wasn't just that it was Ray Palmer. He's got the, the armor. They actually use him. And I, I like how they end I just up. like the whole calling all heroes aspect. Yeah, I do too. And they, they go in and then it's an all out battle. And I know that we were talking and we, I don't like this animal man. Uh, that kind I'm, of. I was looking though. How the hell did they get on the goddamn ship? I guess that they just shrunk. They shrunk and then kept flying. Yeah, they just went flying in through the through the atoms. All right, I'll go with it. I'm cool with it. They boom out, and then it's just a battle royale. They're fighting. We were discussing this before the show, though, because I'm like, when did Animal Man change? Because every time I read Animal Man, he just called upon the power, and you saw a little outline. Yeah, and I love that. I love that. So did I. It's almost like Vixen had the same thing. It to describe it, it looks like he's in a hologram. Yeah. Of that animal that he's doing. So it gives you the idea that's who he, that's he's. What he's a fucking animal here. Yeah, and he's channeling that. Uh, yeah, here he just turns out. He turns into animals. He's, he's a he's werewolf. He's a fucking beast boy. 
Might as well be. Yeah, it's very odd. I I didn't like that. I like Animal Man a lot. Sorry, look, at one point at the end, he's like he's got like fucking polar bear arms, like a wolf face and ram horns. I'm yeah. like, what the hell happened, you Animal Man? Yep. Uh, well, then they go to the control room. It's brave. Superman goes and he goes to save Wonder Woman. In the meantime, uh, they've already sucked some of Wonder Woman's freaking energy out, and that's where yeah. all this energy's going around, where we had issues, where we were talking. Uh, but Wrath. Uh, gets pissed off. Now, she was backhanded. She, what does Vandal Savage think she's going to do? Listen He's, to Daddy. In this issue, he has berated her. He's <laughs> yelled at her. Uh, again, I don't think this He's is... He's altered what, the plan. Pray he doesn't alter yeah, it any L, further. He keeps altering it further with backhands and insults. <laughs> and she shoves him. I, I love that that's like what she does. She basically just shoves him. Shoves him into an energy field. Goes into the field, which ends up blowing up. That's what I... You think that that's what blows up the part of the, the ship. Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was when I first read, I was a little confused. Then you see, fucking Animal Man now is more of a troll than that guy, that fucking <laughs> unknown on the site. Because boy, he's a troll there. That's all yeah, I'm talking about. All shit's going wrong. But in the meantime, while this is all going down, behind Star Girl, looks a little odd there. Uh, she's like, "Hey, don't panic." And you see that. Uh, Hoarder Root is in the background, and he's gathering. This up is my the, power now. He's gathering up this power. And then he's like, ah, oh, yeah, this is a good thing. And he goes, and I think, that this, panel, I think that this panel is a little misleading because it almost looks like, basically, I think this is just him still where he was, right? Okay. And he's like, or not. I and swear he's he, going out. It's just all of a sudden it looks like he's everywhere. All these that's what I was like, talking about. It no, looks like he has electrical powers no, out of nowhere. I, I think it's just that power. He's saying it, and this power is going off of him and attacking the uh, the other heroes. I can go with where it. Where are they're in different parts of this, uh, you know, starship? But then that the what's it called? Superman and Wonder Woman get knocked out of the ship. No, they don't. They, uh, in my, I thought before that they disappeared. I think that wrath teleported them with the shadows oh, out to space. So? Yeah. I didn't th- uh, really? I thought because I all of us, before now. she pushed him in there, they disappeared in that one panel yeah, before they were. And then he's like, huh, you might be right. I just thought that because they were in right where that blew they got up, sucked into space. I thought they got sucked in the space. It's an odd thing for wrath to like try to save them. By she flip flops space, but it's, it's odd. She doesn't know that Superman, get, whatever. Superman could die. He's in the fucking metal. What I like though is that all this happens, and the end result at one point is you get a sexy looking <laughs> bare chested Vandal Savage. I don't. I guess his, his shirt got fucking blown it off. It got burned off. Yeah, it got burned off. And now what happens when you go on the energy field with your daughter? Like a, he looks like a sexy man, uh, but he's pissed. Uh, they, but he's not pissed actually. He actually this kind of leads into his plan. Superman and Wonder Woman kind of go uh, fucking meteorite. They fall to the Earth. Earth. They go to Earth. But in the meantime, they now have the Justice League United Ray Palmer as more subjects to drain. So this whole plan backfired. Vandal's got the all. Justice League, the Justice League United, and Ray Palmer. Yep. Yeah. That's a lot. Which, honestly, Ray Palmer should just be a part of the JLU at this point yeah, so he can do something. I would, lo- I would love him to be because that's actually pretty cool. And yeah. Last we saw, he's like the We're, science officer of yeah. friggin' uh, – I can't remember what the hell they're called now. Uh, shield. shield. Not Shield. Uh, shade. No, shade. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was Shade. That Frankenstein went to many mm-hmm. times. They had the, uh, now I can't remember. What was their fucking, their, their little ball thing that would open up their headquarters? I, I, oh my God, it's so getting late. Ago. It is. Uh, but yeah, the ending is just uh, Superman and Wonder Woman in a crater. 
looking all sexy. Some of that kryptonite exposed on that suit yeah, now. Yeah, I know. And his uh, his freaking helmet's open. I don't know that he would have fell with that helmet shattering and not be dead. He does not have powers, Eric. He doesn't have powers. He should be dead. I agree. But it'll it says it continues in Superman Wonder Woman number 26. Which I like is weird it. because Batman Superman should be next. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it comes out. Maybe they, they know what's going down. I, I guarantee you they'll come out the same goddamn day. Probably. Yeah, so I liked it, though. I liked the art for the most part. I know he said about Ray Palmer and uh, stuff like that and, and Animal Man do it. But that's, And these are just little, nits, just little uh, nitpicks. Yeah, I liked know? it. I liked this issue because you got Superman finally being Superman and not just powers. Like this guy, that unknown on the site, seems to think it's all about the powers. And, yeah, he can get upset that he doesn't have powers. It was always over the top to me, and he became a dick. And uh, he's not a dick here. He's no, really good. he is Superman. He risks his life. He's, he's Superman. You get Vandal Savage. You find out a little more. I, I didn't know that he was just going to try to capture everybody. And, uh, you know, I thought that it was just going to be Superman, maybe Wonder Woman, because he grabbed her in that suit. But, yeah, he's after everyone. And he's going to use the Black Mask bombs. It's all coming together, I guess. And it looks like he's going to win because Wonder Woman and Superman are dead. Like, yeah, that's what <laughs> it looks like to me. But, yeah, I liked it. I gave it an 8.4 out of 10. I would give it a 7.5 out of 10. All right. uh, we're going to go on with your next one. <laughs> no, we're not because I'm not ready. <laughs> yes, you are. It's Telos number four, Eric. Sure, it's Telos number four, written by Jeff King, with art by Carlo Pagulayan, Igor Vittorino, Jason Paz, Mark Deering, Jose Marsden Jr., Peter Steigerwald, and Jason, uh, Travis Lanham. You know, at one point you think I'd like remember who, what the hell yeah, I'm going to say about these I'm names. I'm you too. We finish up the first story arc with Telos taking on Computo, and it turns out uh, turns out pretty decent. Tur- yeah. uh, I don't know what turns out pretty decent, and turns out Brainiac was playing the long con, and after looking like he teamed up with Computo, downloads a new virus into the dictator system while Telos kept him busy. To make sure that Computo was done once and for all, Technique, K-Rot, Stealth, and Captain Comet blew up Computo's backup satellite. I hate saying Computo. Yeah. And it looks like it's time to break out the pinatas and RC Cola. Too bad that Brainiac is going to betray everyone and calls in the Citadel fleet to have them arrested. As our issue ends, Telos doesn't get any closer to finding his family and goes on a suicide mission to take out the Citadel fleet himself. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I just want to tell you all that... You're very tired. I'm very tired, yes, but too. this is the best issue of Telos we've gotten so far. Yeah, that's... And it's not saying that much, though. Well, it's, it's not. It's all based on the art, and at times even that gets weird, but it's the action we get in this thing because we have a dual story going on with the action between Telos taking on Computo and the rest of the supporting guests taking on Validus, and it's pretty cool. It's okay. <laughs> you know what this... For some reason in my mind, this book... Reminds me a lot of Batman Beyond where I'm reading it and it's like, boy, they're really referencing stuff and doing it that I do not care about. And yes, there's a lot of action. There's a lot of talking. There's a lot of yelling at each other. There's a lot of freaking uh, exposition. There's a lot of oh, explaining. There's a lot of explaining stuff. Explaining to do, Eric. <laughs> explaining because, boy, there's a lot of characters. I think that's where one of the things he went wrong, Jeff King, who's a very nice guy. We always Very say, nice guy. You Best guy. your review. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you gave him a six, right? I'll freaking spoiler alert. Six point five. Well, when we get to that, but yeah, um, there's too many characters in this book for me to, and I don't care about a lot of them. So a lot of this stuff that's going on is just like, oh, and who's that? Oh, it's that guy. Oh, it's this. We're only four issues in, 
and we have all these characters that I don't really care about, but we have we have to deal with all their individual yes, stories. All these individual all stories in this that four all issue seem arc to be a mess about Telos finding his family. Yes, I just want Telos. If you had Telos and Brainiac, and yes, obviously other characters going to show up, but boy, this is like Ocean's fucking eighty. It's too much too There's soon. There's too much shit going on, and it just is convoluted. It's twisting and turning. And yes, Brainiac is involved in the long con that I, everybody saw and, coming. No, right? honestly, honestly, you might think I'm a big dummy, or you might have seen it coming. I actually thought it was a pretty cool twist, because Tello starts out talking about the roles that everybody plays and stuff like that, and he does not know what Brainiac's role is going to be, because right now, I think, like you know, it looks like he betrayed Telos. But he has this idea that maybe he's like you know going to betray. He's going to play the double agent here. Yeah. And then at one point, Telos wasn't sure himself if uh, Brainiac was going to come through, but he did at the end, and I thought it was cool. But then they ended up betraying them all again. It was just a back and forth thing. Brainiac's out for himself, no. so I kind of dug the twist where he's just back and forth. It's like they were role playing, Eric. Ooh. I read your review. I was actually confused at a bit, so I'm like, I better read his review to see what's going on. Uh, I'm fucking more confused. I don't know. What to <laughs> no, I actually, I and then I went back and read. It. But again, it's I don't know if it's the fact that we ha- we had a couple of these that we didn't have on the podcast. Then I may not have. I don't know. I Man. think did we did we ever have Telos on a Flash review where we've always talked about? It? I actually don't know. I want to say we talked about. I actually everyone. thought we talked about everyone as well. So why do I feel so lost? Is it'll it just, happen. Well, it'll happen mainly because. When I'm reading it, I don't care. And I'm reading this, and I'm like, okay, what, what are you going? There's K-Ron. Well, something weird, though, is going on because we, in uh, issue number two or three, Techni downloaded a virus in the computer's system, yeah, which caused a big stir. And then again here, when Telos is keeping uh, computer busy, Brainiac downloads another yeah. virus into well, him. I'm like, what, what's up with all these viruses? Yeah. Speaking of, well, it's all strange. He had the Norton fucking, vi- you know, he had <laughs> the virus, virus protection. protection the last time. Uh, speaking of uh, doing things and things like that, that technique, when she downloaded that, was she using her 10th or 12th level intellect? Oh, dude. Because don't it's get... jumping all the fuck all over the place. In, in issue number one, Brainiac says that she has a 10th level intellect. Yep. And the second issue, Techni says that she has a 12th level intellect. Yep. So at the end, after the day is saved, and Telos goes to her and says, hey, they lied. You don't have a 10th level. They have a 12th level. You can use that against Brainiac because he's the same. Shouldn't come to any goddamn shock because she told fucking no, Telos two she issues ago. She said, yeah. I know this. Were you and listening actually, to me, actually, now I'm saying she's a 22nd level intellect. <laughs> I'm just adding them both. And again, that's one thing I did remember. I'm yeah. like, God damn it. What are they doing here? Ay-ay-ay. And then you, you end up finding out that it was all a ruse with his family. The one thing that you kind of want to see. Yeah. I wouldn't even mind if this book ended to or went towards where Telos went to see his family. And we start just another story on his way there, yeah. Yeah, even when but I, he gets I, I guess there, he couldn't start... to a degree because he has this fucking uh, dimension time hopping ability so he can yes, just get there immediately. And again, like, again. he has the programs, like, in sliders to get back to his yeah, home world. Yeah, well, uh, people have, you know, pointed out that it's not that they're clever, we're not clever, or whatever. But, yes, this is the Odyssey. They throw it in at the end. Jeff oh, King God, throws every in goddamn the one. The Odyssey's there. So, yes, he, it's, go, it's a, a journey that's going to take forever for him to get home. And I don't know that I want to see that. I 
I hate the badmouth Jeff Kennedy. So do I. The guy's the nice guy in the world. Yeah, and I don't, I don't mind the dialogue. This isn't one of those where, I, like, a, a midnighter where I'm like, God damn it, this dialogue is so tough. It's not the dialogue. It's just the characters. And because they were all thrown in, you have to throw all their stories, but you don't get enough to really get character moments. It's and you a know lot of the best, people yelling. You know what the best part of that is? What's that? We spent four issues with these characters. Now he's dumping them. He's moving on to a new story arc with Parallax. These characters aren't in the next story. And you know what? Good riddance. I, I'm saying I'm that, so but we con- spent all this time for nothing. I know. I know. And, and, and really, do you know what it seems like? Puts he brought he brought K Rot and Stealth in there just to say, hey, look, this made sense when I put them in my Convergence title yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah, and what would happen to me though is I wish that at this point you tell me this, you say, and you know what, we're not going to get K Rot or Stealth anymore. And I'm like, God damn it, I really like K Rot. Yeah, K Rot's like a that's a walk up to the plate home run, Eric. Step right there, up yeah. to the plate home run. There's no way that you should not be able to make K-Rot an awesome character. It's set up to be that way. It's like fucking Badge in the Green Lantern. You know what I mean? I know. It's, it's something you make him a hero, and it's like, holy shit, that's so good. And the way they were making him here at the beginning seemed like he was Rocket Raccoon. Exactly. And so just go with it then. But make it good. Make well, I'm it sorry. that we, I, wanna, I want these characters to stay. I don't. I don't care. I think in the like you know the second issue and the th- uh, third issue, K. Rot mentioned the guy who stole his leg three times. Yeah, I yeah. think like it was setting something up. No, not even that. We talked that we ha- he had talked about that in Threshold. It's his only character development. Yeah. So they made sure in four issues to say it like three goddamn times. It's, it's, you know, there's no development the going like, on. He goes with Parallax and says with Parallax. Now I'm telling you, this book is is doomed. There's not. Oh yeah, much no way. Left. But say it, it carried on. And we got to say, um, what is this, issue four? Yeah. So we get to issue 10. And in issue 10, Stealth and K-Rot show up. You would want it to be like, oh, man, they're fucking back. I, I get the, the book, and I freaking message you like, you're not going to believe it. Fucking K-Rot and Stealth are back. I'm going to say, if I said that to you, first off, say, you'd say, first, Jim, the book was canceled three months ago. Why off, are you I'd talking? Say, you're still reading that piece yeah, of no, shit? you're like, that, this book was canceled in issue seven. There is no ten. You're insane. You've <laughs> gone insane. Finally, you've cracked. Go to bed and don't wake up. Go to the padded room. Uh, in fact, uh, I will tell you one thing. My kids, that was the thing that they said they would get uh, for my wife. That if we won, oh, good. if we won the lottery, we were gonna have a, a padded room for it. She'd have a quiet room. She could get, yeah, she can have quiet time. But um, yeah, I these characters, I, I really don't care about. And the worst part is, is because you're doing all this, uh, I we haven't even got enough of Telos, and now we've had the Convergence title and this, and that's a lot of issues to really not care about a character. Seriously. Uh, to the point where, yes, I want to see. It's almost like I want to see him find his family. To fucking just stop the pain. Put a pin in it, yeah. Stop the pain in, in him and me and you and everybody else. But, yeah, nobody's reading this book. It no, no one's reviewing it either. It will uh, – my guess is the solicits will probably come out this week, end of this week, beginning of the, the week after. I believe this will be canceled. I think that this will be uh, – the next deal will be the last issue. So I don't know. What would that be? January, February, March. The April solicits are coming out, right? Um, ones we're I don't know for. off the top of my April. head. I, think I want are. to say April, yeah. Yeah, I think we're. So it would be like uh, issue eight. They'll have eight issues of this. And I think they'll keep it, it going. Yeah, I know. Until the summertime. Earlier, I know we said earlier it's weird to uh, cancel a book, but I think this is one that won't be replaced anyway. And really, 
I don't know. I don't know the answer. Might be leading towards fucking DC's reboot and they need it to continue. We thought it was before and it just doesn't seem to be going that way. It really doesn't. Now, him joining with Parallax might be something crazy. Oh, yeah. Maybe that'll point to it. Maybe that'll be at least the way that Parallax might be the guy who brings back the core. That's something that uh, Parallax. I'd be wants fucked to, up out you know of nowhere. I mean, you, you, you read the, the six-issue freaking thing, the Edge of Oblivion, yeah. and all of a sudden it's just Parallax. Says, okay, no. come back now. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe that would be the the concept of something that he ruined in his old life. Yeah. And he wants to make that right, and that's how he makes it right here is by bringing. Yeah, I could work with that. Uh, like you said, it would be odd in the Telos book. But Telos has some abilities that would help that out and do some stuff. So maybe Mark Parallax got those abilities too. Yeah, but together. Together. They might both be 15 level intellect. I'm, I'm saying that this is not a great story, and it's the best of what we've gotten so far. And yeah. the art was good at times, but I'm saying some certain I like panels, um, I, some of the like uh, action was lost on me because I didn't understand what exactly what was going no, on with, with the computer it's, it's stuff. A little confusing. But. 6.5 out of 10. I would have given a 5.5. Five. Yeah. Again, though, I, I I was irritated by it, but it, I didn't. It was just kind of, it just happened. I got yeah. bored. I didn't know what was going on. But, yeah, we'll move on to our last book here. Hooey. Midnighter number eight. Strap yourselves in. Written by Steve Orlando. Art by David Messina. Guatano Carlucci. I think Guatano Carlucci is out swimming in a suit. Uh, Romulo Fajardo Jr., yes, and Tom Napolitano, your letter of the year. Sure is. If you would listen this long to hear me hate on Midnighter, you may be disappointed because I thought this issue was fun. Sure, Steve Orlando still writes some of the worst dialogue I've ever read. Said it was so wooden that you could make fancy furniture out of it. Uh, And the story has some major plot and continuity holes. But any book that deals with a villain by turning him into a human mosquito has something going for it. <laughs> it's a one-shot filler issue that doesn't do much for the ongoing story until the cliffhanger. But maybe that's what this book needs to do once in a while, Eric. Maybe it's what it needs to do once in a while. I'd say so because I actually enjoyed this issue. I can't say I enjoyed it. I liked it enough. I, I had a lot of fun reading about freaking Freedom Beast and uh, Midnight Team Here's the off. deal, though. Uh, really? Yeah. The team up in, in actual time may have been 15 minutes. They yeah. didn't do anything. They barely talked. They didn't even call him Freedom Beast, and he was gone. he'll be gone now, never to be seen again. I thought it was a waste of a character. I like the idea that he's in it, uh, but, yeah, I thought it was a waste. And, again, you didn't get much of an interaction. All he was there was to make it so he could learn about who the sportsman uh, ambition is. Well, I'm saying they have they didn't, name. they didn't call him Freedom Beast in this. I hope they just call him Bawana Beast yeah. because they're not going to call him anything. Well, I'm saying he's Dominic Mandawale. Uh, yeah. No, uh, I know. God, but I'm saying he's coming Dawi. now. He's never coming back. I'm just saying though, but we can say that they introduced him in the, the freaking new continuity. Yeah. Yeah. I like that because yeah. I like this character That's that has powers. But yeah, the actual team up of them together, you know, it's not much. Nothing they're really taking down on. an international big game hunting thing. Yeah, I don't think they're international. That's still, I'm <laughs> saying, well. They're in Rochester, New York. I know, but they, they got the animals from Africa, and they got the freaking elixir from uh, Dominic. Yeah, fucking, well, uh, the whole organization was that it was set up. He's taken down almost all of them. But this, yeah, this freaking, internationally. 
Yeah, no, it's <laughs> why are they in New, Rochester, New York? Now it's it the looks urban like jungle, they, Jim. They start off. They're and, in town for a few days to yeah, kill. Yeah, they are. Well, they, <laughs> they start off and they're they're going after. You see the sportsman's uh, ambition. Terrible name. Every name in this book is like this. It's all stupid. Uh, and they're going after uh, a rhino, gorilla, possibly chicken. Yes. And I would call that the rhino rilla ikin. I was trying to come up with names with things. Rougarou. Worse, yeah. No. So they're going, and they're basically what it seems as if they are an animal-type fight club where they splice these animals together. And what I got from a fucking Freedom Beast is without the helm, they can do this, but they can't control and these no, animals, they're insane. These animals become insane, and they're scared. Not not what I think a sportsman's after, but that's that's just me. Honestly, they can do whatever they want this elixir because as long as they're not out there hunting the most dangerous game. I, man. I thought of that, but yeah, I don't know. Some of these might be a little more dangerous than men, but they're crazy. Now, why they have a sports club, the sportsman's club? What they have going on seems to involve a lot of money, you would think, yeah. right? If I'm going to fight a gorilla, rhino, chicken, uh, spliced up animal, I'm probably going to have to pay a lot of money. Yes, why are they? Why are they in Rochester, New York? They, if they they're have the on money, the they're on the no fly list, Jim. Yeah, they they they, they, they had this organization else. brought to them. And in fact, part of the thing that goes wrong here is that one of their goddamn animals gets loose. That's they're, the best because they're, they're hunting in the freaking like subway tra- tunnels and the it fucking sewers. It makes no sense. I, I don't understand why they're doing it here. And basically. That this lady, and he's like, hey, this will be a little more challenging. We've already ruined the subway once. Nobody seems to care. No. Uh, I guess maybe what you're telling me is that Rochester, New York, people look the other way because it <laughs> happens all throughout this issue. I don't know that there's more than like – at one point, the animal that's the leopard slash uh, elephant, yeah. the lepophant, comes the out from under, and people are like, oh – they don't really react. They, I, I don't know what happens in Rochester, New York. I've never been Terrible, there. terrible things. I'm never Very going there. weird. I don't understand. Rugaroos. Why, why wouldn't they get this money? Why wouldn't they set themselves up in, even in Montana? Yeah, I'm oh, telling you, just, just find some open there, land. Yeah. Is there like, is there, uh, it's like set up uh, fucking territories? <laughs> so stupid. But uh, I'll go yeah. with it. I'll go I'm with saying, it. It I'm is saying, fun I with just went with it as well. Animals. But again, it, we'll, we'll keep talking about it. Midnighter's there. Midnighter is involved right now in a interview for a documentary. Why? Why would a guy like Midnighter be involved in a documentary? For the ass. Doesn't make any sense. And I, I actually like the interplay between him and the guy. Uh, I thought it was fun. The flirting was pretty cool. Yeah. I liked that. At one point, I thought that was Freedom Beast. I didn't know what was going on. I thought that it was him. That he did this, but yeah, they're doing this. You have a fucking roommate who sees like all this fucking flirting going on. But in the meantime, the the line that got me is when he's like, "Thank you, this is going to help a lot of people." He's, who uh, the the guy says that? No, to no. Midnighter. Who is it yeah, going to help? Who the fuck is watching a documentary on Midnighter and is going to relate to anything that happens? Tell me who. Nobody. I don't know, some, of the, some of the people who are reviewing this book, maybe. And I'm telling you, number one, this shows me 
and it goes on. It goes with Freedom Beast as well. It shows me that Steve Orlando hates secret identities. He doesn't <laughs> like them because even Freedom Beast shows up. He doesn't use Freedom Beast. He introduced himself to Midnight with his real name. Dominic Madawi. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm Dominic Madawi, but don't tell anybody because I'm a, I'm a superhero. I'm, I'm Freedom Beast. So stupid. But uh, I got a jacket with no shirt on. Yeah. I like That's how I do it in South Africa. I love the look. So do I, I, I actually. Oh, there's also uh, the, the guy who's doing the documentary has a crippled uh, fucking roommate who's just annoying to me. But he's like, <laughs> Cause how's he's it going? The documentary talking about your experience is going to help a lot of people. And I heard there may be photography. Yeah, for the, what, for good the, one. It's a fucking documentary. Uh, what, what, what? What? What is it gonna be? Oh my god, it's so stupid. And again, there. Here we go with the the dialogue. With the uh, I do have a reputation of an exhibitionist of sorts. Oh Jesus Christ! Breaking hearts and jaws. That's what <sighs> the crippled guy says. What? Why is he? Di- and then he's like, then he gets a door. He he gets word. Hey. You got to go over to Rochester. Hey, we got a lepophant over here in Rochester. Now, in the in the meantime, is there's he calls this Caitlin calls uh, fucking midnight. Says, "Hey, on site in Rochester, boss. Didn't think you'd ever have to come back." What? I don't know who that is. Yeah, and again, you he has left the 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 God Garden. He's yeah. left the gardener. I I I didn't know. I guess I should assume that he cut. But really. He's got you assets everywhere, apparently. You don't get much about that. You don't. No. You're not told like the whole. He's like, yeah, you know, that's the way it goes. And he he opens a door, and there he goes. He goes to Rochester, which appears to be the most dangerous fucking area in the world. But he comes out. Urban jungle. Did he just fly out of that door so fast that he crashed into that car? Oh, I don't know. Or did the car hit him? Or I don't know what's going I don't know. on. I, I All of a sudden, it. he's on a crumpled car and then pulls out the engine block and throws it at the animal. I didn't and, realize Midnighter was that strong. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on here. For the most part... That really bothered me when I read the, it. For the most part, I thought that it, the, his main thing was this fight computer, the tactical business. Oh, yeah. Not this. And then... They yeah, what's up with that car? <laughs> and, yeah. And they, then they get... Yeah, what, what happened? It, did it hit him? It, it, they never. You don't get any sort of idea. He comes no, out of a, it's like we skipped the panel. Yeah, he comes out of a door and then he's on this crumpled car. And then and, reaches in and throws an engine yeah, block and a lepophant. And in fact, if you look, I don't where he's laying is towards the back of the car. Where's this engine block? They don't even show him turn around. He's just laying there. And yeah. then it, everything transitions very odd. Very odd. Yeah. Well, then you have these people. They're tr- stuck under a truck. I don't even know where the fuck that came from. And they're yelling at the people with their phones. These people won't help. And that, believe me, I know that this is like, oh, this is how people are nowadays. They, these people would be getting the fuck out of there. There is a fucking crazy ass. Yeah, Lepifant is running around. <laughs> Rochester, Eric, they don't care. But then there's fucking, uh, what's his name? Fucking Freedom, Freedom Beast. Beast. Yeah, he's badass. I like him. I like Oh, the yeah, look. man. So he goes and then Got just, more than a loincloth on. It's badass. In, in the background, the fucking there's a Midnighter fighting Lepophant. And he just <laughs> out of nowhere, you see a panel out of nowhere. Then there he is between them. How did he get between them? I have no idea. Midnighter's already said how fast he is. Well, later they say it. They say how fast. How did, I'm looking at it. They are inches apart. And then he's between them. And it, there it is. That's a threat. Again, you go with this dialogue. They're in the middle of fighting that's a thrilling outfit, but telling me what I want is not a high percentage move. Really? 
That's it's just so stupid. I said in my review, these characters that Steve Orlando keeps giving us here, they I think they just walked out of an eighties movie. An eighties <laughs> action movie. They talk in action movie phrases that are like even that That don't uh, work. Yeah, no, they don't. Well then what um what Freedom Beast does then. He has the power because of the helm, and he separates. He separates the leopard with. The I elf. really love those panels. I do too. I they're like that. They're gross and it's really yeah, interesting they looking. They're, they're very gross. So they have it. And like that was disgusting by my standards. Now he's he's all dressed up. Gives his real name. I'm Dominic Midway. Uh, Mandawe. He's like, oh, I'm Dominic Mandawe. Oh, okay, great. And then he's like, just he tells him about the sportsman's ambition. He talks about his helm, the elixir, all that. Chimeras everywhere. The red. I don't. Yeah. And even so, I know that they're there, and I guess you can say Freedom Beast calms the beast. But there's a fucking leopard right there, and uh, talking about hey, these things are going. But this elephant knows where we can go. The elephants never forget. Elephants never forget. Exactly. They never forget. I like that. I don't mind it. he can't, he's got mind control over him. Yes, he does. He says he talks to them. And um, the elephant's going to take him to the sportsman's ambitions setup. What happened to the leopard? Uh, leopard's off in Rochester. Yeah, I think the leopard's eating babies now. I, I, I don't know what. Yeah, you can tell me that, oh, freedom beast. He uh, telepathically, no, that didn't happen, so I'm not going to listen to you. That <laughs> leopard went off to kill. No one said it. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, no, that leopard has the taste for blood now. It's off the kill. Uh, they it, break would you it. say it's in town for a few days to kill? It is in town for a long time to kill, and it's going to be hungry. It's feeding time. What's it? It's, it's a new kind of jungle. <laughs> <laughs> There's another one. I forget. That. Uh, do you realize that... Um, What's it called? Predator 2 has maybe eight taglines. <laughs> there are so many taglines. Uh, yes, but they jump in. Uh, they're going to attack the sportsman's ambition, which I hate saying every time. So do I. And are you looking up <coughs> the taglines for uh, the Yes, movie? yes. You there, go on about your, I don't a give a shit. I don't give I'm a shit about you, there fucking... are a bunch. But then Midnighter goes in. They start kicking ass. The, the fucking sportsman's ambition run, they're like, you you want to see something bad? You're going to see something like you've never seen before, you assholes. And scans all these fucking animals that make this huge, giant spider. Would you say lions, tigers, bears, oh my? Oh my. Actually, I'd say lions, bats, armadillos, and a spider. Would you say hunting season opens again? Yeah, see, I told you. There's a bunch, isn't there? The ultimate hunter? Yep. This he's time, found. he's coming to a different kind of jungle. Yep. This time, Los Angeles, 1997. How is that a goddamn tagline? I know. They, these oh, are all taglines. Ch- check out this. Pull over, park, and pray. <laughs> <laughs> is this the movie with the most taglines you've ever seen? I think it is. It is for me, yeah. Because we didn't even get the, the few days to kill yet. Oh, no, I, I was just jumping around. Oh, okay. Lions, tigers, bears, oh my. Yeah. He's in town with a few days to kill. Silent, invisible, invincible. He's in town for a few days to kill. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Hunting isn't season about, opens again. Isn't there one about heat? Something no, heating up? No, no. The ultimate hunter. Oh, yeah. Why? These are stupid. But, yeah. <laughs> um, I want to know what the, um, what the stats are, what the rules are of this splicing. Because I think we've seen up until this point that it seems to maintain at least the size of the biggest animal. Right. Like even the lepophant was just as big as an elephant. 
This thing that they made is. Are you t- going to tell me that because they spliced so many things together, it made that it is huge what I am going to tell you because it makes no sense. It makes no sense. All I can go sudden, with it though. Um, Giant spider go with it because dillo, it's, it's fun. Lion, bat monster. It's fun, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How many panels is it fun? Because uh, he one, puts it to sleep. Uh, hold on, hold on. One, two, three, four, five fun. panels. Yeah, it's basically. He feels, he's like, I know you're angry. I know what it was like. Someone made you a monster just like me. I can relate. And then they just start, and he's like, I'm going to try something new and put it to sleep. And I don't know. Which I find is bullshit, though, because, yeah, he has a fight computer. This is something that nobody has ever seen, and there's no way that he could respond with his fight computer for this goddamn monster. You have no idea how to know how it's going to act. And um, the the best is, though, is that somewhere on the side, uh, somebody yelled, no. Bottom brick, because it's the dim mocker. Sure, it's the, the dim mock on there, and uh, I just I hated it. I really didn't like it. Uh, I thought it was a waste. We have set up this monster. I will stretch or bend the rules a bit to get this cool thing, and then he puts it to sleep and in a move. Five panels in a move that he's never done. Nope. And then you get on the, an armadillo show. Yeah, yeah. Then you get the. Uh, the guy who I guess is the leader at one point, the only way you can tell he's a leader, if you he's go the back, yeah, he's the leader. You go back and he yelled at the other people, told <laughs> him to get out of his way. He's going to shoot Midnighter. Midnighter then, again, I don't know how many times he's going to tell us about this goddamn fight computer, but we hear about it all the time, and here we go. We see it in action. And this is a panel where uh, David Messina, who did the art, he's only the guest artist, uh, kind of mimicked how... Uh, Aiko or Aiko. Totally. Aiko does the panels with the thing. The thing I like, though, I could follow this a little better. I like as well. I like the clean art style. I like how he did it. Um, and he looks like he headbutted the gun. <laughs> uh, he uses the fight computer to learn to headbutt the gun. He gets it. Now, here is where the issue took a, a turn for the better, Eric. Damn right it does. Now, Ollie, before I go on, I want to tell you one of the main things that I've had a problem with this book, and uh, it continues this issue as well, is uh, I can't like a book where I hate the main character, and I do. I hate Midnighter. I don't think he's a good guy. You can say he's an anti-hero. I don't care. He's an asshole. I don't like him. I, I think that he is a – maybe he's not uninteresting because he's kind of interesting, the way, but he's not likable at all. Not me. at all. But I will give Steve Orlando a lot of credit because in this scene that comes up, he not only goes with it, but he does something that it, it actually it shocked me a bit because <laughs> you don't see that, especially in DC Comics, where they, they do something completely. This is probably the most awful thing any character or characters in a DC book have done it in a long time because they have this guy. And usually what you'll get is you'll get one of these guys and it would be this Freedom questions. Beast. Freedom Beast would say, hey. I'm going to take care of him, and he's going to get just desserts, and I'm going to turn him into – and Midnighter's, no, uh, you know, we're going to – nope, Midnighter's an ass. And and I, I'm telling you, I give Steve uh, Orlando kudos for sticking with it because what happens then is the best thing that I've seen in a comic in a long time where fucking – uh, goddamn Freedom Beast grabs the leader guy. I don't know why or how. I guess he might have. Can he control insects, Freedom Beast? I don't think he can. But out of nowhere, yeah, animals, a fucking yeah. mosquito comes by, and in in the right time or the wrong time, and he turns this guy into a mosquito man. 
and it was awesome. I loved it. Now, uh, I'm saying it's awesome, but continue how fucked up it is. Well, it's fucked up. That's where this was messed up. And what I thought was going to happen here, because I, I, I thought that Midnighter was then going to say, or even Freedom Beast, because Freedom Beast seems like a um, an honorable guy. Yeah. I thought then, change him back, say, like, now you know what it feels like to be on the other side of the food chain. Pretty thin rigs. <laughs> he would say something like that, and they'd come back. Nope. Midnighter grabs him, plucks a fucking a goddamn uh, a fucking wing. wing off of him, and then flicks him away. And then a bat comes and eats him. It is so fucked up. And I'd like to think that that bat is being controlled by the fucking freedom <laughs> beast. Fucking he actually beast. just told the bat, hey, come and get this. That is one of the most fucked up things I've seen in a comic. And I thought it was great. So I'm I. telling you, I, I don't like this issue even. I love this part. This part, uh, through, I, I'll tell you now, I gave it a six. Four of the points might be for this scene alone, <laughs> and how fucked up it is, and what Midnighter does, and that again, I give, I give Steve Orlando full credit that he stuck with the plan, and is it is awful, it is so awful. And in fact, I don't even Midnighter just seems to be sadistic about it because I don't know that he's that much of an animal lover. I, it's so, <laughs> it is so fucked up, and that all he does is freaking, he's laughing. When he sees what's going down, hey, circle of life, baby. <laughs> so fucked up. But then, like I said, when we were talking, you said you liked the, the team up with Freedom Beast. I did. But then you get you get uh, them. They're there. Uh, Freedom Beast separates the animals and then leaves. That's yep. it. That's the it. end. They, they really do not interact much at all. But I enjoyed uh, every bit of it. I, I like Freedom Beast. I didn't like the interaction. There was not enough for me to think of anything of it being good. And like Grayson and Midnight are great together. I can't say that the only reason I would want Freedom Beast to be back is because I think Freedom Beast is cool. Not because I think they play well together. Grayson and Midnight are a great team up. They go well together. They have a a good interaction. Steve Orlando actually seems inspired to write a somewhat decent dialogue when they're together. This is kind of just them kind of separately there. It, It, seemed to me like just a way to throw in an old character that everybody would be wowed by. It's okay. But then you end up the issue where uh, Marina, uh, Midnighter's friend who went to jail, is getting released and Midnighter's waiting for her, which is okay. Midnighter told her that I'll be there. Yeah. Uh, Why is she getting out now? I have no idea. She had a hell of a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, because I sent you the the panel of what she did. She straight up murdered at least 12 a shit people. ton of people. And yes, she was under God. Te- but even Midnighter said in that issue that she's not crazy, like you say, because those executives, she actually, yeah. and why I didn't like that issue. And I told you then she went in because her husband was, uh, ended up dying because of a product that a company made. Yeah. Her husband was an innocent freaking victim of this to stop that or to, to get just desserts. She went in and killed janitors she went killed and killed everybody anybody but. she went by just to get to these guys. She Everybody there has a family that she did exactly what she was upset happened to her husband. These people were just there doing a job. She, The executives are the people. And what it was, I guess, if I remember right, it was a drug 
that had some really bad side effects that they said, no, we'll sweep them under the carpet and, and go with it. It went out, it was released, and her husband died. The janitor had nothing to do with this, Eric. No. That guy is just working. That'd be like somebody mad at the cardboard box factory and, and getting mad at me because a cardboard box uh, came to life and ate him. I didn't do it, Eric. That's not my design. But yeah, she went and she, and Midnighter did tell them, listen, what you're going to do, he broke a couple of wrists. And I said, listen, you're going you're gonna to seek the minimum sentence. But then he says to her, you're going to go to jail. You're going to be there for a while, but I'll be there when you get out. A while seems to be about a month. I, yeah, I don't know. I'd say top six months. And the worst is I, I kind of set you up just asking you questions. I yeah. said, how long since that last issue? And you said, a couple about of weeks. About two weeks, yeah. She talked to him on their connection, their little phone deal. And he's like, oh, how's it been? I haven't talked to you. Oh, I'm fine. I'm gardening. Not once does she say, oh, by the way, getting out in two I'm weeks. getting out in two weeks. It, it, she would have said Hell that. Hell of when, a lawyer. When you, when you end up, yeah, out of nowhere, they sprung her out. I'm telling you, you're in jail, and you're going to get out of jail in a certain amount of time. That's all you'd be thinking of. You would say to the one guy, Midnight is the only person who talks to her, and, and vice versa. You would say something. You would say to him, oh, you know what? Thanks a lot. Like, because I would think of anything, Midnighter would have paid a lawyer. She doesn't seem right. to have any money. And uh, hell of a public defender. So he would know. I, I'm telling. He knows that she's out. He showed up. But yeah, it, it's very off to me. Uh, it's more of uh, a setup so that he does have somebody. I'm hoping that she sticks around. That that's why he, Steve Orlando is doing it. Because yes, Midnighter might need a little. Uh, Somebody to bounce things off of uh, who's not oh, I, in jail. I, I agree. The, the problem is it doesn't make any goddamn sense no. for her to be out. Now, if uh, fucking Midnighter came in there, doored her in and out because yeah. he needed her, and then like you know she had to stay on the download because now she's an escaped prisoner, that would have been cool. Yeah, and even if he said... Uh, and even if he didn't agree with something, it. something, yeah, because he, he was very... In fact, that second issue... I, I kind of liked it then because he was – it wasn't that generic. I'll give Steve Orlando one thing. He doesn't make things generic. He makes them overly crazy. Yeah. Uh, but I like the fact that when he got her to not kill the executives, she had done a lot of shit. And it reminded me of Family Guy when Peter blows up the children's hospital. And at the end, he's like, it's all wrapped up. No, you, you, you killed a lot of kids. You're going to jail. <laughs> it was like that where he said, listen, you're going to do some time. I actually like that. That's more of a yeah. realistic take on what had happened. I was was, what issue was that? That was issue two. That was, that was issue my favorite really issue. Liked. Yes, yeah. it was. And it was the one I had an issue with and a problem with, mainly because she went in to avenge her husband and ended up killing a lot of innocent people who had families now without husbands and wives and, and fathers. Hey, and you don't think when you're on doing vengeance, yeah, man. Yeah, but it just seemed odd to me. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so they're talking. They get a call. He leaves her, and the best thing, too, is he, I don't know, does he give her the car? I, <laughs> he takes the keys there, with him like a piece of at, shit. Yeah, he stared to pick her up, but then he gets a call. He's got to go through a door. And, yeah, I, I say that he's such an asshole. He takes the keys and just laughs as he's going through. <laughs> and she has no money. She can't even call a cab. And now she gets uh, eaten by that leopard. That leopard shows <laughs> up. I, and I don't even think they're in uh, no, Freedom they're Rock. Rochester no, they're anymore. back in Bridgewater, Massachusetts. Unfortunately, that leopard made its way to Bridgewater and kills her, Eric. I don't even care if that would make sense completely in this book. Kills her. But what happened is Spiral called. Helena Bertinelli called. Uh, uh, they they end up there. Uh, he ends up in Spiral headquarters or even Helena Bertinelli's little headquarters. And it's weird, too, the panel, because he's like, oh, 
hey, what's going on? And it looks like they're shocked he's there. Yeah. They, like, turn. And like, oh, hey, it's your playbook. And then he's going to gut them, he says. Like, <laughs> what is going on here? He's worked with Dick Grayson and Spiral. It seems odd that he's that. I yeah, he trusts know. Dick. He doesn't trust Spiral. I though. know. But then you get where uh, last issue set this up. Uh, Deadshot had stolen this perdition pistol. Um, that's what it's all about, where he they want him to go and get this perdition. Take uh, on the Suicide take Squad. Take on the Suicide Squad. And I thought to myself, I like the Suicide Squad. So do I. I like the idea of that. But it, to me, this is bullshit. Only because you, you had Midnighter for seven issues working with the gardener in the God Garden to retrieve the uh, God text. Now you've just switched it to Spiral. It's not a different story. It's now a continuation of the same exact thing that we got before. Now maybe it'll only be two or three issues. Um, but yeah, I want something new. I want something different, not him going after God fucking tech, which seemed in a couple issues ago that he really didn't care about anymore. No. Uh, again, and he took out that gambling gorilla. He was good now. Yeah, that gambling gorilla. I want to play blackjack with that goddamn gorilla. That seemed like a lot of fun, and that would have <laughs> been a fun thing to even see if that gorilla talked or do. But we pushed that aside. Sign language, brother. Oh yeah, only to uh, Amy, Amy. Good gorilla. Amy, good gorilla. <laughs> yeah, just to start it up again seems very blame the man generic and like i said earlier that's one well, thing that steve orlando doesn't seem to do he has really odd dialogue awful dialogue and some tell you, I don't, shit but i don't care about anything with him and spiral or the perdition i just had fun with him and freedom beast that was cool yeah. i had a really good time with that part of the story and after that i didn't care and next month it's uh it's uh midnighter in space the fuck out of here everything it says next in space only midnighter can hear or make you scream Oh, Jesus space, Christ. Eric, space. And I love the art. I really like the oh, art. Oh, yeah, so did I. I really dig that, too. Uh, Dave Messina is the guy who was on Catwoman with Genevieve Valentine. Yeah. I always liked his art. In fact, So it's uh, way better here than it was in Catwoman. Yeah, he. well, it's just a different style, I yeah. think. Uh, he follows us, and I sent him my review. I tweeted him. I, I sent it to him. No response, Eric. I did not. I wasn't very favorable to the issue itself. Right. So maybe it's one of those things he's sticking up for his man, Steve Orlando. But yeah, I. Oh, I also forgot to tell you when we were doing Telos that uh, Mancha Bass on the site. Does anybody know who that general is in the Citadel fleet? So I, you know, I'm like, I'm in good terms with Jeff King. I gave him a good review. So I sent him a message. Never got back to me. Ask him who that general was in the yeah. Citadel fleet. Nope. He, no response. He, uh, he doesn't know. But honestly. He hasn't been on for like 23 hours. Hasn't done oh, anything. Oh, really? So, so maybe yeah. he'll tell you later, and then you can tell me, and I'll, I will message I'll, man, ship the... I'll episode. just put it on the fucking site. Oh, really? I was just hoping to have it for the podcast. And then you'll put it on the site, and then I'll message man, ship. Okay. He, he don't like to read. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I gave it a... What did I give it? I had it here, and then I started looking through things to make sure I knew what my pick of the week was. I gave it a 6 out of 10, which I'd is actually... A, What's that? I'd give it a six out of ten as well. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good score for me for Midnighter, but uh, me as well. And I said this was this was the most fun I've had since that number one issue, the number one that I really really liked. Uh, yeah, it just there was a lot of issues, my, but nothing really uh, killed me. I didn't yeah. mind it as much. But that's it. Or uh, that's your it. pick of the week. Batman and Robin Eternal. That is mine as well. That's a weird deal to have that as the pick of the week. But I'll Very tell, weird. tell you what we get next week. Batman and Robin Eternal number 15. All right. Here we go. Batman Superman number 28. 
See? I don't know how that's going to fucking go. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even realize that. Uh, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number two for Joel. Nice. Catwoman, number 48. We get to see uh, all the police going to get Catwoman and arrest her, but it's not what you think you saw, Eric. <laughs> I heard that in an interview. Yeah, I actually thought that Catwoman was going to get arrested and put to jail for life. Yeah, I, it, it must not be what I saw. I don't even remember what happened last yeah, issue. Remember, she was set up with her uh, Louis. Oh, right. It was all Louis Rorschach the lip, about it. Or Louis yeah. the mustache. It was all Rorschach about yeah, it. I yeah. remember that now. Constantine the Hellblazer, number eight. All right. Earth 2 Society, number Fuck. eight. Gotham Academy, number 14. Another for Joel. Joel's got a double shot. Here's one for you, Eric. This is going to be probably the second book we talk about. Green Lantern Core, Edge of Oblivion, number one. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So am I. New Suicide Squad, number 16. Red Hood Arsenal, number eight. Maybe it won't be the second book because we have Robin War, number two, Eric. That's a big book. That's a big book. I hope it ends it well. Starfire, number eight. Superman. Fuck it, lies a lot. Superman American Alien number three. Looking and forward I, to that, too. Yeah, that, this seems like a really good week. Say, but there's a lot of books this week. There is, and I threw in, uh, but remember, two of them aren't ours. I know, uh, but I already have six. Really? I'll have to count it one out. And I threw in this just so people can know. I, I had talked earlier. I haven't really reviewed it as much, and we haven't talked about it as much on the podcast, but The Legend of Wonder Woman number one, the collected print edition, right. will be in the comic book shops. And if you like Wonder Woman, and trust me, You'll get it. It's really good. But yeah, I just wanted to give that shout out, and I'm going to count. I have one, two, three, four, uh-huh. five. I have five. All right. Yeah, and there are actually, uh, the, of all the books, I have a lot that I like. I have a lot that are some of my favorites, so I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, Eric, it's now 407. Says, oh, God. Says my clock on the wall. If y'all remember, Powerball drawing at 11 o'clock, and that's what we were doing at one point in the podcast. Yeah, yeah. That's so people can, yeah, we started this, uh, kind of started recording at like 10.30. yi why do we do it, Eric? I'm going to bed. I said for the fame and fortune. You, you getting that fortune you're not for, sharing? For the fame and fortune. I'm about to pass out. Uh, yeah, we're not going to extend this. You say yeah. what you say. Everybody have a great week. Keep it weird. We'll see you in seven. See you in seven. That's the tune, baby. That's the clean tune. Oh, yeah.